Hello and welcome back to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm the Revenant King, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 507. 507, legacy number 507. Eric, we're going to end up talking about a Superman book that I didn't realize was going to be oversized until we got into this week because it's got legacy numbering. It does. It's an anniversary. It's an anniversary. Uh Welcome to the show, everybody. Welcome all the weirdos of the Get Fresh crew. We have a bunch of books here tonight. Next week, we might even have more. But one thing that I didn't realize, Eric, and I just found out today, uh, we have a Patreon-only show at the end of this month. I had no oh, idea. Yeah. yeah I, I, had, I had no idea. It is the oh, yeah, idea on of Tuesday. That's Halloween right. being on a Tuesday. And it all came down. Somebody, I think it was Tanya, asked me when Halloween was. What day is Halloween? I looked. I'm like, holy crap! I I didn't even answer her. I'm like, oh my, we have a Patreon only show. That's a lead to let everybody know that if you want to help us out for everything that we do, please go over to our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/WeirdScience, and sign up for whatever level you can afford or you want to get. And each level gets more and more books. One of the big things besides having the Patreon only show at the end of the month. We do a weekly badass Patreon Spotlight podcast. Each week, we end up having two books picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. And they ended up picking big ones, Eric. Big ones indeed. Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong, number one. And Jay Derrick, The Flash, number one. Two number ones. Uh, At one point, I was just going to joke that maybe one was a number two, but they're both okay. They both have their charm, right? I think that in that Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong, it could have been called Justice League versus, you know, proposals and commitment, maybe a little more than the Godzilla and the King Cub. But we get to them and we talk a bit about Eric's love of the King Kong and the Godzilla franchises, get a little deep dive into his favorite things. But besides going over to the Patreon, you can find us over on Twitter at DC. You follow us, we'll follow you back. You can also go to our website, weirdscienceatdccomics.com, where we do a bunch of written reviews. And then finally, our YouTube channel, Weird Science Comics. All these will be in the show notes. They'll have little clickable trees and branches and plants. I don't know. I don't know what you call it. I'm trying yeah. to do this professionally. I thought I was doing it pretty well <laughs> until now. And you then I, off? I now it's the green? Like, the problem is, while I'm doing this, I have my eyes closed. And I'm like looking around a little. I, I don't want to offend anybody. You're looking but I, around with your eyes closed. Well, I'm like moving around. I probably look like Stevie Wonder, you know, and he's doing okay. this stuff, right? I'm not really smiling because I don't smile. But I was looking and I opened my eyes and right when I did, I got really dizzy. I, I think that something <laughs> happened. I'm like, oh, my God, where the hell am I? So Branches and go, trees. Eric. What's going on, Branches, everybody? trees, clap your hands, bottles and cans. Here we are. But. Again, just to reiterate, we have Just League versus Godzilla versus Kong number one and Jay Garrick the Flash number one on our Patreon spotlight. So if you're looking for those here, you'll have to go there. But there's no one to blame for that, Eric, but the bad asses of that Get Fresh crew. And this is there. Roll call. Okay. I forgot what it's called. I forgot what it's, I'm having problems. I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Open your eyes. I thought I was having a good time. Well, I have to now. I have to read. Steven Batdad Mitchell, David Fink, Brian Trevitt, Trevitt, Dad Nation, yeah, yeah, Eric K, Jeffrey Greek, Zach Walker. I'm glad that Zach hasn't gone down your route of, you know, schooling with me. The Annihilator, Chip Probst, I Love Punchline, Stork, Michael S. Cam, Matt Razor, Niels T. Ward. 
Stephen Baum, Jason Kobe, Sue 42 to you and me, Michael G, Ken Halleck, Comic Boom, Rocky, Scary Potter. Avada <laughs> Kedavra! <laughs> Scary Potter. Mark Jaeger, Bill Beer of the Bat Pod, Ruben, Carlos, No Wolf, Marv, Matthew Repierre, Luke Hollywood, Simon, Luis, Man Ship, Andrew Belfast, Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Million, Batman Beyond, Mark, Randy Murray, B. Muir up there in Canada, Buffalo, Double A Ron up there in Minnesota, doxing his ass as I do each and every week. And I guess I got done real quick here. All time great right Reginald Drinkwater and our man Rob Lewis. Ooh, 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 ooh. I know that you hadn't listened to the podcast while you were away a bit, but I, I did throw you into the all time great. I was, oh, no. remin- I was reminiscing RIP, Eric. I just wanted to see if you ended up hearing that. Like, why are you putting me in the RIP section? But that's what you were. At I that get point, it. Eric. Rip. Just like Dead to Jim. When you bend over for a quarter. Oh, my goodness. That's at the truck stop there. Wait, we got a lot of. I got to get together. Here. I don't know what's going on. I, I'm looking. Get I'm looking together. around. Like, get did I together. take? Get did together. I take my medicine? I don't know, Eric. Maybe. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe doses. I took too many. I might have. I don't know. Who could tell? <laughs> I don't know. Let's get on to it. We have a bunch of books. Like we said, we have a big, big, giant first section. We got some Gotham War. We have an anniversary deal. We're going back to the Kingdom Comes, Eric. Oh my All goodness right. gracious! Sounds pretty cool. We'll go to that right about now. It was a life like this only a couple months ago. Selena went to jail. Batman told her not to go. Then he fought out safe to another world he went. Selena ate some ramen. Duchess gave her through the vent. Now it's the Gotham War. It's the Gotham War. Oh, yes, sir. Cameron Chase. Poor Cameron Chase. <laughs> Not even in this story. Not even involved. She's still an eyesore, Eric. But is this you. a chore? Because we're going to start off with. Gotham War, the big thing going on down at the rec center is all the kids talking about that Gotham War, what it means to Batman, the Bat family, Catwoman, and everything in between, Eric. And you'll never understand if you read one issue to the next, because each writer has a different idea of what's going on with Batman right now. Well, that is a big problem, and it's one of those things where when you end up, it's uh, one you get scared of that. You know, it's one of the fears of having a crossover. Usually, though, it's... Yeah, well, that's true. I I also just don't like ghosts, Eric. That's just <laughs> me. But I'm very spiritual. But you end up in something like this in a crossover. Now, usually if there's two writers, you don't have as much of a problem. And I'm not even going to talk about that Matthew Rosenberg Red Hood deal. That's kind of a side thing that got thrown in. But the idea of the main two books, Catwoman and Batman, the, the big fear was that, okay, Chip Zdarsky, he's working on some big things in his Batman book, and Teeny Howard's doing bullshit over there in Catwoman. That's what everybody's saying, right? You know, is this the idea of mixing, you know, your peanut butter with your chocolate? You get something better, it elevates it all, or are we going to get a shit sandwich? And it seems like we've gotten a bit of a shit sandwich, but the big oh, thing no. here that I have a problem with is something, because you ended up making me a little more intrigued. We got some flack for it, though. I do that. 
you know, you ended up because of the idea of, you know, what is Zornar doing? And is this going against, you know, Batman's whole idea? And how is this going to play out? And who's in control of Batman's body at that point? Exactly. Then you get into this and it seems that Teeny Howard did not get the memo that the idea of Batman losing his mind is from Zoran R and all the other things going on. She seems to think that Batman's just crying and upset because Selena's not his girlfriend anymore. And what was me? Nobody likes me. It, It doesn't even really make sense in the story itself either. It's just Batman being sad sack worrisome oh my god and then trying to defend what he did with jason the city's burning they're just there crying it's such bullshit it's one of the worst part of the book so but in this before we even get to the credits like we have batman crying at the beginning of it batman and catwoman part ways and then they find batman back at the brownstone still in the middle of the night when he should be doing batman stuff while the city burns like who is this batman even zurin r wouldn't do this doing batman stuff i mean doing any sort of hero stuff i mean the city's on fire People are in trouble. Streets are on fire. There is a part in this there where me and you talked about even Red Hood and Jason Todd and what would happen because now if he gets all excited, his adrenaline goes and he got, and I said, what about a kid walks in front of a bus? Well, we end up seeing it here and I still think she fucks it up and doesn't play it well enough of the idea that Jason's fighting through his fear to actually save a kid. But it doesn't play out as anything. It's very well, odd. Later on, the- you and I'll say later on, you and I will talk about Nightwing. How he has this weird moment out of nowhere. He gets he gets afraid too, and he can't <laughs> do nothing. Afraid. But somehow we don't know what's going on with that yet. But Jason Todd, he, we know what's been happening to him. He gets any adrenaline going on. There's a fear toxin takes over. He's not able to do any kind of super heroics or anything. Jason Todd is able to overcome this way more than Dick Grayson is with whatever's happening to him. You set up that whole play of. I'm going to make Jason better, I'm going to give him a life, whatever. It really doesn't make sense, and it really played on the idea of who is in charge with Batman. Not here, though. And then, on the opposite side, Selena's so concerned with Jason Todd in a weird way. But I'll give you the credits, and then I'll give you what I think is the biggest misplay of all this, besides just happening, Eric, existing. Catwoman number 58, written by Tina Howard, art by Nico Leone, the Veronica Gandini and Lucas Catoni. And one of the things, before I even get into what I said, Nico Leone ended up getting on Twitter uh, recently, and he was complaining about this issue. He actually complained that the issue was delayed. Teeny Howard hadn't given him a finished script and be, without being able to then delay it. Like the idea, it was already two weeks late, yeah. but DC would not delay it two weeks. So he had to do to work art Nico. really quick. And he was afraid because he ended up saying he deleted the tweet then because he got some flack. But I I agree kind of with him. I mean, throwing people under the bus is not the greatest of things, right, Eric? But yeah, I don't know why I I said it like that. But the idea where you are based on, you know, pretty much your last issue, somebody goes in and says, oh, I want to hire this Nico Leone. And look, oh, man, this guy stinks. Not realizing that he had to do it in like three days now. On the opposite side, we have been told by our man Juan Ferreira back in the day. This sort of thing happened to him a lot. He never complained. He he just went forward and did his thing and tried to do his best. But I understand in this issue, it looks okay. It, it, it's it. not up to standards. It does at points it doesn't quite look exactly like his art usually does. It's not as, you know, refined or whatnot, but it's okay. I think he does a pretty good job. It's funny because, like, you know, a, a, like a slacking, I want to say slacking Nico, but like, you know, some, a Nico Better doesn't have some. enough time. You know what I'm saying? It comes off more of a Phil Hester when he doesn't have enough time. Well, that's it. It's weird because one of the things that it doesn't have is that weird shine. That is, yeah. you know what I'm saying? That that shine that some, and some of it does here, but some of it doesn't. But I think that the biggest misplay 
going into this book, especially what we had last issue of Batman and going forward in this, uh, you know, Gotham War, is the idea. There's Zoran R. Zoran R, I said, it's kind of like the play of, of Joker. Oh, my God, the Bat family makes you weaker. Oh, my God. This is such a great opportunity for us to find out what Zoran R actually would think about Catwoman. Think about Selena and that they were going to get married soldier. and all this. You could have really shown that Zoran R, you know, you would guess that Zoran R, you know, leave that alone. We don't have time for romance, Criminal. things like that. But it might have been something, you know, maybe a little different, maybe a little. But you don't even do that. Maybe Chip will do it. He doesn't have any more issues left. There's maybe only Chip a will do it. <laughs> bookend deal that maybe went. It's that's what this book should be. I know you want to focus on Catwoman because it's the Catwoman book, but why don't you see a little bit of what Zoranar thinks of this whole relationship thing? You could even tie it in that, oh my God, with Zoranar in his head, Batman's never going to be able to be happy, never going to be able to settle down because it just won't let him do it. And I think it's a missed opportunity there, but really, it's a missed opportunity all around. What's going on here? You have Sad Sack Batman, right? You have Sad Sack Batman, but just overall, the Gotham War itself, like, okay, Selena wants to take over the city away from the like the rogue criminal element that we usually have in this. Make the henchmen better, be able to work for themselves so they don't have to do this. Make violent crime like you know lower than it usually is in Gotham City and just kind of make regular crime, like ordinary crime, okay, as long as we keep the violent crime down. This is what she's doing. Batman's all opposed to it, but Batman's also got a crazy... You know, it's ultra Batman in his mind that's trying to break free. You have all that going on, and that's enough in my mind. But then you throw in Vandal Savage and the rest of the Batman's rogues gallery by the end of my... I don't know what the story really wants to do. And I don't think the Teeny Howard really has an idea what this what, what you want to do, except for a Catwoman trying something out that she knows is going to fail, ultimately. And I said last issue of Batman, this seems like a lot of the stuff, you know, the Vandal said, this seems a lot focused on the Zoran R Batman stuff. So what does that lead Catwoman? How does Catwoman lead out of here? I don't think I don't think Teeny knows. I think that Teeny's just like, oh well, I have these things. They were thrown in here. Let's go with it. But things just never feel like they actually have any weight to it. Again, at one point, because this big plan of Selena that set up all this, and you just said it—the idea of nonviolent crime. I'm going to yeah. get all these criminals that I help like either break out, out of the or the henchmen. Of the, big, of the big villains out of the other way. In this, she starts to try to play this game of I am teaching them to be better people so that it's almost like, you know, give a man a fish you could eat for a day, teach him how to fish, and the guy's fishing all the fucking time. It doesn't do any work. Give me a fish. I don't know what the hell I'm doing with that. Exactly. Thing. I don't know how to cook. But in this, though, she basically sets up that, well, I'm teaching them how to do this, like, minor crime so they could go forward and be the... No, 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 you're just teaching them. But what happens when that runs out? What happens when people are wise to it and either start arresting people for once? We actually see the police here. They're overwhelmed. Or the idea of just people fighting back like we already saw. It's nonsense. The whole thing is nonsense. But in the meantime, Fireflies just set the whole goddamn city on fire for a day. I mean, it's so funny because that even. Take my goons, will you? We have to do something like it, that feels so artificial. All of a sudden, the city's on fire. Vandal Savage goes, Firefly, what did you do? And Firefly basically was like, oh. really? You're, you're asking? I'm Firefly. I'm, fi- I'm Firefly. <laughs> Seriously? I, I set things on fire. Figured I'd you're get not, You're not calling me Garfield. You're calling me Firefly. You exactly. know what I do. And I love the idea. It's just like, you know, everybody also in Teeny Howard's world here, when we talked about like a Mariko Tamaki before where every character, just go by their name and you'll know exactly what they're up to. Q Vile. <laughs> yeah, Teeny in this does kind of the same, but it's just every villain, every they have to have their catchphrase thing. You know, you have to have Two Face say, 
the city is in two. And then fireflies city sitting Harvard. fire. You end up where all these things going down. I'm like, this is bad. This is really bad. And for some reason, like, you know, Mad Hatter's just saying no cap. Yeah, really. He's like, that. <laughs> that'd be great. No cap, <laughs> baby. Uh, even then, you end up having a big play of the villains gathering up. We saw this with the henchmen gone. Villains are pissed at gathering up. But that gets pushed aside pretty much by Vandal Savage. Vandal Savage was overtaking the book. We have all this going on. Vandal Savage is like, look, all you guys, you're pissed off. You're, you know, Catwoman took your henchmen. Batman's still out there doing Batman things along with the Bat Family. Guess what, everybody? You work with me for what I'm trying to do. You know, give everybody immortality because, you know, Vandal Savage shit for some reason. I have the uh, I have the means to get you Batman tech, but I'm not going to tell you how I have the means to do that. It's just our final showdown for the cliffhanger of this book is a bunch of the you know Two Face, Mad Hatter, Professor Pig, Firefly, Killer Moth, and these kind of villains. You know, there's Mad Hatter in a utility belt. What the fuck are you doing with this? <laughs> I'm like, we have seen this in the past in different things. Like the two that come off to the top of my head immediately is like we had that the Joker War where the Joker had you know like the Bat Jet and all these different like you know high grade like you know vehicles and stuff that he could go and destroy things in the city he'd paint them up to make them have big smiles on their face or even the dark knight rises when bane took control of all the batmobiles to patrol the city of gotham we've seen this before but when you have these asshole villains standing around with a mr freeze gun and a utility belt i'm like oh you're losing immediately what the hell is mad hatter doing with a utility belt how is this gonna help you yeah exactly and and even then when this he's no talking threat. about you're ending up where you're going to say, uh, everybody has immortality. We, we thought that this was going to be, oh, here we go. We're going to get a bunch of Lazarus pits and stuff like that. But when he's explaining this deal, and he, he doesn't explain it fully to everybody, the idea that it looks like only a couple people will really be immortal. There's only a couple of these well, relics the I don't know trinkets. how this, I don't the know. ideas of the relics, because Rachel Gould put safeguards in place to make sure these other right items that had like been broken off of the original meteorite that gave Vandal Savage his powers, he made sure that they could never come together. But now with Rachel Gould being dead, for whatever reason, the stars have aligned and fate is like, you know, like jumped in here and said, let them all go to that Gotham now. Let them Gotham. It, it, it doesn't even feel like it's something that Vandal Savage put together. It's just like no. they're all coming together in Gotham. And the thing is, these pieces of meteorite, they've all been changed over the years to daggers and different items like that. So you have, like, the Gotham City Museum. But, like, the idea of, like, the immortality, is it just anybody, like, hot potato this shit and you have immortality? Is it a one-time know. use? Because, obviously, somebody's picked up this goddamn dagger for it to be on display at the museum before. Well, they have to be together. And, and that, like you're saying, though, to have it be, okay, you have Rachel Ghoul's dead, so these things are coming together. No, no, it, it looks like they're just on tour. It looks like they're just going around to different museums. It made it silly. It's like King Tut back in the day. Oh, my goodness. And that does lead to one of the funniest things that, that made me laugh out loud when we do get to it. But all this is when Catwoman leaves Batman. City's on fire. Shit's going down. Catwoman goes back. She's real concerned about Jason. What did you do to Jason? I'm worried about Jason. I have to see Jason. I'm like, when did this really become a thing? Also, she thinks that like for three seconds that she's actually trained Jason as as much as Batman. Well, well I, I had my part too. I'm like, bullshit. No, no. Jason trains your guys. Get out of here. Yeah, get out of town. And yeah, Jason and Jason revealed his identity while training the guys. But she ends up where Batman does the bat again teeny howard has to have the tropes and the cliches batman disappears while catman catwoman looks he away does but that. there's no reason for him he to disappeared like, back to the brownstone i'm like i'm tired i'm gonna take a nap he disappeared to go and take off the cape and cow and sit around the brownstone while the whole city's on fire you know batman stuff teeny howard has no clue 
how to write Batman. She barely can write Catwoman for crying out loud and, and or anybody else. But this whole plan of Vandal Savage just came out of nowhere. It seems goofy. It, it ties into a story me and you did in the New 52 and the thing of the meteor well, Vandal Savage by. is always losing his immortality, it seems like, every time he shows up and has to get it back somehow. Yeah, either he's lost it or he wants to upgrade because of damn meteor. He's found this or that, but he's there with scandal. And this meteor broke off a bigger asteroid, and that asteroid's coming back into Earth's orbit, so I'm going to be there at a freaking highest point on Earth, be able to freaking suck up some of that sweet-ass immortality once more. Ay, ay, ay. So Catwoman goes back, and oh my, it's Scandal Savage, Marquise. Oh, I've been duped, and there's Vandal. But then Vandal Join gets us, all Cat's fired woman. up. You can give, we will give you immortality. No dice, Vandal Savage. Then I'll cut your head off. Ha <laughs> Oh no, it's Lady Clayface in disguise. She's Skedados and Catwoman's just, I gotta get a hold of Bruce Wayne some more. Better go to the brownstone. How many tropes and cliches can we have? I mean, the you idea of Marquise, oh best my part God. Of the book. Well, I, the best part is that she actually disappears up in the vent. And mm-hmm. then later on, Catwoman actually says, I'm going to go through it. This woman, Teeny Howard, is obsessed with vents. She can't get I'm just out of this saying, idea though, you have Lady Clayface and you're not doing anything with her. This is the perfect use because, yeah, it's a one-trick pony when you have a Clayface, you know, impersonating somebody like a Catwoman here. But it's good use for the character because you have her. You say good use. The thing that got me, though, is I think it's it would have been I think it would have been more of a play here if he did behead Catwoman. But somehow, well, listen, because this whole thing of setting up immortality, Lazarus fits possibly. This could have been no a way for this. Could, well, we don't know what, like you said, we don't know what the immortality means or how this can be. But it all has to do with the media pieces. You could have played it in there that, you know, Batman, Batman would have to kind of go along with it to maybe get Catwoman back. But it's just it, it's revealed immediately, too. And the best is, is that now. Lady Clayface has to go through the vents because she's got a skedaddle to tell Catwoman exactly what happened here. And, oh, my God, I, I found out in that you end up just, you know, vandal. Ha ha. I did this. I don't care. I'm not going to ask anybody any permission. I'm going to do this. I'd love the idea at one point where the only one who wants immortality is Scarface. He's like, I'm down. Like, You're a dummy. I'm surprised he didn't even say that. Right. I went back to the end of the book just to check out the stupid shit because the stuff that Vandal Savage gives these villains in order to fight you know, back against the city and Catwoman and her forces and everything <laughs> that Bat family has to offer, you have the ventriloquist in a Batman cow and Scarface in a Robin costume. Yeah, that's it. Costumes. How are these helping anybody? <laughs> I know Damien's a little dude, but I, I, where are you getting that costume? I mean, it's I like to imagine to like it's a stretched idea, right? out Jaro Robin costume. You think it's the Jaro? I Here's don't know. the other thing, though. While this goes on, we had that bit of the Bat Box. The idea of, oh, I'm going to make sure that Batman and Dick Grayson shuts it down. Yeah. Now, all that was is because now we realize, you know, Vandal seriously is going to go through things. So all of the files are scrubbed. That's all it was because you don't even get mention of anything or any problems that Batman has. He's even tracking Jason's like all this stuff in this. It weird- even feels weird that with this whole thing, it's like I'm Vandal Savage. I'm going to make this cabal of supervillains to go against Catwoman and Batman and take over the city, so I can have all this immortality for everybody. Which I don't think he's going to, because why would he want that shit? But the thing is, how about you just tell all these villains who Batman is? Because you know. How you just ruin Batman so he can never come back for it. But no, you're going to keep me mum's the word, but I got some tech from you from the Batmans. Does, does Professor Pig just have a glove? Is, is that all, right, look, all he has? I'm trying to make it work in my head for how it works. I'm going to say it's the electrocutioner's gloves. I'm going to say that. I don't know for certain, but I'm going with that to try to make it a threat. There's a, there's, there's a glove with a cable coming off it. Don't know what and it is. it looks like Two-Face just has 
guns. I want to say he has Mr. Freeze's gun. That's what I'm going with. (laughs) I don't know. Well, the weird play is that Mr. Freeze is going to be somewhere around probably wanting to join. He's going to be pissed off. He's hiding from the organs right now. And and Firefly, he just looks like he has his own stuff, right? Honestly, I don't know what there. Firefly has. I, well, I look, look at freaking Black Mask. He's just wearing Batman armor. <laughs> he, he looks like the Arkham Knight. It's so ridiculous. Oh, just the idea this that that's the ending. And, and this is supposed to be, like, these, ominous. These aren't, even, these aren't even villains with superpowers. These are not the ones that Batman really has to have, a, like, a hard time fighting hand-to-hand against. No. It, that, it, and also, just as an aside, like one of the big plays that we've been having and one of the things that we've been wondering about, which I think will continue, this definitely will continue in the Chip Zdarsky, but that whole Batman hand, you know, fake hand, metal hand, that that's kind of just kind of been pushed aside. Everything's pushed aside once Vandal Savage showed up with a goofier plan than the last. I mean, it's it so It just seems bad. like you have this Gotham or DCs are like, hey, Chip, Tini, you guys got to work together. And they're like, all right, we're going to work together. We're going to do our own things and present it together at the end of the project. And neither is doing anything the other is doing. And they're just doing their own thing and hoping it meshes. That's not. I think it felt, it felt a little more congruous. Is that the word? It felt like it was a little bit Congruent? together at the beginning. Yeah, that might be it. At the beginning. Now it seems like they like, hey, we're going to get together twice. We'll talk about things. That, but they, they canceled the second one. Like Chitsudarsky has a lot of stuff going on with Batman. T.D. Howard just had, you know. Ramen noodles in prison for Catwoman. You that's even all she mention had, so. it here. You mentioned the ramen noodles. Did your in job, Because that's all you had. Flashback. I said, what did she have to set up? What she had, and, and just as an aside, Eric, just to pull this back. Now I want to know what was this bullshit plan? Because Catwoman, out of nowhere, decides she has to go to jail because she may or may not have murdered Valmont. He may be a cat, according to you. Maybe. Batman says no we can get you out The DA doesn't want to put her in She demands to be put in jail she's, I'm going to stay here until a few days later when She's I break put in out a county jail That somehow has metahumans in it That have done worse things Marquise is already there They become fast friends for Ramen They break out boom 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 Vandal Savage I'm like how the fuck was this set up Dude I'm waiting for Punchline to do her part Really so that was phase 10 We're at by now with Punchline I mean seriously that's another thing that just got completely. Also, whatever happened with Black Mask saying, all right, I am with you, you know, begrudgingly because of what you do with the mask and things like that. Well, that's the thing is I don't know if he actually stayed with it. He didn't, but we never saw that. We, You need to show things that you set up to go. This is a wreck. But yeah, you end up after this whole play, you do get to see Jason. <laughs> after Vandal, I, I want that continuous deal where... Vandal's like, I can get you the tech, and now they start bet. I want the utility belt. <laughs> okay, man, how are you going to have the utility belt? Whatever. I want the Robin costume. But there's Jason, who is down in the Rog-Gin. sewers. Roggin. You can't do the bees. Oh, yeah, that is true. Roggin. Gatman and Roggin is what they are. <laughs> Jason's down <laughs> in the sewer like a little gitch, right? And play the uh-huh. gamer. So he's down there. Now, the whole play of this was supposed to be set up that if he ends up, th- th- it was too unclear the idea. If he ends up, his adrenaline goes up, the reverse cranker, it, that means that he must be trying to kill somebody. And then this whole failsafe thing will kick in. He'll end up getting scared and not do it. But now he's just there like a, again, uh, this, I don't know, like a little gitch in the, in the sewers. He can't do, I got to get up there. I got to go. I want to go and get that damn Bruce Wayne. It's, what's going on? I don't even think Teeny Howard understands what 
was done to Jason because it doesn't but make even what sense. he's done to Jason, he is still a true hero at heart. So even when he stops being a little gitch and gets out of the he's sewers, he sees a burning building and realizes there's a little girl inside and rushes into the fire to go and save that little girl. He doesn't succeed. He just still needs Batman and Catwoman to save his ass because he gets he gets scared, but he tries. Damn it. He, he, next thing, if they don't get there, he's going to be on crutches. Eric, it's going to be big problems. So he ends up doing that. In the meantime, Vandal Savage, the whole play that was told to Lady Clayface, she went through the vent and told Selena, oh, he wants you to steal these artifacts. So in Selena's mind, she says, okay, well, if that's what he wants, he can't pay or buy me off. I'm going to go get at least one of these, then they can never be together. She goes in, this is what we've been told, Fratini Howard solicits all this, of the world's greatest criminal. Oh, my God, the things that she could steal and the crazy little subterfuge. She drops in and smashes this thing open and runs Smash away. Grab, bitches. This I ain't is got the, time the for this. stupidest thing. I love the idea that you don't even show that she's doing anything, anything but going in and smashing this case and so running. She's on fire. We ain't got time for subtlety. That's why we have these guards. These guards are like me and you. That's for everybody like else. 110 and the other guy's 80. He's the young whippersnapper that's new on the job. These guys are just standing around. I think something just got stolen. <laughs> and then she just runs off with it. I'm, this is so bad. It's so bad that she runs into Scandal. And Scandal is going in. What makes Scandal almost pull back is the idea that, man, you're going to go to jail, Scandal, and your girlfriends are going to be sad. And she's like, what you say? <laughs> what is going on here? They fight for a little bit. Scandal does like Catwoman, it seems. She appreciates the ramen, and also she wants maybe, you know, Catwoman to have this immortality. And it's a weird play. The idea, again, where you know it's not going to happen. She's not going to accept it. I wish that we had some sort of thing that there looked like it was going one way, but we could get a twist. But there's not really twists here. Clayface. It's just the idea. Well, there was the twist just because you wanted to have a head Catwoman. But the, but if your jaw dropped at that point, it didn't drop too long. This is like a panel later that you see it. but. You end up where Selena, after Batman, left her to go and just hang out while the city burned. Now, Selena, she's going to go and visit him. We got to find Jason. We got to find Jason. In the play, it's a weird thing where she says, where's Jason? Well, Batman says, I tracked him to you a little bit ago. But then like a page later, Catwoman is upset and surprised that he's tracking Jason now and if he's check- tracking Jason now why didn't he say that the idea where he's like eh, I tracked him two hours ago I, I just no, want to show you didn't whole do hand. anything well he ends up knowing and they go and that's what gets him to this burning building to end up getting and then you have what a lot of people love the idea of Batman piggybacking Jason out, <laughs> out of the burning building <laughs> that's like me and you just every day coming home from work back in the day. You pick it back me around. We're doing a little scared. chicken fights. When we get done, I do a little gitchy, gitchy, guilt tickle fight. But yeah, even yells, I'm not a kid. Put me down. This is ridiculous. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. So I often complain in stories like this, and I've complained about this. What are the police doing? All the crime that Catwoman has been saying they're going to do, that's more of a GCPD thing. It's not the over-the-top rogues gallery craziness it's just you know smash and grab as selena did the cops are just played off like goofballs they're there they are overworked but they're just standing around the whole city there's a whole page of people just yelling just yelling because they're not doing enough room for the tax dollars that they're paying i'm like yeah how is this working for us in the gotham war right now it's, it's not working much at all because then they're like 
man, I just, I like the guy. I replaced the first Fox Tech tile with the XD version after it was stolen, but this is the second one I've had stolen in a month. What are you going to do about that? I think the one cop's like, I don't know what the fuck you just said. Like, what are you talking about? Then the other, I reported my investment condo broken into a week ago. No response. I'm like, well, well there we're not you supposed go. to I... care about these people because we learned anything from Catwoman's MO with the rest of her henchmen that she's training mm-hmm. up. These must be rich people. They not must worth be rich. The, you know, the effort. They don't look so rich, but maybe they are. How do you think they got so rich? Look at that guy with the Starbucks coffee and his Beats headphones. You like the idea. Now, again, this is where you could go with Nico Leon. Like, this guy, look at he, he doesn't change. He's just like, is he just got that thing planted in his lips? He's not drinking. He's just there. He's, cring- like he's talking he's, into he's, it. He's cringing his teeth together. I don't think that's the word. He's grinding his teeth together, and then he's surfing on his coffee in the next one. Subtle changes. That might be. Then, then you have the police yelling, oh, my God. You're yelling at us in the fire. The city's on fire. Well, why don't you do something about that? Eh, we call the the fire company. I like the idea that that's the play. The one police says, listen, uh, we don't know what's happening. And then she, now you're insulting me. Not really. They're, they're trying to do whatever. I mean, it's the Gotham War, right? <laughs> what are they going to do? But yeah, this whole play is they're overworked. But now they're really going to be because, holy shit, I love the idea that's like, oh, my God, dear God, is that big enough problem for you? I'd look over and yeah, I might be. I kind of giggle. I'd look over and like, <laughs> what are these assholes? Is the circus doing? Like, in town? Yeah. Well, <laughs> what is it? Batman cosplay day? What is Batman day at the comic book shop? What are you doing? And they're there looking like it's supposed to be threatening. It's goofy. The city's on fire, and Batman and Cat, like Batman especially, he could care less. He's just hanging in the brownstone. We need you don't get any of the Bat family really except Jason. We didn't get Zoranar. We could add a lot of things with that. This feels like it's not really connected at all or very vaguely to what we just ended up having in Batman, which is a big, big no-no. I mean, this is supposed to be, you know, the big thing going, the big event, the big crossover. And this issue especially, to get to only a Red Hood tie-in next week, and then the next week we have Batman Catwoman, the Gotham War Scorched Earth number one. That ends. the finale? Yeah, that's the finale. So this is like the regular main issues. This is it. It's done. We get that tie-in again. It probably won't mean much. And then we have one oversized scorched earth deal that we'll have on that annuals week. What Can you even think that this is going to end up in some sort of satisfactory I way? I really feel this? like it started. Uh, and yeah. then Vandal Savage took center stage, and I don't even know what the story's about anymore, except for his immortality. Yeah, and, and again, why and what is he doing? Like, hey, guys, because... Then they, it feels like Vandal Savage at this point, he just wants to have huge diversion. Hey, everybody, go. He yells at Firefly for setting the, the town on fire, but then he goes, I'm going to give you bat tech and then burn it down. I'm like, I want Firefly. That's what I did, asshole. You were this yelling at me. This is on my me. schedule for Garfield. And then I, I saw some other people like, and I do, I see what you're saying now about the, uh, the Mr. Freeze gun. I, I didn't see the one that he had in the other arm. I yeah. just looked at that one that was going like that oozy. So I think you're right. Uh, maybe that's like a flamethrower. He got fire and ice. He's doing root and maybe, maybe he has Firefly's gun. Well, with a two face, it would be a cool thing. Fire and ice. <laughs> he has Firefly's gun because Firefly now has somebody else's day. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, it's just, it, it feels goofy. I want somebody to have like crazy quilt shit. That would be funny. It, it just, everything here just feels like, well, I don't really have much to say or do, so I'll do goofy shit. Where it looks like the big things are in the Chip Zdarsky side of things. The idea of the Gotham War, whether you like it or not, should have just been breaking up the Bat family and having them against each other with different ideals about how a better Gotham should be, you know? And then 
you derailed the whole thing with Vandal Savage. You could have had Vandal Savage lead up for a next story that you could be dealing with, which would be cool by like him trying to pick up the pieces that like Catwoman and Batman left behind during their Gotham War. But no, he's just center stage for this whole thing. And I'm like, all the stakes of what we started the story with are gone and nobody cares about it. And they don't even write about it barely anymore. Like even Nightwing, like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't be doing that. Goodbye. Like, we don't do anything with the Batman. When Jason's just the only one front and center, and he's too scared to do anything and, and, anymore. Yeah, and that's why he's front and center, because he's the only one that Batman did something kind of sus to. And you want to point that out, but barely points it out here. And also shows, again, I do like if you end up reading this and you realize, oh, my God, they're showing that Jason's pretty tough. And he will do the right thing, even if he's afraid. Tough cookie. But that was kind of the joke I had, that Batman is setting Jason up for really bad things. The, the idea of it just being adrenaline. And then the, he can't watch a horror movie. We talked about that. The roller coasters are out. I Man, mean, he's, he's in a sewer. If I was in a sewer, I'd be so scared already. Eric, I, I'm always scared. <laughs> I'm running scared it's constantly. My, it's my secret. Everything that you say, too, and what you were talking about, this R&R stuff. Yeah, a, a story where Batman's going a little over the top. Oh, my God, we got to look into us. They realize it's R&R. That can all be done in the Batman book. You don't need a crossover with Catwoman. So why... And what are you going to do with Catwoman in this? And you see that the only thing you had was Scandal Savage to get. But you don't even need that. You could have ended up Vandal Savage could have easily shown up later on in the Batman book to say, "Oh my God, I'm going to take over immortality." All these things. Catwoman, or even the Catwoman is book. not. Yeah, it, it, oh, yeah. But in this whole play, the Catwoman book's not needed, and it's obvious here it has nothing to do. Once you got rid of the big plan of crime. And all that, that was Catwoman's M.O. and thing. Once you get Vandal Savage, this Catwoman book becomes just nothing. And that's what we get here. And it's nonsense. And Teeny Howard's terrible. I should never write Batman. But what would you give this? 3.9 out of 10. I think that Aniko's art is serviceable. But you can definitely see that he was rushed there, especially at the end. And the, the story, though, like the art, it's not a problem at all, even with being rushed. It's a story through and through. The characters feel off. You don't even know what the focus of the story is anymore. And nothing feels like it has stakes, especially when you, your cliffhanger is a bunch of goofy villains with a bunch of goofy Batman tech that will not help them in the slightest. And again, the idea too. just remember that Nico Leon was complaining because the script was late. Why? What, what were you doing in the script that you had to rewrite or come back with something? The only thing I can think is that at the last second, they decided to throw this Vandal Savage shit in. And then it, it, I don't know what else it would be to try to, you know, make it work. It's, it's just so weird, but I'm a three out of 10, three out of 10. And that's like you said, I think the art is not bad it's not his best work but still good enough it doesn't ruin anything but no, what ruins it is the characterization and the script and everything about it besides the art so we're going to move on though we have a legacy anniversary eric legacy number 850 for the superman it's superman number seven written by joshua williamson art by gleb melnikoff dan jurgens norm ratman edwin galmon and alejandro sanchez another edwin galmon and his brother it's the second and Ariana Mayer, a bunch of artists on this book. And I, I didn't think that there, until you get to the Brainiac stuff, that's kind of a jarring change yeah. in art. But it's also a change in the story. So it, it works. Uh, and this issue, I told you before you read it, I said, boy, there's some big things. There's some really big things happening in this issue. The problem is, is they kind of get thrown at you at points. You know, you're going to have things that end up Perry White. All of a sudden, he is now no longer in a coma. He's nope. fine. He's recovered. And now he's running for mayor again, again. Yeah. which makes it feel very much like you're confusing people of what the setup was. You know, just us. Yeah, well, 
Before the whole setup was, and remember Lois, and I believe it might have been in the annual, but it might have been in that uh, uh, something. She ended up saying, we have to figure out there was something that Perry ended up hiding what Lex was up to, all this, while he was mayor, running for mayor. And the way that I think people would most remember it, she said, listen, get me the the paper copies. Get me the hard copies. copies. This is stuff before the internet. He might not have put it on any drive or anything. And that's why they were supposedly going down in the depths of the Daily Planet. They were doing that. That seems like it was setting up something to then kind of manipulate it or, you know, mold it into this in a new way. Because, yeah, Perry's just fine now out of a coma and he's running for mayor again for some reason. Like, not even talking about the idea that he did previously in Superman continuity. But then, like you said, the chain that just shows up, the character that Superman broke out of the Strikers Island previously. And what we were actually, this is happening when I was still on the show. Where it really did remind me of something that we had in Castle Rock, the, the TV show that's on Hulu, about a boy that was chained up in a prison and they kept him there because he was evil and they let him out and like the evil is let loose onto the city once again. So it's very much like that. And they're like, oh yeah, he is the toughest guy ever. He has tactile telekinesis just like Connor Kent's Superboy. And it's weird though because he, like, they try to tell you that his powers are more evolved than Connor Kent's, but half the shit he does, it's not tactile telekinesis because he's not touching anything. And it's weird because they end up saying we got to get him back and stop the telekinesis. And they go, no, 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 it's not that. It's tactile telekinesis. I'm like, are we just meant some words here? Like, <laughs> stop this guy. This guy's crazy. Even then, what I want to know, because, again, Perry White has been in a coma because he knew the identity of Superman. That was the big to-do of, oh, my God, if anybody knows. So what I want to know is how he recovered and does he know the identity? I don't think he would now. But how did he know. recover out of that? We we wouldn't know because they don't say anything, and it just happens as if we missed an issue with Perry. At now least. he's mayor. Yeah, he's running, running for mayor. Hey, I'm running for mayor. And then when you have the the chain come down, he does recognize Perry. He knows Perry. He says, "Hey, Perry, long time." So yeah, Perry was maybe a little sus about all this, but I think we're moving too quickly through it. And it's such a weird thing. Like it ends up being this anniversary, this eight fifty, this legacy deal, and it feels like. At the last second, they said, oh, we need to fill out an oversized issue. So then you get Joshua Williamson kind of say, well, I did have all these things in mind. Let's just get them all in here now because things just are rapid fire. And I do like a lot of the things that are brought up, but it just you kind of never get your balance in. I love Gleb Melnikov's art. I think his art is really good and really fit. But when you get the chain, I did say Matt Razor, my man Matt, told me I had to say this. And also, and I agree. I also sent you the picture, but when you get yeah. the chain, looks so much like Doc Ock in that Spider-Man Rain story where it was like a dead Doc Ock with all of his tentacles. And it's funny because you kind of get the idea. It does look like a bit like you play that Doc Ock deal, but instead you just have what they say is tactile telekinesis. And there is no way the super family was a- – there no way they – Got that building completely cleared, and then shit's no, just falling and crashing. Not. There's no but they, way. All the Superman family, they got them super speeds. When the chain takes down There's a building, and Superboy's trying people. to do his best to keep the building up. The rest of the Superman family are zipping along, trying to get everybody out. They said they did it. I'm, I'm here to trust that. <laughs> There's just not that many of them. There's too many people that maybe they should have said, thank God it's a bank holiday. Like, maybe you could do that. Like, there was only five guys there. That's crazy, but... You do get these fights, and again, the art looks great, especially at the beginning, but while you have the super family show up to fight the chain, and and really, they can't get near him, he's freezing him, a lot of these things are just happening, they're not really that well explained, but it's okay, and he seems like a threat, 
you end well, up, you know. the big thing for me with the idea of the chain is something that Lex Luthor did years ago when he first came to, you know, uh, Metropolis when he was trying to be a hero. Experimenting by giving people power, almost like what we saw with, you know, like uh, the Lex Luthor Inc. when he's trying to do his Lex, his Batman Inc. and stuff like that. But you do see the connection here where him working with tactile telekinesis before he's making the Superboy clone that he would years later that would become Connor Kent. Yeah, and, and we'll have to see, you know, what this is. Does he have that DNA splice? Is he doing that? And even a little bit later when Lex is talking about things, there's some weird plays in there in like a bunch of little scenes that he's showing that are interesting enough. But we then go down into the battles under Strikers Island where you still have Mercy. Superman chained up. Mercy's just there and she's like, yep, you take like, Get going, Mercy. Go and get Lex then. She's just standing around. Superman's trying to get out That's of his chain. And, and she's like, yeah, you're not going to be able to do that. I got gun arms. I don't have wheel legs. It's going to take you a while. <laughs> you end up setting up this big thing. And it, it feels weird, like the idea, well, I can vibrate because I was taught by a good friend to do that. And also, the chains stop my power. But I have powers, and Take I'm going to do Luther. this. Boom, he's free. It, it just felt kind of silly just to have it, but it's okay. I mean, it looks good again, and, and he ends up going out there. But he then is going to go and, and help the super family that is trying to take down the chain. And I thought one of the most interesting things was when the chain did say to Connor, hey, uh, your powers, they're like mine. You're like me. You just haven't gotten your potential. Not evolved what yet. are you? And again, this could be, and also when you said about it being the Castle Rockdale, it also reminds me of Flashpoint with the Superman. You know, he's kept underneath and and hidden the what? Oh Project yeah, well, Subject uh, One, yeah. Subject. I I always get get the you know, Subject One. So I think that maybe what we're going to get here, and it might affect Connor. Like this might have been a test run at one point. We'd have to see, I can see how, that. how it plays out. Yeah. So and how maybe it plays into the, the idea plan. that this is the son of the man who built Strikers Island and stuff like that, and what was the relationship between Lex Luthor and that guy? Exactly, and and then from there you end up getting you know Connor, and uh, uh, there could be some interesting things in this. Again, a lot of this stuff by the end is set up to be well, we'll deal with this sometime next year. Some of this stuff will be, and that's kind of the other bummer about this. But I think the chain is the big thing here, as. Especially that he goes off with Grafton Farm by the end. Like, hey, we hate Lex Luthor. You hate Lex Luthor. Let's hate Lex Luthor together. Well, I love the idea that the chain here says, hey, uh, there's Superman. Because Superman comes in where he's like, says to Connor, the chain says, who are you? And then Superman comes, he's family. Boom. I'd love it if Connor wasn't listening. Superman's like, I'll say it again. He's family. He wants him to hear it. But he's like, we'll help. And then you end up having the chain. He looks over and there's the building. It's the super, you know, Lex. The super core. Yeah. Yeah. But he says, your symbol is on the building that was. But who knows what has gone on since then? I I really thought that that was like a weird play to be like. The chain is going with what he knew. Well, he's like, that used to be there. I, I hate to just. Have it that Superman bought the building or did something like, but he's like, if you're Lex Luthor's friend, it just sets it up and he starts fighting again. And he's bringing down buildings, they're getting all these people, like we said before. But then, as that goes on, you have Graf and Farm show up and say, Hey, buddy, you look pretty cool. We're the ones who set this up. We wanted to get you free. We hate Lex Luthor just as much as you, maybe even more. Hey, you want to join with us? And he's like, Yeah, what the fuck? Let's go. And that is the Big play there that it looks like they go off as we go off to deal with Lex. And again, a lot of people hate Lex being 
a good Lex. Me and you don't hate. I love it. We love the point. It ends up. I love the idea that he's trying at points to be a good guy, but sometimes he can't. Sometimes his past comes by in the ass, and it's like all of that's hitting here. Like he legitimately feels like he wants to change things and move on and try to help, but everything always is when you're a bad guy, things follow you. And Lois comes in and kind of demands, you know, while they're fighting the stupid chain guy, let me know now on the up and up. Like, what's your plan? Why are you doing this? Are you going to turn against Superman going forward? What's happening? And I like that he explains the way and you you get that tie in from before. But the idea, like, you know, when you look at the abyss, the abyss looks back at you. But what happens when something like the abyss looks at Superman? Well, you know what? It gives it hope just like it does me. So I, I like the idea where Lex is actually admitting the things he never wants to admit about how much he admires Superman and what it is, even though they had this long age, like your long ass rivalry for all of these years because Superman rejected him when they first met and stuff like that. He is realizing I can be a better person with this Superman and we can work better together with anything that that super criminal genius that I used to be. This is the way I want to be going forward. I'm like, I, I always love this version of Lex because it's, it's really different than anything you had for like the last you know, like 60 years of Superman, like for the past decade, besides for Apex Lex, we've had a good Lex Luthor, and I've really enjoyed the time that we've had with that. It, but DC Comics never really seems to want to keep him that way because, oh, let's just switch him back. Like, let's see how far he can go. Because even when he was Super Lex, the Super Suit, you never got enough. The man was on the Justice League, and you never really got to see him do anything on the Justice League. And then it was just Superman treating him like a dick. Oh, I don't trust you, Luthor. And then Luthor's like, well, fuck you. You don't trust me. I'm a bad guy again. I'm like, <laughs> Here's the thing, and a lot of people, because of this, and especially right now, they're bringing up the idea of Norman Osborn being a good guy over in Amazing Spider-Man. Should never happen in my mind. It's a little different. And now, you can say Lex has done some real sus things, because he has. Very sus thing, yes. One of the things with, with Lex. The Green Goblin's pure evil, Green Goblin, like, that, that's just a different, because Lex, I mean, whether or not you say, well, that's what makes him a great villain, because he always thinks he's doing the right thing. A lot of times, he kind of is. But he takes it too far and whatnot with all of that. So I, I end up like, and you even have when you're going through these scenes as he's talking to Lois is pretty cool. You even have like that first bit with the John Byrne, the Man of Steel, when Superman came into Metropolis and there's Lex in his office like, I'm over here. Look at me, Superman. He's like, I'm not looking at you. Like, I was like right away, it always is that snub. You have some Smallville stuff, all that stuff going How on. How dare you. One of the things that, really gets me here as you go through and it's not really like you're reading the narration or whatever that he's there in a weird like do you recognize the double l super suit that he has on that purple and green suit no i don't recognize it now when he's young he's fighting graph and farm though like they're punching him and he's young so and he's saying at that point i still try to be a hero. hero And he says, and instead I made enemies. So you're playing that whole play of all along. I thought that what we were getting with Farm and Graf was the idea of, ooh, like Lex was real bad. And he teamed up with us in the past. And we're going to reveal this. We're going to show this. This now looks like it's just they want revenge because at one point Lex was trying to be good. And maybe this will time because I don't recognize that suit at all. Grafton Farm, like, you know, Lex was working with them at the beginning and then he realized what they were up to and said, I can't let them go along with this and became the hero after that. Costume feels weird. And then, then I start looking. I'm like, are they in like a spaceship? And I swear to God, I started thinking of these crazy things. of Are they actually villains from like Lexor? And <laughs> then he did bad. Then they came here and they did this. I'm like. 
I wonder what the hell, I don't think it is, but I actually thought that maybe that was a Lexor suit that he wore at one point. I went through issues and stuff. I imagine it's just going to come down to the idea where it's like, oh yeah, we don't like Lex with it because yeah, he turned against us, but also he paralyzed me and put me in this wheelchair, so it's revenge time. Well, it looks like that too, and I do think at one point you're also going to have where it's going to be that extra kind of uh, thing with Lex, a little other thing of, Hey, by the way, nobody knew this, but I was just about to be the, you know, the biggest hero. And then Superman showed up and oh, my God, like everybody loves him. Now I can't do it. They'll all think I'm set like something like that, because it looks pretty cool. Him and like that double L. Oh, I like it. It's pretty cool. So I wanted to see more. And I actually thought I was going to like crack the code and find this stuff from before, but I couldn't. But in this, though, the the speech that Lex is giving, I like. And again, I think that Joshua Williamson has a really good voice for most of the characters that he writes. It's just some of the stories aren't the greatest. This one has some big things shoved at you, but I think that the Lex deal I like, because this isn't Lex saying to Lois, woe is me, you should... He's kind of still a little... Like, he's still Lex. He's still sus and, and, and mad about things, but now he's mad because nobody wants to give him a deal and he actually says to Lois at one point listen y- you trust Superman who lied to you that whole time he duped you that whole time but it, it was fine then why can't you see that I'm not duping you like I'm not doing that just give me a chance and I, I do like it and then out of nowhere his mother shows like, like these things just happen right well, you, mean, you talk about the mom. idea of things just happen because even the idea of Lois Lane coming in to talk to Lex with her super criminal at this point in time, she pretty much tells the police to skedaddle and they let they Yeah. No, that's what like I don't even understand. What is Lois Lane's powers, the editor in chief of the Daily Planet, where she's telling the police <laughs> to stop watching the Didn't super you know criminal that that's from the what hospital? The editors, the editor in chief of uh, newspapers, that they have that power. He didn't realize this. Also, just now that you're saying that too, he is in a prison hospital. And and Lex says, I have to get out there. You need to let me go and fix this. And they're like, yeah, just let him go. <laughs> no, that's not how it works. And is he even and in a prison then, hospital? Because it seems weird to me because he would have been in Stryker's Island Hospital. Like, you know, well, infirmary, that's what it says. Where the chain was. Well, this is it. It's, it says Superman needs my help. Stryker's Island Penitentiary He's yelling from inside a window. So it's that it, that's true. Superman should have been double. Oh, mercy you have to do is get on the elevator. And go up and get Lex to take it down, but he phased out. What very odd, very odd. Like again, things kind of moving in weird directions or moving along without. Oh yeah, this uh, for some reason I didn't realize it was Strikers because the thing is I didn't want it to be Strikers because it didn't make sense for the chain being there, breaking out, and Superman being there, and like nobody's getting a hold of Lex Luthor. Just imagine what you already said, Lois Lane, who has no real like not a family member. Like you could say no later with the mom, like. It, she just walks into the Strikers Island prison. Get out of here, hey, guards. Hey, you coppers, get out of here. I'm Lois Lane. I'm surprised she's not wearing all of her awards Jewelers? around like medals like I do. Hey, look at me. She's oh, like, oh, you too? Yeah, like, yeah, I used to do. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. I, I actually thought I told you about that. At one point, when people would come over, some of my friends from our hockey team, I'd have all my hockey trophies, and I ended up making them into these big medallions. And I'd wear them around like I was Flavor Flavor, like an asshole. And I thought it was funny. That's what she's doing. Uh, you know. So you have all this. She walks into Stryker's Island Prison, says for the cops to skedaddle, to get the play of Lex wanting to be a good guy. And then as this goes, you just end up having his mom show up, which again, okay, may, it, it would make sense that, oh, Lex almost died. But they even say it wasn't that bad. But she's there. 
Look, it's such a weird play because not even to see Lex. You have Letitia's Luther, the like the mother of Lex Luther show up, who's apparently been on an island being guarded because Lex Luther never wanted her to ever get off this island. Just wanted people to forget about her, think she was dead, so he could be his own man. She is a part of the board of Luther Corp. Uh, Corp. And the thing is, she's like, now that you've given the company to Superman, I have something to say. I want to contest this because it's bullshit. I'm like, where were you when he gave all his money away when he became Apex Lex? Were the guards keeping you on island extra hard that day? Well, at that point, she was a little younger. She was enjoying island life. She, she was, was like a okay year and a half then, ago. Right? Well, now she's a year and a half older. She's there. It's it's the crazy deal of you always just have to have an evil Luther, and this is what we get. His mom come back like, this is bullshit. I'm going to contest this. And by the way, there's somebody else who wants to see you. And I actually thought it was going to be his sister, but it's his I his like daughter. the idea. Well, we, I don't even remember what happened to Lena after Superwoman anymore. But I'm saying she was in that cube and shit and just disappeared. There was a lot of things in cubes, and I don't remember how it worked out when she became <laughs> the Brainiac Lena thing, whatever she was. I don't even remember how it was that she turned into it. Oh, it was the it was Ultra Woman, wasn't it? Like, or a bizarre, like, something along those things. But anyway, you have Letitia show up here, the businesswoman Letitia, who has... You know, she wants to make sure the company's in her control because Lex Luthor can't be trusted because he's giving a shit to Superman and she's not about that. I like the idea of this because one of the greatest things about Smallville was having Lionel Luther as this big fo- like foil for both Lex and Clark, the ultimate evil behind Lex Luthor. And I'm like, you don't have that here because of this, you know, Lionel Luthor's just a piece of crap in Smallville. Now you have the corporate badass woman of his mother. I'm like, I like her fitting this role here. And then on top of it, he also, she also brings Lex's daughter that you never knew he had, Lena. And it's such a weird idea because you have this girl like, thanks, Dad. Like, uh, I told you I never wanted to have her here. Thanks, Dad. It's nice to be a feel appreciated. But she has the brainiac marks on her weird? forehead. Like, what is that? Well, at one point, I, I'm sure you look, but Lena was a brainiac 13 version. And yeah. so you ended up where she got to a point, And to stop that and avert it, they ended up they ended up making her a baby again. And in the timeline, it looks like it could work out that this is just her then grown up. So weird. Might not know the deal, but the thing that I thought was very odd, because we jump right to it with the Brainiac part, and we know that Brainiac's the big story coming up. I thought that maybe, you know, play this a little coy at first. Like, don't really show us, because even if you don't know the past, where there were a couple different Lenas, one being Mm -hmm. a Brainiac 13 version, which it looks like this one is, like, play coy with that and go, because then you jump into the Brainiac part almost like this was part of his plan. It may not but be. But that's one of the weird things, too. Are we actually doing anything that's in continuity? Like, the idea that Perry White is running for mayor. Did that happen in the continuity? Or is this a new thing that Joshua Williams is trying to play off from the past as something fresh and new? And the same thing with Lena. Like, she said he did it in the past. It's weird. And then you have this Lena that's kind of a weird deal. But in an open timeline, it can work. But yeah, I, I'm all for having Lena here. I think that that could be so much fun. Have, Letitia will be fun to be, like you said, the Lionel villain, because Lionel should still be dead, I guess, from the whole yeah. metal deal and what. But when we have this going on, I just want Lena to just be, you know, a typical teen, and it's going to drive Lex insane. Well, even the idea where you take Lena Luther at some point, the daughter of, like, for some reason, a lot of people hate it. You think it, she's going to date these, Connor or something like when that? You, you have these, that, no, because they're brother and sister, essentially, at that point. Don't fucking say stuff I, like that. That is true. But, so but they are going to date, have, like, it's sexier, you're saying, right? When you have <laughs> legacy characters like this to take over, like, the offspring of somebody, people hate it because it's just like, oh, it's a lesser version of the character, like Crush with Lobo and stuff like that. I actually love him, and I'm like, what could she be too. going forward? Even, like, Deadshot's daughter becoming a live shot, I'm like, that's so cool, I want to see more with that character. Like, could this Brainiac Lena version become something in, like, a, a Teen Titans later on in the future of DC Comics? Because that could be really cool. What I think is really cool 
And the idea I said, it's it's odd that you end Where's up she boom, a Brainiac 13 version, what's going on. But I really like the way that he has her show up. And if you don't know, or even if you do know, it doesn't, you're still intrigued because you don't know how it's going to play out because, you know, is that what it is? Or are we doing so? Like you said about Perry, I, sometimes that'll drive me nuts, but sometimes like this, I'm like, Oh, this is cool. You could end up subverting expectations one yeah, way you or you can something to make it fresh it. or what? Yeah, make it fresh. And I really like the idea. And again, this isn't a character that just came out of nowhere. It was a character that was there before. And he explains but the not idea. In this capacity. Well, and he explains the idea that she's been on this island. So that's why she hasn't been seen. But now she's grown up. It's, it's crazy. I just like, what up, dad? I just like, I laughed so much when I saw it. But at this point, Things were just I like her so you much. Out I don't know why. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I don't love the Black Canary shirt, but that's just me. But well, even the idea of the Black Canaries when when Black Canary had her band, weren't they just called Black Canary and I not thought the Black Canary? Black Canary. Yeah, I think that, so, that might a be a little weird. bit of a mess up. It is a little weird, but that's pretty cool to then go into. And even then, when you have her say, "Hey, Dad, you know what a welcome surprise," and she's there, and then you even have the Brainiac bubble like you know the, the narration right there my plan is in motion to make you think oh my god this is may not be it may just be a coincidence of this or it might be affected later but then you go and at this point again i'm having fun a lot of things are just happening and then you go to the brainiac stuff which is to set up what is going to be the big things going in 2024 and as you go i'm like what's going on here like we had Brainiac, we had him with Lobo and stuff like that, and like it even seemed like we're trying to take his like you know healing factor situation of being the last Zarnia. But Brainiac had the bottled city of Zarnia, where he's going to take three of the biggest baddest Zarnians that ever lived and send them to the planet Brawl, which is the home world of Cosmic Boy in the future, and he wants to kill everybody there. Like, are you trying to alter the future right now? Do you know what happens in the thirty first century, and you're trying to stop it? I don't know. And again, does that tie into stuff with even Lena because of the thing? I don't think it would because how the timeline's going and how that all works out. But that includes a lot of that stuff. It's just weird. And then it, it even has where you're going to get the Zarnian version of like Superman 2, the movie. You end up having these three guys and they're like, we're going to kick ass. We're going to go down and we're going to, you know, just not well, you have, you have two guys and a woman. I understand where you're coming from with Zod, Ursa, and Nod. These assholes don't remind me anything of Zod, Ursa, and Nod. Because that one just looks like they all look emo because they're Zarnians and you know how Lobo looks, but the one he just looks extra emo. You pull them out of the, the Phantom Zone, you know, they, they start to attack and do all that. You have these three that are grabbed out of a bottled city to do the same. I, I feel like he's actually trying to get that wink wink of having that feel of it. Uh, but we'll see. I like the little guy. Look at him back there. <laughs> yeah, I like that guy. Look at him. Uh, but yeah, they. Just I'm, trying, I'm house. trying to figure out what their names are. They like so. Like, Brainiac says the main one's name. I don't remember what General it's called. General Shackle. General okay. Shackle. So even that. Maybe? Even that with the whole thing, because it's still a general, like General Zod and stuff like that. But you have Tiburon and Duende and like Shackle, General Shackle. In, in my mind, maybe it's because every time I say that, Joshua Williamson, he never can create anything fully original. It has to be versions of something else, like Shush. Here you get that in Shush. the Zarnians to go there, and it's weird. General Odd is what he should But honestly, been, the man. thing is, if you had these three Zarnians go up against Superman, even if, like, it, it could be really cool because you will have that Superman 2 feel, and this one Zarnian alone is a handful. You get three of them who are actually, you know, just not a biker bounty hunter asshole who have military experience, and maybe they could be a real threat. Now, and how does this tie into Lobo with the, you know, farm and graph, and there with the... There's a lot of stuff going on, right? 
with what Brainiac is trying to achieve with the destruction of Brawl, it seems like he's talking about he wants to have the power to create life. Who does he have in this tube? I don't know. Looks like a sexy lady to me. It is does. That, <laughs> it's Nora Freeze. It's weird, too, because, like, is that hair going up or is that an antenna? Is, is it Mantis? Right? Mantis? <laughs> I love, too, it's like, He's looking, he's like, I will be able to create life. And they're like, what? That sexy lady. He's like, no, I'm talking about that random leg over there. I like that leg. It's crazy. It's all these body parts and stuff. Sexy lady. Dr. <laughs> Frankenstein Brainiac. Who do you think it would be? If, if, if you know. just had to guess off the top of your head about a sexy lady in there. He, he, might, he might be making a Brainiac for the future that'll go back in time and become Lena for the whole thing. And it's going to be this time paradox thing. Could I be. don't know. I actually thought it was just he's doing a weird science play, just wants a sexy lady. He's making it for his own use. There's not a lot of clues left, especially the way that he is. So you you might want to make a mate. Can we have that where then he's in the shower and he's like fully dressed? You have all that fun stuff. And Brainiac those, and jeans. Those Zarnians are actually the bikers at the end of Weird Science. They're, they're making fun of him. Oh, it'd be pretty Don't good. Don't lose his job over this. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah, really, his teaching job. Uh, what would you give this? thing is, I really enjoyed this issue and the way it looks, even with all the artists. I think it all works together for each individual story that they're telling. Some of the stuff feels like it's a little tacked on, like, you know, too much too soon for the story that we've already been dealing with in the Superman series. That's the biggest problem in the book overall. But everything that we're dealing with, I'm really intrigued about. I want to see more. Like, even the chain is like, oh, I got tactile telekinesis and I've been locked up for a while, but now I'm angry. Kind of a lame story and doesn't really feel, but I'm still intrigued to see where it goes. And everything else is like, yeah, this is really cool. I can't wait to see more. So I'm still going to give it an 8 out of 10, even though I'm wary about the idea of tacking on all these things so we haven't even covered what feels like one story yet, and we're tacking on more. We can't still have to do with Marilyn Moonlight, for Christ's sake, and you have all this Later going on. Later on, we're going back to the Old West, Eric. We could get to them. It's all cool stuff, and I hope it all works out and we get to see it all. It's just, I hope, I don't know, Joshua Williamson's pacing's weird. I just hope he hasn't bit off more than he can chew here. Yeah, I'm with you. Now, I think that the other thing we have to remember is that there's a lot of story here. But him and even maybe a Jason Aaron working with him, they're going to take over Action Comics. So there might be a little more play and a couple cool. different things to do to broaden the story. So maybe that is the play here to get these but things if you, yeah, set up. If you up. use these oversized anniversary issues to do some synergy in DC Comics to show us some different things going on in the Superman world, good for you. Yeah, and I think that the Jason Aaron thing is going to start with the, a Brainiac story that hopefully will yeah. tie into the idea that they were doing, you know, Farm and Graph were doing Brainiac stuff as well. And again, if that's the case, and, and Jason Aaron will be working hand in hand with Josh, then it may make sense. Get this stuff out there so it's established, and then we'll work on it in two different books and go forward. So I, I'm an eight as well. I actually, like I said, I, I sounded like I was a bit negative about it. It's just a lot of stuff happens, but most of it's pretty cool. But the worst is the chain. He ends up just there. But he makes cool himself a threat to then get scooped up by Farm and Grab. But at least we have that he's a threat. They had some problems with him. Now, Farm and Grab is definitely working their deal on one side. And at one point, I just, for some reason, I thought that the Brainiac stuff was going to be connected more to them as well. So but I. that's kind of the other thing going. Because so. it felt like they were doing the same things in the last one. Like the that's idea of like, where thought. like. Lobo was being dissected by Brainiac while Farm and Grant were dissecting different, like Superman villains. It felt like it was too, like way more connected than it actually is here. I, I thought it was way more connected. And so this shows it, it might not be, but you might even be playing that idea. And you love the idea of the Superman revenge squad. You, you love, love it. And it love seems it so like Farm and Grant are definitely setting up that or more of the Lex Luthor revenge squad, but still you love the revenge squads. In the meantime, you might play that deal where 
there's Brainiac coming to really close problems. You may have to have a team up, you know, the idea of the enemy of my enemy and stuff like that. It's actually very intriguing. So I'm looking forward to see where all of this works out. I just hope that Joshua Williamson presents it in a way that's not just thrown and at I you. And I still want to have more going on with Jimmy Olsen and Silver Banshee. Yeah. Yeah, you have that. But that's why I'm then I was I was actually even thinking the idea of Lena having a problem because now Jimmy's going to have all the ladies. Maybe she'll like him as well. She's a little young. But even, but still. I'm not, not even like the idea, though. But like you said, like you think that Connor and her will date, which is just gross. And I don't know why you'd say that. But Connor being a, almost a brotherly figure to this Lena in this like, you know, new city because she's grown up on an island. Who knows what kind of past we're dealing with her and the Brainiac, you know, like fusion. I don't know, but Connor and her getting together and even Connor exploring more together. of the Luther side You're of his DNA me? is even a cool idea going forward. Well, he's Luther from the, like, chest up. Uh, down below, that, that Superman, we're fine. Eric, it works oh, out. Okay. It's all gross. completely legal. No kissing. No, no kissing. No foreplay. Right right to the banging is what I say. That's what I say here. That is weird. <laughs> I'm going to get on the soapbox and say, just the banging. Here we go to the next book. Batman Superman World's Finest, number 20, written by Mark Wade, art by Dan Mora, Tamrot, Bon Ballon, Steve Wands. Here we go back to the Kingdom Come universe. And it, it, it's a weird way, the idea that you're going to get there. We're going to have to do a big, giant, you know, cosmic treadmill. People I already saw were like, really, that's what you're going to do. But it, it all plays out of Superman really wants to go find David. Kid Thunder to see if he's okay, make sure, hey, I didn't want to leave him out there and whatnot, and you end up having Barry come back and say, I found him. I actually found this this Earth. I've been traversing the multiverse, and I think I found your boy. And I, I think it works out. The art's great. I mean, Dan Mora, that's kind of a given in it, and I really do enjoy oh, it. By the end of this, I'm still at a point where I want to see how this works out, but it actually is pretty fun for me to go, and I again, I don't know that we need to go back to the Kingdom Come universe. Hey, that's Mark Wade's baby. He thinks we do. Yeah, he thinks we do. And I thought that it was a, a fun issue. It goes by so quick, though. There's a lot of things going. And I do wish that I had some time to go maybe reread Kingdom Come to maybe get a, a couple of maybe Easter eggs or stuff. Yeah, the Kingdom, I that I, I hear yeah. to avoid. I've never, I've <laughs> actually never read the Kingdom. Neither have I, I don't think. I was specifically told not to read that by Alex Ross himself, said because I ended up where he follows us, and I ended up talking to him for a, a couple of times. Name drops there, and I said, Ooh. "Oh my god, it was so cool!" And I'm like, "I'm going to read the Kingdom next." And he actually, I think he wrote. I'd prefer it if you don't, but if you really have to, don't talk to me about it. I'm like, I think I just pissed off Alex Ross about <laughs> Like, I guess I'm not going to read it. Oh, my goodness gracious. But I, I do like the reactions of Superman and Batman when we get there. But I, did you like it? I, I just straight well, the, up. No, that's the thing. It's the idea. Like, I want us to go to Kingdom Come because I find the whole idea of Mark Wade going back after all these decades to add more story to his, like, you know, his 90s baby with Magog and everything that it meant for that Earth-22. I think that's really cool. In the setting, though, of World's Finest, you know, goofiness kind of – it doesn't play off as well as I would have liked because I take that story very seriously because it's a very serious universe that we're dealing with. But it's like, all right, I found your boy. I'm Barry Allen, the Flash, the fastest man alive. I traversed the multiverse. And in order to get you there, I've – re-engineered my cosmic treadmill to do this and like using hyper time stuff so when we get there using multiversal vibrational energy there's going to be some hyper time time distortion and i'm like yeah you didn't <laughs> yeah you didn't have to go all this way because now you're just adding hyper time to the multiverse and i don't know why you have to like it's just to make things weirder than they have to be it's like okay 
Batman and Superman go to Kingdom Come Earth, but then they go to the future to see where all the heroes are dead, see old versions of themselves from this universe. But then the time fluctuation, and then we go back in time before Kingdom Come happened, and there was no reason to do this except for to like you add some kind of drama about what happens on this Earth that didn't need to be there. For Maybe that's just for people who doing. wouldn't know and, and the whole deal. But when you first go, Barry's going through. He even sees the Wolfman. The Zach. Wolfman. He sees the Wolfman well, there. It's all cool. You get all. How those, crazy right? is it that we're in a, a post? That's the thing is too. It's with Mark Wade. I'm telling. I don't think I'm ever going to get over it because it's just Mark Wade telling me this is a post-crisis world that they're living in. But we have a multiverse somehow that he's traversing. We have all this. Like you didn't need to do this. And then when we have Dan Moore throwing in, you know, it was a part of this multiverse before the crisis happened. The Wolfman. Flashpoint universe. Yeah, flashpoints like, there. Yeah. Why? It's- why is all the, like it's too much because you're just throwing things like all, everything in the kitchen sink at this concept, but it doesn't make sense with the way that you've described it as a whole. It's the weird play because you do throw in hyper time that I think that Mark Wade at, at points would just use to explain to you anything that happens. Well, no, honestly, you can because that's why I hate hyper time. I know. And and when he ended up talking about the post guy, like it really did feel like what he was going to say at the end is like, listen, it's kind of hyper time anyway. And it does this. It, it is. You can explain anything away. But I don't know when you, you get this and you see all these things, including the flashpoint deal and whatever. It does work in that omniverse that they did set up the different earths, but I, I don't know. It's it's just that you get to see some cool but things. I'm like, past. oh, look at it. I know. Well, that's the thing. But the past and with hypertime, aren't we all just a fluid thing? It gets wonky. That it's so bizarre. But yeah, he ends up going through all that Red Sun Superman. You get the Batman Beyond everything in there. But then he ended up finding, like we said, he ended up finding Boy Thunder. So he comes back and tells them about it. You have the Villainy Inc. there in Gotham City doing their thing, everything going on. Which is cool, too. But even the idea, it's like, okay, we're going to have Superman and Batman taking on Villainy Inc., a Wonder Woman villain like group. I'm like, like we just said, I love a Superman Revenge Squad. I love Villainy Inc. It just feels weird for Superman and Batman to be taking on Cheetah, Blue Snowman, Zara, and Dr. Poison. Like, oh, Wonder Woman's busy. We're just going to do this. I'm like, that's just, that's just weird, guys. It's just weird. What, what, why why did we have this as our intro for Barry to show up, take them out, and say, "Okay, I found your boy. Let's go." I love that Barry does what Superman usually does to Batman. He oh yeah, takes totally. them out. It made me laugh. But is this a, a? It's weird. It's a weird play of why couldn't they get a hold of Wonder Woman? Does that mean something overall? Is something happened? Because it seems kind of important, or is it just? Villainy Inc. and we need to have them fight. And, and they're cool. You know, Wonder Woman's not around. They are. They're really cool. I mean, Dan Mora's great. So they have, I, I love Dan Mora's art and I love villain groups. So why not have it? I just yeah, want you something do that love makes the more sense groups. to a Batman Superman. Is your favorite villain group what is the sh- uh, the League of Shadows slash Illuminati slash? Oh, I'm just saying that crazy thing that Vandal Savage is putting together in the Gotham War because every time he opens his mouth, he calls it something different. In that <laughs> issue, he even says, we're the Illuminati. I'm like, now you're it, really... It just, it just feels like the perfect point here to have Batman and Superman taking on like a composite Superman or something like that that I love as well. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, I, I'm telling you, what, what what was it that drove you nuts? In the it, Was it the Mark Wade deal where they ended up doing that composite deal and they had that weird power i couldn't remember because it reminded me of what superman does in the superman book where he says i'm going to vibrate use my powers i'm like that feels like something that dan or uh mark wade would have done and it would have driven eric well that's the thing we had the composite batman superman with the green lantern ring almost like the fusion technique from dragon ball yeah that's what they did and i knew there was something that that drove you nuts but barry comes and and somehow that damn screen lantern superman batman composite like thing that we had in this series so far 
Somehow that's in Planet Krypton on Earth-22 Booster Gold's <laughs> restaurant. How's that suit there? Oh, it's great. So you end up where Barry comes and says, I found Boy Thunder. I ended up making this treadmill, but because it's not really a thing that goes dimension-wise, it might do some weird stuff. It's just the setup so that they can see the ending to then go back in time to maybe avert it. We'll have to see. Yes, because at this point we have we have Boy Thunder who's – you know, apparently a man thunder now, but not man enough to become a mad gog. Yeah, yeah. It, it, the weird play, Joey. You do if you haven't read any of the boy thunder mad things. Gog. They're, they're gonna, they're gonna end up giving you a little background of when he disappeared and went. Oh my god, I'll find you. And then we go and we go, and it, it, it's actually in the cemetery. It is a pretty crazy visual where everybody's dead. Like an Arlington cemetery? Yeah, of just it's like an Arlington cemetery of, of all of these superheroes where you do have an older Batman and Superman looking through, and they're like, oh, my God, Alloy died. That's, that's all I think that they're worried about, Alloy, Eric. So they end up with all these things and the idea of, man, there's us. They end up seeing <laughs> the old David. Oh, man, look at those scars. He looks fucking pissed off. And then boom, boom, boom. After they see, you know, what would be the result of whatever happened here, they even end the up going idea back. when they go, even the idea when they go to Earth twenty two, and like, you know, we're not vibrating at the at the right level yet, so we're just ghosts, and we see them, but they can't see us. Uh oh, time fluctuation. Back to the past. Yeah, and in the past, though, hey, we're flesh and blood. <laughs> Hooray! Let's go to Planet Krypton and have a steak. a little steak. wacky. They're like, we need to go somewhere the to crate. talk. Crusader. Planet Krypton, yeah, the Crypt is East. It's it's good. just for it's good. It's weird too. It, it it is good and it's fun. But that's where I kind of think that this issue has a weird tonal change in the idea of mass destruction, suicide, genocide to let's go and have fun at Planet Krypton. Well that's the thing is you have that you even have that in Kingdom Come, the idea of the old guard and what they stood for and the new guard of superheroes just being ultra violent. And taking care of things. So you would have a booster goal like the Planet Krypton here being this more like Planet Hollywood fun thing, like you know, remembering the past of what superheroes go to, like the idea of the Silver Age and stuff. I I'm not it a lot. saying Even that I don't like the it in here. I'm saying that Batman and Superman just were in a cemetery where it showed everything's dead, and then they go back and like, hey, let's, but let's go grab a crepe. Let's go grab Cra- a crepe. The Crepe Crusader. The Crepe Crusader. And I'm telling you, when I see Planet Krypton, gold? though, it does make me so happy. And even the idea that you don't know who Booster is yet, even though. You know, it's post-crisis, but whatever. It doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter. Timeline-wise, you could still be a year off. Who knows? But when you have this, it does remind me, like, boy, I wish Guy Gardner would get back to Earth because I loved hanging out at his Warriors Bar New York. Yeah, yeah that's pretty cool. That's that what Warriors this reminds bar. me of. There's the suit, Eric, that you were pissed off at. And yeah, you Why end up there? where they're trying to track down, you know, first up Boy Thunder, but also when they end up going back in time, they end up, hey, there's there's you, it's Superman, what's up? And they're like, hey, let's not go talk to him. And then you end up having that back and forth where Batman says, well, I think everything will be fine. Like, there is a Superman here. He's probably taking care of Boy Thunder. Everything will be great, you know? And, And Superman is still a little bit wary of things and the idea of I don't know, like, you know, sometimes the shit goes wonky, you know, sometimes it's different. Because seriously, at this point, they are told it's Earth-22, but who knows what that is in the whole deal. Well, it is kind of a cool thing. Superman's there, and while they're waiting for the stake, he ends up using his vision to then read, you know, the who's who of the DCU, the whole roster log of the Justice League. And he finds out in that and says, oh, this is the thing in this, it, it, it feels like it's supposed to be a bigger moment than what I kind of went with the idea. They don't know parallel worlds. They don't know about the multiverse here. And That's I'm waiting impossible. for this idea for me to be like, holy shit. I'm like, 
That means nothing to me. I'm telling you, it's fine. It's it's Kingdom Come. It's its own thing. But them not knowing the multiverse means nothing to me. Ultimately, and, and the only thing I can play with is that weird idea that somehow that will affect Boy Thunder David in a way that he can either. It almost feels like it's supposed to be like getting the sports journal. In, in back to the, it, but it doesn't. I don't get it's it. It's weird too because thinking about continuity and what came before, because I don't remember how it happened. I just remember that Earth 22 Superman joined the Justice Society of America in the 2000s to try to prevent his future that he came from. And I don't remember how he got there. So eventually that Superman will learn about it if the continuity still exists. Yeah, exactly. And I, again, maybe that's where, and the reason why it's like, oh, I don't understand the boost. Like, you're, you're trying to get a time set up. It's been a while for the Kingdom Come stuff as well, but I feel like that Barry Allen could traverse you know, the multiverse as well, that one. Or is it the Wally West of that world? I'm trying to remember. I'm telling you. I think it's, yeah, it's Wally West, I think. Yeah, it is a weird play, but like, where, what does that mean to this world? What does that mean to, because really we're worried about David, we're worried about Kid Thunder and stuff like that. What would that actually mean here? When you have a Batman and Superman show up, the other like the heroes won't understand it because it's not a concept they can like grasp. Maybe that maybe that's also the play of you know David gets here and he's like, oh my god, I'm from this other Earth that has this, and they don't believe him. crazy. That they're like, okay, whatever, and he has to keep quiet or something like that. I don't I don't know why that seemed like Arkham a big wild moment, for you, kid. Exactly. <laughs> so you better keep quiet. It's like Saturn Girl showing up in Tom King's deal. So you end up where all of a sudden. They end up saying there's a fight downtown Metropolis, and, and there's Boy Thunder. He, he's there. He's fighting Thunderman. And, and now he's Thunderman. And that's the, the coolest thing. I love that play. Like we said, with uh, Boy Toy in, in the, uh, what was that? The World's Toy Boy. Team, toy, toy Boy. boy. Like, is he going to be Toy Man later? Because that's taken. And like, I love the idea when there's boys, and then you have to go, boys to men, Eric. See, that's what you get. But yeah, now I'm he's Thunderman. It works all out. And he ends up where he's fighting. Uh, the Adam Master. Master, and that's where Superman comes. And is that also just the setup of they don't have multiverse? Is just so immediately David hears Superman say, "We have one of you back home." What you must really be that? It's, it's such a weird play, but ends up whapping him or her, and ends up where she hits him with the kryptonite. We're going through all this stuff, and it's kind of cool. David Batman almost kills Adam I Master. Think Batman's just sitting around with his hands and thumb up his ass. I mean, through all this, you get Superman, he's almost dying, and then you just see in the background, there's Batman looking cool, and David almost kills him. And we saw that he had been taking things a little too far. The thing is, that's what every like you know young new hero of this world would do, and that's oh, when yeah. they take yeah. it too far. So David's just a catalyst for this whole thing, and how everybody will probably act and stuff like that, which is cool, but when you look at David now is Thunderman because, you know, the time has passed differently on this Earth. So he's been here a lot longer than he's been missing on our Earth. So he's a man now. He looks like Jason Todd. And it looks so cool for how badass and rogue he look, like looking he is. And I'm like, yeah, you grew up and you you look like a badass, David. Yeah, you ain't he no does. boy Thunder no more. He does. look. He looks pretty good. I mean, and so when you end up having that, like it. But it fits. There's something about a, like a brown jacket over top of your like costume, like just like Red Hood used to have. This makes you look so cool with I'm the sleeves rolled up. He's 40, Eric. I, I do like and It's one of those things where, again, you're going to a world obviously different. But, you know, in the Kingdom Come deal and how this works out is he is really going to the worst world possible because what he does is. He's talking about saying I know vampires. He goes. <laughs> oh, that's true. Or, or the Wolfman, Eric. I don't want like that wolf either. Man. But in the deal of. He goes a little too over the top, and that's kind of what happens here. So he's kind oh, yeah. of going to either Especially the best God. or worst possible deal, yeah, with McGog stuff. And so you end it with, 
oh my god it really is you it's you clark and you end Time up where to he's die. like, yeah. And he's like, man, I missed you. And you're like, oh, man, I told you I'd come back. And you're like, oh, man, all these years I've been waiting. I can't wait for this moment. And then he ends up just attacking him. And there's Batman with his thumb up his ass. So he's like, don't, no. Like, Batman's done. You better stop Honestly, what's that. Batman supposed to do at this point in time? I with don't know. Beings? Well, we'll see because we'll, it says next what's double What's he do Adam Master? He don't need his Adams all messed no, up. Like, what, what can he really do of anything in something like this? or Into, into the shadows. Really, <laughs> he just disappears. I am the knight to the back cave, and they're like, you don't even know where the. But yeah, it says doppelganger, so we'll, we'll get some other characters in here. See, if we get Batman, Superman, all that stuff going on, and see what that all means. And it does really make me want to reread Kingdom Come before we get back to this again, just to like, That's what like I, I, I thought. Too. I don't think I've read that book. Actually, no, I, I read it in like the, the late two thousands, but I think I first read it when I was working in a movie theater in two thousand one because the owner of that, like the movie theater. He lived in New Jersey. He only came in in the middle of the night, Saturday night, to, to loot the safe and go back home and not pay And us. give you but, kisses? Did he give you no, kisses? No, no, no. No, because the, the, the theater was closed down when he'd come in because he was trying to sneak How around. But in the main office that we had, all of the freaking cabinets where you'd have like normal like ledgers and stuff like that, all the important stuff for what office work, we had tr- we had trade paperbacks and we, like, uh, we stocked them all up. And that's why I first Nerds. read The Kingdom. Uh, Kingdom Come, and I'm like, that was such a great summer to be alive in 2001. Yeah, I, I ended up, I think we did it in our Crisis podcast a while back, but again, if, if it isn't like in the past three months, there's no way I'm remembering shit, but I, I enjoyed it, Eric. I'm, I hope you, you enjoy the idea that I enjoyed it. Pretty good. Pretty good story out pretty there. Pretty cool, people. huh? <laughs> pretty cool indeed. So yeah, at the end, I love the idea that you could, like, is there any possible way that this is a dupe where it's like he this is the way that they say hello on Earth twenty two. <laughs> you no. shock the shit out of people and you go, It'd be so funny. Sends your heat energy into a his neck. I just sat there thinking like, all right, how could you possibly like if if this was one of those plays like me and you have that assignment where I write one issue and then you write the next, like I set you up with this bullshit ending and you have to make it a good thing, I don't think you can get out of it. So We'll end up seeing what that all means as we head towards the Magog stuff and all that. One of your favorites. So, uh, yeah, what would you give this? Overall, I think the art is phenomenal all the way through. And I love all the character choices. But that being said, it's like halfway through the book, things really get interesting for me when we get to Earth-22 and what's going on with Thunder Man now. It's just getting there for the first half of the book. Was it a slog? It was just kind of eye-rolly at the science and the plotting behind what we're doing, even fighting villainy ink for no reason. Yes, maybe we're setting up the idea that Wonder Woman's missing and we have to find her when this is all said and done. It just felt like a weird aside for what we're doing to get to this. So that part was all kind of cringy to me, and I'm like, ah, I'm going to give it a 6.5 out of 10, even though I love the art and I love the ending to this book, and I look forward to what happened next. It's just it didn't impress me at all. Just the like the ideas that Barry says and how we do this, and we go to the future. They get flux back to the past. It's not for me. I'm going seven eight, and uh, the reason and one of the things that came up this week it reminds me because here's the thing: you have to get to the Kingdom Come universe. You have to get to Earth twenty two. It really reminds me of what we were saying while we were talking about Justice League versus the Godzilla versus Kong. You have to get to the monsters. How are you going to get the monsters? And it was wacky. It took all issue, whatnot. In this, you do have to do something weird. You get it quick. You have some fun little asides. Oh, look at the Wolfman! I just like have that. so many questions about the world's finest timeline. But and and that's a problem too. But here we are in this. And by the end, I thought, yeah, I didn't think that I really wanted to go back to the Kingdom Come deal. But like you said, by the end of this, I actually was. And I read that. I read this today. And mm-hmm. when I read it, I thought, man, I wish that I could have 
if I would have read it two weeks ago, we were talking, I would have went back and read Kingdom Come. Like you said, it kind of makes you want to go see. And, and that means something. That means that it is intriguing. You want to see if things tie in. So because of that, I'm going to go seven, eight. And the, the art is spectacular, as they say. So, so good. Poib, uh, so Amazing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But that is it for the first section of books. Pretty good books, though, overall, except that. Forget about that. Uh, I say pretty good, and we gave something a three and a three point five or whatever you gave it. Three point nine. Yeah, three point nine, dude. But here we Almost go. We're gonna go. From, we're gonna go here. We're gonna go off to again something that I don't know. Something that I do enjoy doing. Eric, something. probably just more books. I was thinking. I think that I set up already. <laughs> Later in the future, that will be going to the manga later. So I, I almost uh, had a snafu. Yeah, no there. manga right now. A little behind the scenes stuff here, pulling the curtain back. We're going to go off now to a middle section of books that includes a bunch of Tom Taylor stuff and and whatnot. Eric, Green Lantern, and War Green Lantern, which I'll give a little wink, wink here. Eric convinced me that it was better than I thought it was. That's what you're you looking go. forward to. So there we go. We're going to go off to that right about now. From the Revenant King. Did Grayson had a problem with KGBs And Nightwing fans felt like they had been fleeced They got Rick Grayson and subscriptions decreased The future was kinda shitty Tom Taylor showed up, made everyone glad Gave Dick a billion and he's rooming with Babs He saved a three-legged dog from boys who were bad The sky was the limit I wouldn't say so much better than you, Eric. He, no, you're a pretty cool dude. No, 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 not really. He he does play off that pirate look a lot better. I will give him that. I when have you seen me in a people. pirate look? Well, I saw you with an eye patch, and I've seen you with a headband. So I, you're halfway there, Eric. But now I, I get can, the long I can, hair too. <laughs> I can end up. I'll I'll end up imagining the rest. That's of the mind, Eric. You're a pirate of sorts, as they say. But here we are. And we are going to be talking about Nightwing. We have a two-section deal of Tom Taylor books, so you know it's going to be quick, Eric. It's one. I even brought this up while you were away. The idea when you have a Tom Taylor book and you're trying to figure out, okay, how long do I need to read these or whatnot? You're like, yeah, I'm not going to need that long for these because they are very quick. And then we're going to finish off this section with a Green Lantern John Stewart deal. But we are starting, as I said, with Nightwing. Nightwing 107, written by Tom Taylor, art by Stephen Byrne, Adriana Lucas, and Wes Abbott. And it's a weird play, and, and I'm glad that you're back, you know, for multiple reasons there. Okay. You know, just because I like talking to you. You're, you're a nice enough guy. You were nicer to me while you were away. I, I mentioned <laughs> that already. But the idea here is me and you ended up, we, we fought the battle. 
We we were in the ship. We went through, and I keep trying to tell people. A lot of people are like I hated that Rick Grayson. I didn't read any of it, and I always say to them, "Well, I didn't love it." And I read and reviewed every issue with Eric. We went through every single issue. We tried to find the positives among a lot of the negatives of it. But I think that you might be with me that we were done with that. Like this is the idea that Tom Taylor shows up. Now you end up having B, one of our favorite parts of that. So fine. We ended up already having that might do that little Rick Ray. That was kind of Nightmite. funny. Yeah, night might. That that was kind of funny when you did that. Now, with this though, I keep wondering, like, you have a lot of things going on in this book, but Heartless. yet Tony Zuko. Uh his sister, Melinda. I, I actually yeah. almost forgot her name. You you end Honestly, up having too. Yeah, like you said. I always revert back to Sonia from the New Fifty Two. Yeah, exactly. So you have a lot of stuff going on, and it'll be something that I'll bring up in Titans as well, a series that just started. But even the Titans in this new Titans Tower, you have all this going on. But really, Heartless is the big thing, serial killer. And why why would, I mean, again, why would you go back to the thing that you were hired to make people forget? And it feels like, and I said to you, at points it felt like, when I was reading this, that again, it's like a redemption deal. We have to go back to B to kind of explain why Nightwing left her. But also, then after I read it a couple more times, the idea of, you know, showing that B pretty cool. Let's throw this in. It's a, it's a neat little callback. But I, like I said, it, it might be something that would have been cooler years from now, not in the run that took place to take that away. It, it's just odd. Well, I'll tell you this the thing that I appreciate the most about this issue because most of what you're going to get is Nightwing doing swashbuckling adventures like on the, on the I was going to say broad seas. Is that a thing they say? The broad seas. <laughs> the you know? broad seas it is. The, the, the pirate Nightwing is what you're going to get for this and it's over the top silly and goofy and I'm not really there for that but when you have the idea where you bring Beatrice Bennett back, the old like girlfriend of Rick Grayson and like making Dick Grayson confront this whole thing where she's now Captain Blood, the pirate of the whole, and like yeah. this whole thing. Like I said, it's silly, but you use that stupid element to say, This is why she was able to own a bar so young and do all these different things. And you know what you did, Tom Taylor? You retro you retroactively went back and made other stories the writers did make sense. But did is that it a goofy need way? to happen? Did it hey, need because I appreciate again, it. you do have a play here where he does I mean, he seems to have read the Rick Race. And one of the biggest complaints with B, who we actually really did like, was how the hell is she fighting these big giants? Exactly. Like, you know, KGB. Court of the Owls, KGB, all the Joker, all these things. Like, you know why? She's got pirate blood. But again, yeah, she's got the blood in her blood. But it, it's one of those but not really. Like, she's adopted. Did we need to show that? It's kind of neat. I appreciate it. Me and you appreciate it. So do the five other people that read the Rick Grayson stuff. Again, most people didn't read it and came into this. We complained about the idea of B being able to, like, you know, fight back against KGBs, like, you know, the Court of Owls and all of like the Joker and everything that they like uh, that Dick Grayson brings up in I this hope you're issue. Say what I'm thinking of, Eric. No, but that's you not. Go. But the one, the one thing that we actually never talked about, like, oh, how is she able to own this bar? We didn't bat an eye. This, she owns a bar. Let's move on. I mean, at points these things happen. Tom Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> what I thought you were going to say is, well, what we have, like. It's one of those, and I like I like to do tweets like this. It's kind of a smart ass deal, but I, this is full out on the money, on the level. I want to tweet Tom Taylor right now and say, "Listen, you did that cool thing with B. Showed how she could fight Court of the Owls, how she could fight KGBs, Pirate Jiu Jitsu. Do Red Canary next, please, please. because Red Canary, I, not his character, nothing involved with this book, but." Same thing, Red Canary, but that's die. what I'm saying. This sort of thing happens all the time. You kind of roll your eyes and then you move on. 
it's just weird to go back, but he is tying it in. And and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. You even said the idea, it's a bunch of goofy fun. A lot of people are pointing out that that's what they like about it. They like yeah. the goofy fun. I'm not here for it, but I can understand people enjoying it. I'm here for it sometimes, but everything has a not context. Pirates for some reason. <laughs> yeah, everything has its own place and whatnot. So I'm cool with Nightwing going on a pirate booty adventure with Beatrice B here. But in the meantime, there is a serial killer running rampant in your town. That everybody says that you keep doing and a Tony great Zuko. job. And, yeah, and Tony Zuko and even the play here and what kind of gets me. Because, again, I was talking to some people on Twitter talking, Eric, in quotes, about yeah. this whole play of like, Oh, it's just fun. And I said, I, I, I get it. I get that people want to have fun. But the setup to this Especially fun. girls. Well, yeah, and me and Cindy Lauper. But you end up yeah. where the setup to get to this fun continues being the serial killer Heartless. Heartless was the one. Who killed the old Captain Blood. Yeah, the, the old Captain Blood quartermaster. And again, I kind of realized or thought. The adopted father of B. Bennett. I thought it was grandfather, I think I said at point. But it ends up being the adoptive. That's fine. But again, you're kind of playing this like, okay, let's elevate B. Almost like it feels a little like the Melinda stuff. I wish it wasn't pirate related. It's you, weird. I know. You do something where all of a sudden, like when in Catwoman, we had the new 52 with. Yeah, uh, Genevieve Valentine. Yep. Genevieve Valentine. Thank you. Could not remember for the life of me. But the idea where you add this new element to Catwoman, where her father is actually an old mob boss of the Calavicis, so you add the element. I actually wish it was more that, you know, B. Bennett's adoptive father might be a mobster, something more street level than pirate adventures of a secret, like, you know, society on the high seas. The broad seas. And, and you are getting a lot. There's a lot of family connections at Blockbuster's daughter, Melinda, yeah. Zuko. Like, there's all that. So maybe this was just like, well, I go mobster, but I already did. So let's go pirate. Who goes pirate? <laughs> he does. Last issue, I did see people complaining that they felt duped because Nightwing wasn't a pirate. Well, you got it here. You get the pirate here in a goofy way that, again, I'm not going to get too mad that he shows up and looks like Fabio on the cover of a deal because there's other things you can kind of roll your eyes at though stay for nightwing's booty and and that's the weird play at the end if you're going to be positive about this issue it's the same as most of what we get in this run there's some neat little fun things but does that add up to a worthwhile total issue that progresses the plot overall this ends up putting us in a Side story that feels weird Well it's a, it feels weird because you're not doing Heartless stuff and you want to do stuff because you have The idea the whole catalyst is this that Rick Grayson was sent a box with Dick Grayson's name on it Nightwing that he gave To be to put into the like you know super secret Hold for yeah, and pirate, he got it you know, when he banks. was Rick Exactly so he didn't want to open it because he's, he's not Nightwing he is Rick Grayson so doesn't want any parts of, She said she'd take care of because Unbeknownst to Rick Grayson she knows Super secret pirate bank so she puts it there. It gets stolen. The quartermaster gets killed. And now Nightwing has to go and face uh, B, who is now the Captain Blood of the hold. And now instead of like getting to the bottom of that, we have to like have a sidetrack adventure to make sure that we have some squabbling in the old hold and the, the, the freaking Captain Bloodness of it. Because B is adopted, but her like she has an adopted brother who is actually the blood uh, relation of the old Captain Blood. And he's going to try Dirk. Oh, Dirk over there. A piece of crap, Dirk. He has every right to be the captain. There's going to be some squabbling. So B needs Nightwing to help her take care of him by sending him to a country with no extradition or actually with extradition or just somewhere that he is wanted so he can be locked up because apparently 
These pirates don't want to deal with people who are criminals. So it's weird. Here, here's the play here, and I, and I agree. First off, though, what's your favorite captain overall? You, you big fan of Captain Kirk? I, captain Captain Crunch, Ron. Like I like uh, Captain Ron's pretty good. I like Captain Crunch, <laughs> and I, I would hope that they'd fight the Soggies in this. But I just always want to look like Captain Ron. You, you, well, you kind of do when you had that eye yeah. patch and shit like that. So see, there you go. You were dressed like a pirate before. So you have Yar. this play where B ends up in this roundabout deal where, okay, the quartermaster got killed because Zook, Tony Zuko went broke into the hold. They wanted to do the the hold, you know, law, but Dick said no. And the weird play was this was the issue. This was issue 99, if you want to go back to it, where Tony Zuko ends up where the hold and all this blood stuff, they were going to take Tony Zuko. He was going to be on the high seas law at that point. Is it that long ago? Yeah, and Dick Grayson said, no, 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 I'm not going to allow that. We're going to get him to the authorities. Only to an issue 100 go against all that, saying that the prisons are corrupt. It ends up where there's a big prison break where Nightwing seemingly lets all the prisoners just run rampant, which included Tony Zuko that was broken out by the Heartless. It was. He never ended up. They never showed. And not only that, but the idea that the prison got torn down immediately and they put up Titan's Tower there. Where'd those prisoners go? But Tony Zuko got broken out by Heartless. Mm -hmm. And then they went and killed the, you know, they killed the quartermaster. So she says, you can't get your mystery box, which is funny that she legitimately just says in this, it's a mystery box story involving a mystery box. You can't get that until you pay us back. So what you're going to do, because you didn't allow, you know, us pirates to do the pirate law, you have to help me take my brother down. By then taking him to authorities. And I'm thinking, well, he's doing better. Did they just like turn away? Why aren't they doing pirate law to him? Because we can't have Dirk come back. It's such a weird play that he, it's like you. we want to do pirate law, but you didn't. So we owe you to but that. Pirate, their law pirate law is not going to work for them right now because we I need guess, to make sure yeah. that Dirk doesn't come back because, you know, B already has spies on, on the ship who are trying to take yeah, out her crew. Yeah, we find that out. loyal to her. So we need to take Dirk out before it becomes a bigger problem because once he's arrested and put away for all the terrible things he's done that Barbara's discovered being Oracle, nobody's ever going to work with him again because, you know, pirates, it's honest pirates. people, apparently. I mean, that... <laughs> It's the weird play. It's like you're getting these pirates and you kind of get that they're bad, but they're also good. They have heart of gold. I mean, all well, even of- the idea, like, I don't want to deal with any pieces of crap. Like if Dirk shows up somewhere, well, because, you know, he has the blood relation and like blood's thicker than laws. Yeah, apparently, again, if you want to go down the idea of heredity, you know, that is the next in line. But we but he's we on. are pirates of heart of gold. OK, Nightwing's on our ship. B told us to put him in the brig for an hour. We're going to beat the ever loving shit out of him until yeah. the captain shows up. Like, Does that make any sense? I, I mean, she <laughs> ends up she's upset. But I'm sorry, Mr. Nightwing. We're all just dealing with grief because our old quartermaster got killed. He's always very sad about it, Mr. Nightwing. Things just—it's—it's it's a real roller coaster ride of emotions. This one, because like you said, they're like, okay, B has this connection. Hey, take him down the hold. I don't know if they think, wink, wink. They go down, and he's like, all right, well, I'm okay. And he's talking to Barber. You're playing that deal where he's through the mask, and he's like, I'm okay. I'll be safe. No, you won't, Mr. Nightwing. I'm going to beat the shit out of you. They ain't even a safe word. Yeah, really. His safe word is Pirate more. life for me. Yo, ho, ho. <laughs> Pirate life indeed. They start attacking. So he, I mean, this is him Get like pants. also trying to, uh, oh, what, zip him down? You end up where yeah. he, he's ingratiating himself to the pirate life as well. He he beats the shit out of everyone else. I mean, it's like joining a gang. It's just like we have to fight until we come Best friends? No. I mean, he is shocking people. So I got my old best friend. 
Until, yeah, when B comes down, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I love the idea that it's this one last guy. The other guys are laying in fetal positions. They've already shit themselves. And whoa, whoa, whoa there, buddy. You stop. You can't fight the Nightwings. Like, they don't even show the other guys. He's a superhero. Eliminated. He's a superhero, he is. And I want to see what's going on. And then the end up, he says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry what happened. I know you're grieving. He gets the idea. This is something that on Twitter, it's funny because in my mind, him then saying, oh, you're related to the quartermaster. Like, I kind of got that before, and I'm a dummy. Tom Taylor is on Twitter saying that this shows his detective skills to the nth degree. Like, he is a great detective because he figured out that B was related to the quartermaster. I'm glad they said it, honestly, because I'm sitting here like, why is B a pirate? <laughs> yeah, a blood's haven? Like, that seems so silly, but we'll get to it that. Like, he ends up like, oh, my God, and I love this play where you end up where they're talking. They know and, and B is aware. It was Rick Grayson to Dick Grayson to Nightwing. She's aware of this. They're talking. He's in his outfit. Cabby. And she she ends up saying, well, you know, hey, and doesn't even really say too much. She's like, Rick didn't ask many questions. I mean, he was a guy just right in the sack, that guy. While well, Dick Grayson's already has the answers. And I, I send you the deal. He gets like all dramatic. Like he spins around. Whoa. Like, Whoa, that name. Don't say it. Hey. Nobody can hear us, drama queen. Oh, my God, don't say it. And she's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, I know secret identity, you're fine, whatever. But such a weird play. You can't go and do this pirate adventure with me dressed like Nightwing. You got to be pirate-esque. So I go and change. And then he ch- and, and a lot of people played. It's a joke. He goes down because she she explains then. The whole idea with dirt. Why are you brother. dressed like that? What the hell are you doing? There was jeans and a t-shirt in the locker. I went for the freaking, like, the uh, foot locker. I got the pirate clothes. And the idea that Dick just grabbed the one thing and grabbed, but it's fine. I mean, somebody did point out, and they're 100% correct. This is a guy who was disco wing at one point. I mean, seriously, he's worse, worse, right? So, and I thought he looked pretty cool. He might want to get it. I mean, again, if I looked that good, I would probably not wear a button-up shirt. I wouldn't even know what a shirt is. I like the satchel. I love that he has the uh, sticks there as if it was like a, you know, a looking glass. Like a looking glass is always looking glass. But then he comes up, and I do like the idea, too. He comes up, and he's like, hey, look, I'm a pirate. And she ends up like, whoa, you didn't have, but she's dressed just like that as well. So go with it. She's the captain, Jim. She is the captain. That Maybe that's I'm her the problem. captain now. She thinks people are going to go with that. Oh, my God. Captain Captain Phillips isn't your favorite captain, though. You do. How about no. Sully? Is he a captain? You end up know. where the guy who fought Nightwing, the last guy standing, he's overboard. Man overboard. Oh, my God. We have problems. You think he's going to lose his memory and Kurt Russell's going to make him his wife? It might be. That overboard. would be hilarious, right? <laughs> yeah. So he's there. And and Dick jumps up on the rail and he's going to save this guy, but he can't. The strangest part of this book. What are I we doing with this? I don't think it's true, but I'm like, oh, shit. Bruce got him with the deal. Like the idea that he ended up getting that whole play with Jason Todd. Um, the adrenaline. It's not that, but it, it, it feels weird. Like, what is going on? What would make him freeze? Nightwing has the yips. He goes in to save this guy, but he can't move. He jumps up on the rail. Guy's got great balance because he's just standing on the rail during a freaking rainstorm, but he just can't jump into the water. He can't do anything to help the sick. He's afraid. He can't do anything. And we're just going to have to move on with this for pretty much a handicapped Nightwing going forward on a pirate adventure. And nobody knows what's going on in the book so far, so we're going to have to wait and see. I'm like, that is the weirdest addition to this because personally, like, I'm, I was here for this, like, the Higher stuff aside, because I'm not here for that. But I was here 
for the idea of you doing stuff with B, making the previous run make sense with B better than how she was able to do all the stuff that she did in that, so it all works continuity-wise. I'm especially here for, though, Nightwing going on a, like, you know, an adventure. I don't even want to say pirate adventure anymore, but going on a mission with B. Bennett with all this drama going on between, like, you know, how he left her, the uh, the sexual tension, the emotional tension they have, and even back at home when Barbara's wondering, like, oh my god, what's my boyfriend doing? Yeah, like, what's on gonna a happen? Like a sea cruise with his ex, who now, you know, in order for him to go on this, he can't wear his mask that allows Barbara to see, because where they go, others can't see. So he has to take that off, get rid of it, and just put on a regular mask because he can't have anybody watching. So Barbara's incommunicado at this point, and I'm just really here for the drama to see how Nightwing will do this, and even to see where the drama will take us after this adventure's over. Is Barbara going to be very concerned about what Dick was up to? She seems fine by the end. I mean, yeah, she's even do. making jokes. Until so. you come back. Yeah, but I'm telling you, this is the thing, though. In this book, for the most part, you know, Tom Taylor will not allow Dick Grayson to do anything bad, so I don't think it'll be a problem. Because and the he'll thing be afraid is, that people- even if he doesn't do anything bad, doesn't mean that people can't think he he did something bad or worry themselves with their own emotions. I think that he'd be worried that people would then say Barbara's. It's not the way he plays things. Barbara's in love, Jim. I emotions trusted are weird. you 100% and you trusted me 100%. That's We're boring. great. Let's go. And it might even lead to, you know, Dick being upset and saying, oh, man, I better you know, I put a ring on this me. thing. Right. And so. The thing about this, right as the mask comes out from the ocean and he puts it on again, because they throw it in the ocean. But the thing where he's on this railing, very odd. And the only thing I could think of where, like, is this a weird play? Because who knows what's going on? But is there like a force field that is not allowing him to jump over? The only thing I can think of is he's having, with or being around B, he's having this weird mental block that like of what happened when it was Rick Grayson, where Rick Grayson wouldn't do these things. And it's almost like coming through for how he's reacting because he is around me but i don't know just out of nowhere yeah be weird play and even where barbara's there because he still has his mask on she's like well what's going on are you okay he's like i'm okay i just can't move now and in that he's like if somebody else doesn't jump in that guy's gonna die they don't really like the ending where he's like he's not pulling the rope he's giving orders and they're kind of being a little you know hey thanks a lot hero but nobody really throws that much out they just say he didn't jump over it's very odd like he already fought with them and stuff like that. They already are mad at him, all that with that. But B jumps in. And then at one point it's even like B seems to be like, Oh my god, she's not coming up. He still can't react. He still can't do it. But then it just goes from there to end with, okay, I'm gonna throw my mask. B grabs it, throws it all overboard. I don't know if you have to do that much, but and right destroying that. Barbara's just sitting there this whole time watching the boat go away through the mask with a tear. Uh, but again, like I said, at the end of it, she's like, hey, you know, I can send someone to help you concerned with me. He's like, no, 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 we're good, whatever. And she this says, OK, like I know we say be careful a lot, but I mean it this time. He says, I will. I promise I love you. And then, boom, we'll see if there's any and sort of drama. Away with it. I told her I was going to be careful. What a dummy. <laughs> and then leans her down in a dip and kisses her. Hey, let's yeah. go, baby. What happens pirate on pirate booty ship has stays on pirate booty ship. But they're going to go to the city at the end of the world. It's going to treasure Trove Island. So before we get to the backup, my whole play with this is it's fine. It's a neat little thing for people who did read the Rick Grace and stuff. Again, not as many people probably that are reading this Nightwing now. But maybe they'll go back and maybe you'll find out. There is a little bit, but I don't think people want to go back. And we didn't love it. It was all, first off, you went through a bunch of different writers and things. So it ended up being a little disjointed anyway. But when we when we get to 
it's the idea that there's so many other things that I want to deal with. It's gonna I'm gonna say the oh, same yeah, thing yeah. in Titans. That this would be fine if we had already gotten done with the heartless thing. And I know this ties into it and I'll keep going, but seriously, he is allowing a serial killer to run rampant through Bloodhaven. And the big thing in this is wait a minute, you're Captain Blood, as in Blood's Haven? You've been yeah. around the that, that doesn't you do did anything. It, Nightwing. That really you did does it. nothing. The greatest at all, detective. Right? Yeah, really. I get. I'd love if he's like. No, it doesn't do anything. It's just silly. No, I'd love he's like. This. What the hell is he getting out? Just say yeah, because it seems cool. Yeah, Blood's Haven. It is. Hey, the pirates. They've done this too. We've had this even in that stupid Sam Humphreys deal with the you know the ocean changed me. You're always dealing with this idea of how yeah, and the judge goes, oh, he's from back in the day, and it. but really, it's just Bloodhaven. You're, I know, and I give him credit for trying to, because people will say Bloodhaven is just Gotham Light, or is it? Half the time, they don't even understand where it is. Like me and you get confused half the time because one time it's like two minutes away, next it's a half hour, now it's across the bay. All that then stuff. That's north, that's south. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate the idea you're trying to make it its own thing, but it already is, and it's like. It's just weird overall. Well, that's the thing is Bloodhaven doesn't really feel like a character in this like Gotham does because all we deal with essentially is Titan's Tower and the new Haven Park that Nightwing built. Everything else is pretty much just out there and you never deal with it. Damn, they're all pieces of crap. Yeah, that's what they are. They're Bloodhaven, right? And that's the thing. I, at least in the previous runs of Nightwing, even though I, we didn't care for the writers or what they did with Nightwing, we saw more of Bloodhaven than CD or Side. Yeah, we it. did. And you, you saw more like – the More idea street level here, stuff. yeah, we did see street level, and that's one of the things that I was talking to people about. Where they're oh, fun, fun, fun. That's always been Nightwing. I said, the Nightwing book is very street level, and this doesn't feel like. I mean, you end up having Titans, Titans Tower. You okay, that's not going to be a street level with the Titans Tower being right there. So it's always going to be like more over and the top stuff than we had with previous. Yeah, with, yeah, the previous Nightwing stuff is kind of out of the way now because we're on a new era. It's a new status quo, almost like what Rick Grayson was, and. It might not be for everybody. This over-the-top attitude because with the new Titans Tower and stuff, this might be what people want for Nightwing and Bloodhaven. I just like to see your side street-level Nightwing I stuff. I do, too. And one of the things, like Maggie Sawyer, is that they really haven't done anything with that. All that stuff of, you know... That's just character building in the background. We'll get there, Melinda baby. Melinda doing the political stuff. That was, like, bit, and then that just disappeared. Mayor Zuko, and, Jim. Remember, the, the last thing, the only real big thing that Mayor Zuko was the idea that Dick Grayson said to her, Hey, and it's been issues now, said, man, this prison system sucks. And she said, I'll work on that and went off to do it. Good for you, Melinda. Yeah, we haven't really seen much of her. And there's some interesting things. You're doing it, Jim. So overall, like, again, before we get in this backup, which it's it's kind of wacky and not much of anything anyway. But you end up where this book, like I said, it's easy to get into. I think that at first it's easy to like, but once you keep going and not get enough calories, like we said, it's like empty calories, you kind of need more. You get to a point, I think most people reading it get to that point of, I really need more. Why isn't he doing this? Why isn't he doing that? But it's still, it's not the worst book out there. It's still kind of fun at times. It might be one of those that you check in and out. Maybe, I don't know. My favorite character, I don't think that he does anything bad. A lot of people were saying that he, oh, making Nightwing a, an idiot or whatnot because he got a pirate outfit. That's just for a joke. Yeah, it's going to go with that. I just need more progression. But <sighs> I'm trying to avoid this back up there because what I'm really trying to do overall. But it is Emo Buddy, part two of three. Emo Buddy. Emo Buddy. Yeah. Tickle me emo is what I would call my goodness. 
I might make that. I think it's just you on the street yelling that. It's just emo doll and you tickle and it's like, it's like, I hate life. Like, it gets really mixed. I get it. Gucci, Gucci, goo. Take me to hot topics. Oh, emo. Tickle me, emo. Can we make that tickle me, emo? Written by Michael W. Conrad. (laughs) Everything you say is pretty much a hot topic. Where where is my sound effect? I need that. We haven't had that in a while. Art by Serge Acuna, colors by Ivan Placencia, letters by Wes Abbott. And you're having the story where somebody is looking to, it seems like they want to get a bit of their hands on the money of yeah. the rich ass Dick Grayson. That's what it seems. But you're having a play in this that feels like uh, Michael W. Conrad wants to play it in a, like a Batman 66 way, but then instead he has people taking pisses last issue in an alley. Like really weird. Change of like tones and things like that, but he's hanging out. Dick is hanging out with Jason, which is the weirdest thing of all because this is the, this is the thing that I want the idea that they're hanging out, they're talking about each other being brothers. We love you, you love us, all these things, but it's done in such a goofy way in a time frame where it doesn't feel like it fits properly. And I just don't know why they're hanging out in the CD bar in Gotham doing this thing. And like, I don't know, it just comes across strange the way they're reacting. Like, I want them to have this relationship, but I want them to sound like Jason Todd and Dick Grayson. And I still well, feel like I they do, do here. And the weird play, again, it's Michael W. Conrad. So, of course, the bar is in the hill, neighbor. Like, get away from yourself for once. Have this in Bloodhaven. Have this something like that. And, and actually, you know, kind of write the characters in an accurate way. This is just goofy. Well, maybe as we go forward, maybe the Batgirls will show up because they're in the neighborhood. Well, they probably. I mean, <laughs> they'll have the maps will be running down the street. Get just, so you end up where they're in this bar and, hey, look at those dudes over there playing pool. Look at them. They're straight out of the Frankie Goes to Hollywood relax video that scared Jim as a kid. So you end yeah. up, they see, these ended up Three the bears. last issue. The last, yeah, the last issue that we talked about on the podcast, you weren't around and I ended up doing it with Simon, who accurately said, these guys look straight out of this homoerotic artist, Tom of Finland. That is his, like, pseudonym or pseudonym. And you end up Michael pseudonym. W. Conrad. Pseudonym. That's my new uh, villain, Eric. Every time you look at him, he has a different name, right? That's like me. That every John time. Handy Jay. Well, every time my wife sees me, like the one time she called me an asshole and a dickhead, it changes. That's my pseudonym. Alias. So you end up where he mentioned this. This really looks like those. And lo and behold, Michael W. Conrad actually was on Twitter saying that that was the case. But what does that do for this? What it goes on here, and again, it feels like so goofy over the top jokey that i can't really take that and nothing happens in this no they end up where you have a guy he's trying to look into the dick Grayson. oh my god he's dating all the ladies because you actually last last backup you did have the back rolls now that i think of it because you had okay. steph and uh steph was i realized kinda, when i read this i didn't read last month's backup yeah, now the last one and you legit the guy who's watching the guy in the car at what he took he he took a piss in an alley and that was really like spelled out it was very odd only that allowed Steph to get into the apartment unseen. So weird. But in this, again, you just have bar, barroom brawl, alleyway brawl. These guys are rooting, tooting, shooting. Blitz. Barroom blitz it is. I mean, it seriously is. And they end up where they go out the back door. But also then this guy, oh, my God, what's going on? And Jason seems to, again, get over the top violent. You don't see it. But at one point, you're going to play John Wick shit of, hey, give me a pencil. And then he'd just be and at, to a point where Dick Grayson almost looks like he's going to upshot because it's so bad. And then he writes a note and shoves it in the guy's mouth. 
And it's just, we know who you are. They need medical assistance. I know who you are. I know what you want. Stop now before you get hurt. Dick Grayson. Yeah, and Dick, like, it seemed like Jason wrote it, but that's fine. And these guys are beat up. They're on top. That's the thing is, I'd sign Dick's name, too, if I just hate a shit as Jason. Yeah, really. Well, I mean, seriously, if you want to go with the whole play of this, he does just sign it D. D. Uh, You love the The D. The big D. The big D is in town, Eric. But it's, again, it's a weird play. Like, it's goofy, but yet it's not. It doesn't do anything for me. No, and like I, I said, this different tonal way it does it even from that first deal it just feels like a, a made-up i guess made-up story but it feels like something on the fly of hey let's just throw this together and get this so we can end up having oh it definitely doesn't feel like something that would be in continuity it just feels like one of those stories that you might see in one of those anthology books yeah it yeah it, it really feels like something that would be like a real lame or maybe like some collection online digital or saying it's not that's the reason why it's just a backup, probably. But you know, it's overall, not bad, but it, like it, it's no, a real it's tonal okay. shift in art from what we have for the main book and stuff like that. And it just feels weird because they don't feel like Jason Todd or Dick Grayson for the way they're acting, the way they're talking. No. But it is good outside of those things just to see Jason and Dick hanging I out like brotherly that. like and having a beer. In that, you kind of get that like sense of, man, it's kind of a uh, not a missed opportunity, but it could have been something more. You could have just had that. And really, if you want to play this idea where you do have Rick Grayson really that stuff being the center of attention in the main book. Maybe we could have seen what happened, like almost like tales of when he became Dick again, where he went around and talked to his brothers. And well, it's so funny to me because I think it. that Jason Todd would have been able to get along with Rick Grayson so much more than Dick, and they actually could have been friends during that time. Wouldn't that have been funny? If the, that would have been great. Also, I think that when we were going through it too, we actually in the Rick Grayson run, we did want more Damien, him showing up and like, Man, we were Batman and Robin. How could you forget me? But also might enjoy like a little Rick Grayson, maybe a, a clean slate. Like, I don't I don't think that Damien would enjoy Rick Grayson because he wanted his Batman back, his brother back, and Rick was that. But I think I can see Jason actually hanging out and being friends with Rick Grayson more than Dick. I think that Jason would like it because it is kind of a clean slate. He he wouldn't have that idea oh, that of, baggage. oh, he's looking at me. Yeah, the baggage. That would have been cool. This would have been real. Now you say that it would have been so funny if they're out drinking. And all it is is Jason lamenting that Rick Grayson is gone. Like the idea again, here's where and I I remember the part where remember when Barbara is going to be all. But she did say, hey, when you get back to me, wear that costume with a mustache. So that kind of makes it. But in this, I'd love where can you just meet me and could could you dress like the cabbie? I really like that guy. I want to hang out with Rick Grayson. It'd be kind of funny. Uh, but at the end, it's not. Everybody in Dick's life just wants him to be someone else. Yeah, it is true. But they all love the big D, like you. Uh, all in all, though, I'm not going to use that backup as any sort of way to judge this book okay. overall. Uh, what would you give this, though? I'll go with you and I judge this book on the backup. But uh, the overall thing with the goofiness of the Pirate Adventures, I'm going to give it a 6.3 out of 10. And that's mostly because I'm here for the possible drama that you get between B and Nightwing and trying to elevate B's character from previous runs. And the art is just so damn good overall. Yeah, I'm a 6. And I'm a 6 in the way. It's funny because most of my play here was, who's this for? Why are you doing well, it's kind of for me and you. I mean, we did go through all that. It's just I thought I was kind of done. It's nice to see B. That was one of the best parts. I wish he had Hutch. He just somehow he's Hutch a was pirate. So good. Zach's still in the hospital. Zach's in the hospital, but he's still a pirate. <laughs> like you have all. But uh, overall in this, uh, it's OK. It does explain some things I don't think needed explanation, but you get them. But it I appreciate for it. you. Continuity kid. You appreciate a lot of things besides me. 
But you end up where, again, so many more things besides you. I want to get back to a little bit of, well, back to, I want a little street level stuff. I want to get Heartless taken care of and then move I'm forward. You, the Titans are all coming together to take him down. When I think of this, one of the things that I thought of is as you have Pirate Adventure, the Titans get together and say, listen, he's out of the, let's take care of this asshole. Like, I know we've been waiting for Dick to be involved, but screw that. The guy's killing people. Let's go. He's got a heart gun. Zipping in the seven. Yeah, the heart gun seems like something that would be sold like with a sham wow. It'd be like a late night infomercial. Don't shoot me with your heart gun. (laughs) That would be good. Don't heartless gun me, bro. That's what I'd yell out there. But yeah, we're gonna move on and we're gonna continue the uh the Tom Taylor fun and goodness with what air. Titans number four, written by Tom Taylor with art by Nicholas Scott, Annette Kwok, and Wes Abbott. And in this series, we continue the idea that not only is Wally West going to die in 24 hours before he ha- we have to, have to solve his murder and make sure that he doesn't die, but we also have the idea of Kid Eternity and why Garth uh, Tempest is going to work with Kid Eternity, the former brother, like, you know, I say, keep saying Kid Eternity, Brother Eternity, uh, the former brother Blood. And what's I said going Kid on with Eternity that a lot, too. It Did you? Like First, it yeah. I, I, just, I was actually just reading something with Kid Eternity in it, and that's, I think that's why I'm stuck mm-hmm. on it, because you don't see that name pop up very often. So Mm-mm. when you have this, it's just, here's a lot of things that the Titans are going to deal with, and they should deal with, but here's an issue where Beast Boy wants to plant some trees in Borneo. And I'm like, look, I yeah. understand if, Garth, if you want to do this shit on your free time, but we got Titan stuff to do. We are the, the Justice League, essentially, now, and we have things to deal with instead of planting trees in Borneo. While you do this, putting Wally West away, locked him away, and hoping that he doesn't get murdered in the next 24 hours. Not watching him, just hoping he doesn't get murdered. I'm like, no, he's your best friend. Don't do this. My whole hot, t- what, what, I was going to say hot topic again. My whole hot, hot take. take of this. My hot take of, I wish I had the hot take thing. My whole hot, you can't have, and I said this to you at, at a point, I, I actually think it's more clever in my mind than seems anybody ever reacts to it. But you have uh, an issue here, your issue four. At points, you can't have, Loose ends more than issue numbers. Like, how can you go through three issues leading into this and have like six loose ends and three issues? It's so weird. And so, again, the idea in the Nightwing thing that's driving us nuts is they're not dealing with Heartless, even Melinda. In this book, there's so many things going on. Plus, you have elevated the team to be the Justice League pretty much. And yet, in this book, when you do have something set up here, the idea that there's ecological problems that seem to be related to Tamaranian technology, that would be fine if Beast Boy says, I think all this is related. We got to fix. No, no, no. He just decides that out of all these things that are going on, the shit has hit the fan. All I, we have to go and, and says, at one had point, that fire. let's go and replant yeah, some and trees. says at one point, I don't, but it, basically it is a redo of what John Kent said to Superman. He ended up saying, dad, you end up being this big Superman, but you're not dealing with the real you problems, the enough. real things. So, and again, you could say at that point that uh, a Superboy John can, yeah, go at it. But he was then Superman, and that seems too little for the big role he's in. These Titans, especially during so a much crisis, going on, yeah, and not like a crisis, crisis, but like you know, some shit is going wrong to the point where, like I said. Wally West is going to be murdered in the next 24 hours. You have mysterious Tamaranian blasts wreaking destruction, and now we have a meteor that looks like something a- like and alien has to ride on it. And Kid <laughs> Eternity, I said Brother, Brother Eternity. Eternity. And, now and you Garth. Can, you, you can tell me that, they, because they were duped, that they don't think the whole, but 
throw in the whole idea of, well, Garth seems on the up and up, but that's not true because they end up having alien cocoon egg where they're trying to figure that out, too. There's so many things to go on where now, then please, please help me out here because I am telling you, when I was off the podcast, I was not able to retain as much and I've not gone back to reread everything that I read during that missing you time. You know how but much that makes me happy that I get to so tell crazy. you some things I know. that it drives I, you nuts. I I'm telling you, the idea, like, I, I can retain so much, but I think it's only because we do the podcast. But did we ever focus on the idea how Raven doesn't have her full self? Did we ever finish that? No, we, we never really got back to that. Remember when we okay. said that from the, uh, it was like that one shot deal of the Tales of the Titans where we said that at points. I think that's what it was from. Now, even I'm thinking that it might be. It was like, it's oh, when well, they were in hell well, that's in Nightwing. Beast Boy. Like, oh, yeah, it was in hell with Nightwing. I'm telling you, there's so many different things connecting into this to really go nowhere. But yeah, we thought at that point, well, we'll get that. So you can even throw that in as a loose end because you start out and there's nice moments here. It's nice enough to have Raven kind of getting the softer side of Sears. Oh, here. yeah. We're totally. Give him with- some rah rah speech to Beast Boy to try to cheer him up, like her being the opposing force that he usually is to her. And exactly, and I like that. I also like, and we, you ended up saying at one point, the where is the sexualized Beast Boy? Because I'd rather have that, you were telling me, than you sad sex, son of a bitch. I'm saying right now that Raven and Beast Boy, they do go stop more bad boys. Some bad boys in the blood. But Raven has a lot of bad boys, so they're there. But again, you're stopping some guys who really, it turns up, it's like the Sharks versus the Jets. We don't like, like hey, you Haven kids over here. We're going to fuck you up. It is like the Outsiders. Is Hey, the Socias are fighting the Greeks. <laughs> they go, hey, where's Soda Pop? They end up going down and stopping that. Be and yet, think of all the things that are going on. And this is where it's such a weird play. Tom Taylor has a book where he even was involved with elevating the Titans to be the next Justice League. To then stop, you know, street singing and dancing fights, which it's not, but it seems like it's a West not. Side Story deal. But it's such a small thing compared. I get street it. Street crime. That's what Beast Boy. So they end up having all these things. They're looking at what could be the end of the world in a universe that just had a dark crisis, right? Right before that had a death right. metal. Also ended up having a night terrors. We had a night terrors, everybody. Where they are right you think now. They call that in- that? Probably. Remember when it drives me nuts. Oh, oh my god, what happened. another flashpoint? So you end up having this the stuff metal going wars. on. Across the bay, Gotham's on fire. There's a Gotham war. It's just bullshit. And you're there with a alien thing. You end up having Wally West is gonna die in the next twenty four hours, and there's Beast Boy who just says, You know what? Go plant some trees. We need to do more. I wanted somebody to say, and I'll go sideboard. You know, he's a thinking guy. He's like, beep, boop, boop. We haven't done shit. What do you need more? And he's like, we need to get out there to show people that I, I get it, but that's more of a Titans. You're now the big to do. It's just all it is is to set up into Beast World. It's so up. He goes up to plant trees while he says, I want to come because I can plant this shit in two seconds. That would have taken care of everything. No, no, no. That makes sense because you don't die in Borneo. Plus, we end up together you so we can watch you. Well, I, I'm guessing that he doesn't. A lot of hopes and dreams that seems dying Borneo, but still, he goes up and and yet it's also half of the Titans go like this is the whole team. Hopefully, shit doesn't go wrong because they're there 
now fighting the demolition teams. And not only the demolition team, because when they go to Borneo to go plant trees, they see a bunch of people from the area being taken like a hold of by mercenaries working for different governments. We don't know who's involved with all this because you have all these different governments who claim Borneo for their own that Amanda Waller and Peacemaker believe the Titans are going to cause a freaking like a a political issue just being there and like with all these opposing forces. But you have the demolition team who are all jacked up with new technology and trying to like, you know, be the the leaders of this mercenary group. They're like, clear out this area for whoever they're working for. I'm telling you, it's just, we just have a fight. The thing is, I want to explain this, but I'm like, yeah, we got the demolition team and some mercs, but I don't know what we're doing here. Neither does Amanda Waller. I was trying to explain it to you. And I said, you know, the demolition team has suddenly become Cobra. You thought E-Universe DC Cobra. I meant Cobra. Why wouldn't I? No, I, I know. Because you say Cobra, I'm like, shit, is King Snake there? <laughs> He's there doing his deal. He's doing, like, the snake move. You end up where, I don't even know what that is. You end up where, at one point, Cyborg, I said he was the smart guy, but at one point he goes, they're bullshit. They're not, they, they are attacking you with a giant kill bot. Did, did Donna Troy immediately get shot out of the sky after he I said guess. that? I mean, it's crazy. As they Was come it in. Don I'm trying to go through at this point? Well, somebody drops immediately as soon as Cyborg comes back. What's wrong? It's a demolition. They ain't shit. It is Starfire. Don, it's, it's one of them. It's Starfire and Donna. Donna actually shoots down <laughs> and lands and it, with such force that her leg goes through the dock. Like, she's hurt everybody going. How can you say it's the yeah, demolition upgraded. team? They're nothing. They're, they're, they're not heavy hitters. Because they've they dealt now. with it. This is this is new now. They haven't dealt with it yet. They have, they have a reputation now they have to hang out with. And I, I do want to mention whether it's good, better, and different. It's not a big thing. But have you noticed, even in the Nightwing book as well, that what we used to get was, oh, my God, they're bad, and everybody had a connection with Nazis or something. Now everybody's just child traffickers. Like, if you want to make a bad guy that's just like, they, they're trafficking people. Boom. They say that in here as well. I'm like, I don't know if they have to get that far with Look, this. Look, the thing is, I understand what the hell's going on because people traffic me all the time. I'm on, I'm outdoors, you know, I'm walking, so I appreciate <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's true. Yeah, you get trafficked. Yeah, so when that's going on, like, I got trafficked from work back to my house yesterday. It was great. I thought, I thought it was enough that you have what appears to be a 15 story steamroller with teeth going and just wrecking the forest. But you have to go even further Cobra. than that, Amanda. But so <laughs> what ends up where I think that Tom Terrell retroactively in this is saying like, well, they did go to plant trees, but luckily they did because there's the demolition team. Suddenly they're trafficking people. They're going to kill people. They're going to do this and you end up I just where they're going to take these care guys of that. Yeah, it's obviously the demolition team. Nothing about this screams I demolition know. team to me from what we see except for Cyborg letting us know. Oh, it's the demolition no, team. No, there's only one thing. They have DT. On their shoulder pads. It was funny too because when I was looking at that, for some reason I didn't even see DT and put that together, even though I knew I I saw zero T. I I, I looked at I'm like, oh god, the dick toes are in town. Oh my goodness, watch out! Uh, But so while that's going on, I look. They're looking at. They even say the dick toes. I couldn't come up with another bad name. Dick toes. Hey, we're dick toes, and now we're gonna play our first hit. You end up where. They're, they're looking at this cocoon nonsense that they got from the sus, you know, brother eternity, church of eternity deal. They actually say this looks really bad, but then they push that aside so that they can then deal with Wally. But the Wally thing ends up being, oh, by the way, we're not going to do that sort of trophy room that most people do. We're going to end up putting it on Mars. And since, you know, Wally's in trouble. Why don't we put him somewhere that we couldn't possibly get to really quickly? 
because in the meantime, Garth comes in. Hey, the only way to get around. here is the boom tube to Mars. Garth comes in. Hey, everybody, it's me, you know, Aqualad. You, you thought I was sus, but hey, I'm not. Even though we saw at the end of last issue that he's got that crazy, I don't know, alien freaking seaweed shit that went in him. But that he's really got a freak, mouth monster. It freaked me out more. Oh, is he having rage dreams? Yeah. Yeah, I'm telling up, you, when you see what Garth is going to put a freaking mouth monster inside of like Linda West in order to do like a vision of the body statue situation. Yes, it's a goddamn mouth monster. Yeah, it, it does seem like a mouth monster. Also, I wanted to say that in this, when you see Linda at points when she first showed up for just the craziest deal. I thought it ended up being that girl that became the Titans Tower in the in the, in the I night terrors. Her night terrors. Yeah. I, I, I remember and because she looked just like Donna, and now that Linda, it's, everything's weird. But I I don't like the like dripping. You're not supposed to like it. Shit coming out. But you end up where that's the play. Now I don't get what's happening here because when you do transfer mouth monster, it seems like it still stays. Like yeah. Clark doesn't kick out of it. Oh my god, what nope. happened? He's still doing it. Gooba gobble, one of us. Weird. It's 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 overall it's odd. I'm sure it's connected to the cocoon deal and all that, where they are going to put also. You have this meteorite, like this, you know, cocoon situation. Garth is under control of this thing that's allowing him to work with uh, Brother Eternity, whose mission is to send people into outer space and recolonize planets. On top of Wally West being murdered in 24 hours before going back in time, asking the Titans to solve his murder for him. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go to Borneo to deal with the demolition tree <laughs> team while we're trying to plant some trees. That's the thing. It's, we're going to go plant trees. Oh, shit. The demolition team's here doing but bad even things. But even the idea, tell me. So crazy. I really do feel while reading this that I'm somebody online who's trying to find, like, outrage out of nothing for no reason at all. Because when I see this whole thing, it's like, all right, look. We got the new Titans Tower. It's in Bloodhaven here. But we don't have one of them trophy rooms like you have in the Hall of Justice or the Watchtower. Because that shit always goes bad for villains always attacking your headquarters. What we have is a trophy room on mars and for some reason i like my my inner like heart you want to get upset about mars i want to get upset about mars because i feel like you need to have a martian on the team for you to go and do shit on mars for some reason it feels like this martian should be here and say yeah i set this up on mars for you or something along those lines just them having an outside thing on mars bothered me and i'm like what is wrong with you somehow you're gonna get mad at people because it's cultural appropriation because they put a base on mars Ah, we I'll have Martians oh, in the DC universe. Gracious. Prominent Martians. Miss Martians gonna be pissed. Uh, what I laugh about, remember, and I said this, if you can remember this way is back. An ancient Martian burial ground. They didn't realize they just put their goddamn their trophy room on top of it. They moved the fire. They didn't move the bodies, Eric. I mean, holy crap. <laughs> so you end up having all this. Move the I fire. said it in the first edition. I was trying to think of Martian shit. They moved the red <laughs> sand. They moved that. Martian shit, fire. Val Kilmer shows up. They're on Mars. All that stuff from back in the day. You end up where, remember in the first issue or whenever it was, me and you were talking. So you might not remember that far back, Eric. But when you ended up having Brother Turning, he was going on and on like, oh, man, we're going to hit this. Like, it felt like they were saying that nobody has ever gone to space. I said to you, it's a weird thing to kind of pull in a universe that has all these characters and whatnot. So it looked like, oh, man, you're going to do that. That's a crazy plan. You're going to end up colonizing something. When in the meantime, the Titans already have this crazy-ass base on Mars. Why not just help them out? Just get their ass there. Anybody wants to go, get your ass to Mars. But I don't want any of these freaking brother blood to, like, you know, Church of Blood people on Mars with me. Well, that's true. Well, in this whole deal with the trophy. That's where my trophy room is. You have this trophy room, and I get it. Like, we always laugh because when we had the Watchtower, 
the best thing the watchtower did was just crash again. Like, oh my god, it's gonna crash! It crashed. It's gonna crash. So you like the moon base? That's fine. Love the moon base. Having these dangerous things set on Mars, where you do again in a universe that you have a lot of aliens and things like that. That if they go in, yeah, you can boom to it, stuff like that. But I don't know that you necessarily want these things. And this doesn't feel like a full-on headquarters they have either. It just feels like something that NASA might put together to actually put the first people on Mars that's what it looks for like. their trophy room. And there doesn't seem to be a ton of security, and it has to be shaped like a T that's on its back. And so when I think of, okay, you get the idea, and what they want to do is they want to have this play here of Wally on this safe deal, room. a little alien deal where nobody can get to, but it's a closed room, you know, all that. Yeah. But in the a meantime, door mystery. W- when you end up having them talk about it in the suburbs. Oh, we're not that dumb. We do this. I kept thinking that they went to somebody to make like a, you know, out of a pocket dimension shit, like something that a like a Fantastic Four, like Reed Richards would do, but something like that. Like this doesn't really solve the problem. It just pushes it to Mars in my mind. Oh, that's very the thing, is, Jim. What the th- are they trying to avoid Wally West's death, or is it already fated to happen? You can't avoid it, Jim, because when they decide they're going to boom tube to the trophy room, you know, Cyborg and Nightwing they got Titan shit to do, so it's just going to be Wally left behind with his wife Linda Park on a locked door on Mars. She's already got that mouth monster. You can't trust your wife. And also, she actually does. Is it Linda who kills Wally? Might be. Also looks a little like Garth. They look like brother and sister in this. And that's and one of the things that they are. For the idea, like, this takes place before the Flash. Like, when it looks like they're going to be separated. Is it separated because Linda had a mouth monster and tried to kill her husband? Maybe. Like, the idea in the size the spurrier Flash, she's like, man, I had powers and they got taken. She means mouth monster. She's mouth talking about powers. being this alien mouth monster powers, and maybe at one point Wally, like he he like lays hands on her to try to stop her, and she don't like that. She don't like that. He's can't because she's a mouth monster nonsense. That thing when it comes out of it's so it's the worst. So horrific. But again, you got to watch Jason goes to hell for when he has a mouth monster that he puts in people. Rage monster. Gross. That'd be, out of nowhere, Huntress is walking by and's like been there, done that, and just walks away. But all this going on. The, the big play, too, is even that idea with Amanda Waller, which is setting up the next big thing, the the whole deal with the Beast, Beast world, world and the overall, you know, over Beast story world. of all this stuff with her. Peacemaker's just there. They say, get Dr. Hate. And that guy, what the? Sadly, they don't say Dr. Hate yet. They just say, get the doctor. I'm like, okay, you could say Dr. Hate now. Come on. Yeah, really? Really? So he went to hate college, but you end up, so did yeah. I, West Virginia. But you end up where all that going down. And you even have a little play there that we, we dealt with in the new 52 with the Justice League. The idea, can you just go into a country? Can you just end up doing things against and Borneo is being controlled? And so when they go do but you know that that's not really going to be a thing. Yeah, she says, Amanda Waller says, we'll use that to our advantage. People will get upset. That's Maybe just a prop to go. I, I think that it will be something like, get out of Borneo, you stinking titans. Oh, woe is me. And they leave. But. Uh, like a lot of these things could have been dealt with, but Tom Taylor, he just kind of breezes through. He concentrates on really odd things. It makes the book feel like it's there to make you like, oh man, the Titans, they're really nice and they're good and they're doing, you know, the good. But it doesn't feel as big as I think it should. It always no, ends up getting It has less. a lot of big things, but you're never dealing with it. Yeah. And, and when you don't deal with it, and we remember that they're not dealing with I thought it was it. enough in the first issue with the idea we have to solve Wally West's murder before he's killed. I'm like, that's a big enough story by itself. And then he just kept adding stuff to it. And I'm like, but we're not going to deal with that right now. I'm like, what are we going to deal with? And it's a weird play because a lot of times we'll say, like, a, a series will start. Oh, my God, you had that one. But you didn't get enough time. You, 
like he throws all the ideas at you and then takes years to actually go and it, it doesn't work because again when you end and up I feel having like joshua williamson saw this winning for me and was like that's how i'm gonna do my superman i think i think a lot of people are doing that it, it's very odd so when you have it yeah in the comic you can say oh they're doing that they'll get to that other thing but that other thing is so much bigger that it makes the team feel like like what are you doing why aren't you dealing with the trees thing? so yeah yeah planting trees yeah great and who's behind upgrading the demolition team yeah, like that's another thing. Like maybe that's tied into the Tamaranian technology of the ecological disasters, the brother, brother, yeah. eternity into world. the to whole deal world. of Wally dying. It's all one person. And it's funny too. It actually does remind me of Cobra because in that, like I was talking on the on the spotlight the other day, or it's actually yesterday when we uh, I was reading the JSA recently, and in that, like the Princes of Darkness thing, when you had Mordru come back in the body of Dr. Fate and you had Eclipso come back and you had Obsidian being like this evil like Shadowlands monster. You had all these come together and then Cobras are like, oh shit, the world's ending, son. Everybody attack the cities that you're in. And so you had Cobra just running around attacking the world is ending. And I feel like Cobra should be here during this whole thing where the world seems to be going to shit. Say, oh shit, it's happening again, son. Let's kill here it. Here we go. Let's go. But again, you have these things and, and they're, they're big, but they're not looked at as seemingly really, big Cobra. enough. And would be fun cobra would you yell that what would you give this ultimately it's uh, i think that i love the art in this i love the titans together like this and i think the team's really cool i just need more out of this book and focusing on beast boy being sad because the titans aren't doing enough like planting trees in borneo it just makes the book feel lackluster for what should be our justice league of america book right now it's not so i'm going to give it a 6.5 out of 10 it's the same as last i'm giving it a six at one point also it is funny like all of a sudden, Swamp I'm still thing. invested in the Wally, Wally West murder stuff, and having Garth have a mouth monster that does like the catalyst for everything. Like, I'm interested there because that's one thing we're getting. Because we're going to end up, you have to end up having Beast World. Are we just putting Wally on Mars for right now to just put him away for a bit so we can have Beast World to get back to him? Because if he's involved, they have to keep telling him. Well, how long is Beast World going to be? Because you said Beast Boys. I mean, they said that Wally's going to die in 24 hours. At one point. At this point in comics, Tom Taylor seems to say that it's only been a couple weeks since Heartless has hit Bloodhaven. So please, he doesn't go. He retroactively changes the amount of time on the timeline anyway. So I think they put him away so that you're not going to deal with that. Then once that's over in a couple months or whatever, we'll get back. But I just there's too many things already. I, I just feel we have to deal with that before Beast World happens or dealing with it in Beast World itself. It's, it might just be me. I think Beast World starts next. I, I, it's exactly. coming up real soon, so I don't think we're going to do that. I, I don't know how this works out. It's but all yeah, I'm saying is that we had weird. a cliffhanger there with Linda giving him the death stare because she has a mouth monster inside of her. So like we have to deal with that. Yeah, I'd have to look. I'd have to look at this list to make sure, but I, I really thought we were getting to Beast World now, and I don't know that that ties in. Like I said, I think that's Let's put him away for a bit so we don't have to deal. We'll get back to it. It's very odd. But yeah, Mouth Monster, Wally, what is he going to do? But yeah, it's, it's just a weird book. But I, I'm, I'm with you. I, you end up liking the team. You just want a little more from it. That's kind of, you know, Tom Taylor in a nutshell. But we'll go to the last book. What are we doing, Eric? Green Lantern, War Journal number two, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson with art by Montos, Alex Gamerez, and Dave Sharp. I'll tell you right off the bat, I don't think that I've given this book a fair shake. We're only at the second issue, which actually shocked me for felt like, felt like we had so much story. Yeah, because but, we had the backup. Exactly. We had the backups in Green Lantern, and I didn't give it a fair shake because I felt like so out of place for what we were doing in that. We're like, why are we dealing with John Stewart's dream world stuff from Dark Crisis? This is weird. And then I just stopped reading. And uh, I must have read the, the first issue when uh, when I was off the show. But coming back now, it's like, 
Well, I'm going to go back and I'm going to reread everything because I want to be able to talk about Green Lantern proper because Green Lantern is one of my favorite superheroes in DC Comics. And I want to see what's going on with Jon Stewart with his new gods, like God Storm powers that he's dealing with, especially being outside the core now that the United Planets has taken over. So I went back and checked this all out. And you know what? I didn't give it a fair shake because the story is actually really interesting. Not every aspect is all like, you know, to the point where like, oh, this totally makes sense here and there. Just think about what we had in the Dark Crisis dream world that Jon Stewart was dealing with where he was, you know, pretty much the, 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 the only guardian left for a new Green Lantern Corps in the future, right? Where you had big baby Revenant coming down trying to kill him and he ends up killing that whole thing. Well, whether or not it makes sense to anybody, we have a multiverse out there. Somehow that dream world is actually a world in the multiverse. It's, it's still out there and it's still in the future. And everything that John did in his dream actually happened on a world out there. Maybe the world continued on after Dark Crisis. I don't know how it works, but that's the thing. So Big Baby Revenant died, got killed by John Stewart. So the Queen of the Rev- Revenants, she came to try to get her revenge for her big baby being killed by the John Stewart. And in that, John Stewart's like, you ain't doing shit, bitch. And then she goes and he's like going to kill her. She uses her power ring that she has and opens a doorway to the multiverse because if she can't kill this John Stewart, she's going to go and kill a different John Stewart because, I don't know, vengeance is just like that, I guess. Yeah, Which I'm leads her take and the Revenants the John Stewart's, coming to our universe on Earth Zero. And she's coming here and she's going to take out this John Stewart who has the same kind of ability, but because it seems more new because that other world takes place in the far future, it seems like. like he's dealt with these powers for a but long even time. So, the Green it's like Lantern a multiverse anyway at the time, but it did seem, you know, that John Stewart older and... I, I get it. And just how he uses his powers and stuff like that. He's more capable in what he's doing. And he actually is the li- he is the living battery that his core actually like, you know, powers his ring off of. So here's here's my problem, though, is the idea you go into the series and I see a lot of people saying it's great, but I don't see a lot of people being able to explain why in the reviews or even videos. They seem confused. They like John Stewart. That's great. Yeah. They like some of the things like, you know, the idea with him and his mom. He ended up going a little too far last issue where he's making constructs of his sister. Well, like, I'm as like, we saw him do in his dream world. Yeah, exactly. But that's, you know, that usually with a great, it doesn't work out well. We'll see. But the idea, this also ties in heavy with the, the Jeffrey Thorne stuff to get to that point to go to this. And it's a lot of stuff that I don't know that a lot of people read. So when you jump into the series after the backup set, I don't know if everybody read those. You, you have a lot of, you did, you went and did your, you know, homework. You end up. And did, and I read all this stuff, but while it was happening, it might be something that most people should go back and reread because as it was happening, it's actually, way better than I thought it was. Well, now that each I understand, it was not even you know going and and going in my brain at all. It seemed very weird. I don't love the art. I like it a little better in this issue, but you end up where again, is it too much to ask a lot of people to do that research or have read or remember the stuff to go here? where he just kind of kicks in here and you're getting a lot thrown at you. But this issue I actually liked a little more than the first issue. And I'm here. Things are kind of, you know, going forward with that, though. You see Jay Nakamura, that guy, what has he been doing? He looks He's awful. He's a PR agent for Steel. He looks He's awful. been run ragged. He looks like 70-year-old Elton John. So he looks, and at one point, John Henry looks straight up Charles Barkley, I thought. Like, sure everybody looked weird. They changed. And, and at the one point, it's then he changes, then he's this and that. It's weird. Also, uh, actually, like, at one point, even changes to look like Christopher Priest. It's a weird play. I don't know if it's a shout out, but the, the art isn't consistent. It's okay. It's not my favorite, but I don't mind 
seeing John do this, this Revenant Queen coming, it's interesting well, the Revenant enough. Queen stuff, I'm like, I'm all here for. So we take a short break in this for John uh, uh, Stewart to go to Metropolis to talk to John Henry Irons at Steelworks about the idea of like, you know, hey, we've been working on this monorail system with this Genesis project, this new energy source that allows us to do all this great stuff. We're still having problems with this. You having an engineer or uh, an architect background, maybe you can give me a fresh set of eyes because I trust you. And he has this whole, like uh, and more engineering for the stuff that he's talking about. But he's able to give them a solution to the problem with the Genesis power source they have. It's this weird side thing that I like the idea of John working for Steelworks and putting all that. Because even when the Green Lantern Corps like, was down in the 90s and like John got paralyzed and wasn't a dark star anymore, he started his own company and stuff like that. And you had Aresia working for him. It was a really cool side thing that like you know was going on with John for a while that I enjoyed seeing because he wasn't prominent. He wasn't a Green Lantern. He wasn't super early. He was in a wheelchair. But I still liked seeing the character in this role that we know and love because either it's like, we're going to focus on his military background. We're going to focus on him being an architect. And that's essentially what John has. And I like seeing him like here with the other heroes doing this with the powers that he already has because he has I godhood like powers. But it really just takes away from the one thing that I want to see with Revenant Queen, which I found so compelling coming from this other Earth, coming here for revenge. And even the idea that this thing has some sort of power ring that's different than anything that we have on Earth. It's, it's kind of close to something like a Black Lantern ring. because It looks able like to- a Black Lantern ring, but again, it... it- because it's multiverse. It's like a star sapphire mixed with a black lantern ring. That's what I thought it, it looked like. And people were saying it's a new that power. Yeah. Well, people are saying that it's weird. Like they're, okay, this is another multiverse. Maybe this is a multap multiverse is Kat Matui. That, that's the connection. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't, it's weird. But the whole idea of it multiverse and coming here, I don't know. It, it seems okay. It's nothing that really intrigues me that much. I just like when you go to Steelworks and I'm waiting for Sean Carey to come running by nude. Out of nowhere, the silver mist. They're like, what the fuck's that guy? Uh, Don't worry about that guy. He, he runs through here all the time. It's nice to see John Henry and, and that stuff kind of connected totally to cool. other things. So that is that is cool. And again, you you are playing, and I you can see that Philip Kennedy Because even Johnson outside of the, the constructs, like you never get to see John actually do anything with his architect. Like, like, I build stuff with my constructs, but actually having a life on Earth again, now that he's down a part of the Green Lantern Corps, I want to see what he does besides to take care of his mom, but that seems to be his full-time job right now. And and the problem is, too, that this, you know, his power is registering as a Green Lantern power, which ends up where that's, you know, setting off alarms that they have to keep well, coming. Well, not only that, but it seems like the Revenant Queen's one as well. Well, because now right she's now, doing it there. Well, say, yeah. Earth is a quarantine zone, so if these, you know, rogue Green Lanterns who are working for the United Planets, they want to make a name for themselves by making sure that nobody in the quarantine zone, like, they're not even supposed to be here, but they're trying to make a name for themselves by taking down, like, a John Stewart or a Hal Jordan or whatever they can find. But it they was keep weird, coming though, across last to- issue... They were sent there. Like that, that whole Varon was sent to take him down. If, I like don't he, know if Varon was sent because they say in this, it's almost like he's not supposed to be there. This is weird. I think that he's going back for revenge because he oh, got no, he shit is, but out I don't think last. he was supposed to be there to begin with, though. I think I remember him saying, like, I'm here under the authority of the United Planets. You are now registered. Uh, you That's know, just you're a cop saying he's got ring. jurisdiction. It might be, but something gave him the ping that there was the ring and that would have pinged off. Of they even say it in this. The idea that he's pinging, so they, they probably will keep coming. But I like that also if you go through the whole deal. Obviously, and we said, and we kind of could tell that Hal's ring of the will, that's not pinging. Because they say, this is the only one here. It's the quarantine zone. So it's kind of Which weird. weird. With this. Well, I'm saying, though, it's so weird that John would ping because he doesn't have a ring. He has the power from the God Storm, which I don't feel like should ping the same way that, like, you no. Know, I still think that it pings Hal, Hal using his energy. Hal should as well. Yeah, it's weird like that. But again, we're still trying to figure out what that ring might be. Maybe that'll be the reveal. Maybe we're seeing something here. I just say that Hal's ring should ping more than John's 
mortal abilities that he has right now. It's weird. Like something there with the United Planets is is pinging here that they go. I think that it might be too much because that would make waves after waves. Now, if we do end up where Baron's like, well, initially I came here and I kind of wasn't supposed to. Or that, that that would make, but I I swear he went there and it really was under the authority. Of the United Planets. Why don't know if John's like, what? The only one? Like, I heard how. Oh, God, he threw him under the bus there. And even the idea of the United Planets going and do this, let's say that, like, you know, because they're in control of the Green Lantern Corps, but Earth is under a quarantine. Nobody's supposed to come in or out of this sector of Earth and stuff like that. But we do have that piece of crap who's, like, you know, the chairman of the the United Planets, that Durland, who is still out there that he's talking about. Like, their father did stuff for him. And, like, that's why he's going to be the next regent of his family, even though he's a middle child. He has all this. He's pretty much a spoiled rich kid who thinks, like, look, I have to work here for a while with you, Slot until I get to be part of my royal family. And that goddamn guy owes me something. But it also seems like he's like doing underhanded stuff outside the proper jurisdiction of the United Planets. Like, I'm the middle kid. I have to do like that's kind of pointing to me that you're really gonna start doing feel like you gotta get rid of some it, people. It really ahead shocks of you as me well. though, that that guy stuff. is still out there after War World and everything we dealt with that. And that's the weird play, and that is from Philip Kennedy Johnson's War World stuff. But also again, another thing it ties so it's one of the, we love to have that synergy. We love to have that. And it really is going on here. But is it too much for some people, especially people who just, oh, man, a John Stewart guy used to like, I love them in the cartoons. I'm going to join in here. I think it's a real heavy entry deal here for people who hadn't read that stuff. But somebody like you even going back, it does work. But like you said, my big thing of this and the How Jordan Green Lantern book by Jeremy Adams, what I really, really want to see is what the hell is going on. With the United Planets, no, what is the core? And even in that way that we kind of, you know, which is messed up because it seems like John and Hal want nothing to do with it, so we're not going to see it from their perspective. But what's going on with Kyle? What's going on with Guy? And it's funny because when me and you talked about the idea in well, the Guy Super still Boy, seems remember, to be out there doing stuff. Well, remember they said that, and it, here's the funny play: is when you end up having the idea of, oh my God, we got Kyle and Guy, but it says takes place before this stuff, whatever. Right. I did forget at that one point you had that one shot stupid issue in Doom Patrol where they both showed up and they were doing like, you know, road racing, chasing yeah. down the Doom Patrol, which makes no damn sense. So who knows? That? I well, even e- said e- to the person even- who mentioned that we we talked about that. And I think there might have been. And there's no fair. It was well. either last issue or in one of the backups that you had John communicating with Guy using Green Lantern powers, and he was still in his Green Lantern suit talking about Green Lantern core stuff. So it seems like at least Guy is still a part of the core. Yeah, it seems, but I hope that, like, because it seems like the United Plan, and also Guy was also at the beginning of the Fire and Ice book. He's been about where he shouldn't be, but you're not going to get the full connection in some of these books. But I want to know what's happening. Is the United Planets bad? Because it seems even Sinestro points Definitely. out. In the Greenland. So is there going to be a way where John has to join up with Hal here on Earth? They're going to go off and save their buddies and save everybody else? Because well, I want to know what happened to Simon. What happened to Jessica? What are all oh, those? Good what are they doing? Yeah, what are they doing? Are, why didn't they quit like Hal did? Why are they still I there? I still like to think that Jessica Cruz is a yellow lantern, personally. That'd be awesome. That would be cool. Like That would be a, a cool deal. To- and maybe even Simon? He gave up his ring or he hit up. He's just hanging out one of them sector houses because he's squatting. He's in the sector house. And then all of a sudden, Teen Lantern goes and gets him. He, he got, got it all, Eric, right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Where's Joe Mullen? Yeah. yeah. Oh, and there actually it was just announced that there's going to be a Joe Mullen mini coming up. But I didn't really see if it was connected in continuity. And even that, her ring's different as well. I know. There's weird shit going on. So all in all with this, though, you, you end up, like you said, I like this issue. 
I thought it was fun. Even if you don't know all the things, you are actually going to get John being nice to his mom and then end up using some cool constructs to take and and actually confront the Revenant Queen. I I thought this was going to take a lot longer, but here we go. We have the Revenant then going. You you, you have John and his mom leaving Metropolis after getting this whole idea, like like whether or not he wants to work for Steelworks, whether he get his mom to move to Metropolis with him and stuff like that, where she used to live when she was younger. And they are attacked by a bunch of Green Lanterns who work for the United Federations because they went off trying to ping some Green Lantern energy. If somebody has a ring, they're not supposed to. But what they ended up coming across in the Amazon jungle is a downed, like, you know, um, part of a, um, a space satellite. It was satellite. a satellite from the exactly. beginning of last issue. It was the first issue where you had that satellite go down. We had a character, Jane, who had grabbed a hold of this ring while she was, like, floating in space when she was separated from the satellite. And now the Revenant Queen has taken over her body. They crash landed down here. These Green Lanterns could have looked for it, but the Revenant Queen is able to make more of herself, other Revenants, by, you know, pretty much making them Green Lantern zombies. With this Revenant energy. And now these people are now foot soldiers for the Revenant Queen who are going after Jon Stewart so the Revenant Queen herself can have her revenge against the loss of her big baby Revenant. But in yeah, the process of all like this, it. these Green Lanterns who have been turned into the Revenant energy are able to pierce Jon Stewart because unlike the Jon Stewart of the other Earth who's been doing his god powers forever and knows to make a protective shell against him that's unbreakable, this Jon yeah, Stewart isn't know. as seasoned with this new power, so he's pierced and the, the Revenant energy is going to spread through his body making him a zombie going forward. I'm like, this is some cool stuff, but I couldn't help but think about the future of this series if you go forward, because right now you have two Green Lanterns. Actually, I feel like we're eating pretty good as Green Lanterns, like fans out there for the Ooh, books that we're we? getting with it, with this individual series that we have. It's fun. Like you have the, uh, the Alan Scott's Green Lantern series. You have Jon Stewart doing his whole godhood thing, and you have Hal Jordan doing the, like, I'm the greatest Green Lantern with the most willpower stuff over in Coast City. You got some really cool Earthbound stuff that I really appreciate. But with these powers, about the, even the idea of calling uh, Hal Jordan the greatest Green Lantern that ever lived. You have John Stewart that's finally taking up the mantle that he should have had in the 90s after, uh, not Cosmic Odyssey, after a mosaic, when he first discovered these powers before he had his mind erased. Finally have him having this power of a, like a new god, a mortal guardian, as they called him at one point. I want to see at one point Hal Jordan going up against this power that John Stewart has. For some reason, I want to see Hal Jordan versus John Stewart to see who would come up over, like, who would come up on top with the power that they wield. Or who comes out on bottom, Eric. You end up, when, when you go, it's funny too, because in the spooky month of October, it's kind of cool because the Revenant, it's like a zombie, but also like a body snatchers type of oh, feel yeah. that you get that feel. It's kind of cool. It just kind of feels like a, like uh, another multiversal black, like Blackest Night. And I really kind of dig that. It is cool when they end up, oh, we got to check this in the jungle. That, that's very horror-esque and it's kind of a cool deal. I do want to know more and how this fits in. Again, I worry that this isn't an easy in for people just showing up for the number one last month and going. But I think. But if that you go back and do your due diligence, it's worth it. It's just it's it's some people just don't have the time, money, or whatnot. Especially if you're a John Stewart or just a Green Lantern fan. Go and get the app, and really, I would. I never thought that I would tell people to read the Jeffrey Thorne run because it is convoluted, but it does set up a bunch of the things as well. So maybe check that out. But I tell you, go read Mosaic, even though it's a very hard read, and but you won't find it on the app. Yeah, you can't find a little sus things going on with yeah. that. So it is dealing with a story that started but is kind of left behind by DC because tell of you, the I just been writer. sitting here since the 90s thinking to myself, when's this story ever going to come back? And it finally did. And I, I, crazy that they're continuing it. I, I do say I said it a lot, even in the section of who is this book for or whatnot. It's for you. <laughs> You've been waiting. And here it is. So here we are. And again, that's why I was glad. When you came back, because this is a book that I recognize as something that I wouldn't normally read, and I'm not really, you know, that it, but you get me interested by, you know, doing the little nuanced things with it. Telling but by the things. end, well, by the end, the I, I end up like, 
at least we're going forward. It's tying in a lot of things with Philip Kennedy Johnson. It might be better than I was giving it credit for, too, but I'm still just a dummy. And when I read it, though, this one, one of the things, just the last thing, though, because I do like, I like the stuff with his mom. I like the stuff with Steelworks. You said, like, you want more of the revenue. You want more. Obviously, I I like the stuff with Steelworks, too. It just kind of like, it puts a hold on the things that I actually really care about, even though I like it. But you end up at, at twice, it's mentioned that, oh, that that's the Greenlander without the mask. Like, you don't have to keep pushing that on us. We know that that's a big moment for John. That's the whole thing. So you can see him cry and He's see an his architect. face and all that. But they keep like, it's mentioned twice. And I'm like, all right, we get it. We get it. Let's go on. But it's almost felt like that was, you know, Philip Kennedy Johnson. Look, I understand the character, why people like him and whatnot. But I, I think that he's getting John pretty good here. And I, yeah. I like what's going on. I especially just this? like him seeing this like outside of the John Stewart, the soldier kind of thing that he does with the core, because right now it really just feels like. He needs to get his life together on Earth for the first time in a long time, but also just has to be the good son, and I like that aspect to it as well. Even though it is weird, too, where he does bring back his sister Ellie, right, using a ring, like not a ring contract, but just the contract of his powers, because I'm just thinking about the Guardians would be so pissed because that's what Hal tried to do when he became Parallax. And they, when we were talking, I like, said you he's can't doing use Parallax it for personal shit. game. And like, but this is outside of that. And like, maybe it's just like, you know, Maybe that absolute power will start getting to him where he thinks he can adjust things because he does have the power of a god, just like Parallax did, even though he's not being affected by a, a you know a fear entity. When you have the god power and then you start playing God, it starts getting I said when I But he's such a good this. guy and it's so great to see the dynamic of that to see like will he start sliding or will the goodness inside him prevail? Well, and and even then, goodness prevail. He he made that construct sister because he didn't want his mom to be upset. His mom kind of seems like she, she might have Alzheimer's. dementia yeah. going. She has Alzheimer's. So he does that meaning well. And I think that that could be dangerous, too. The idea that he he's not going to mean. I don't think that John Stewart ever gets to a point where he's like, I'm a god, you assholes. Like, but he starts thinking things. Like when, yeah, like it could. And I said. Well, we saw that in the one possible hyper time when he took on the god storm. Exactly. So when you end up having. How trying to bring back Kosi, it's not like he was like, I'm going to bring it back because I'm evil, evil, evil. He's like, nobody else is helping me. This happened. So he had, and I think that that was the start of like, holy shit, John, you can't do parallax shit. Which is funny because that was the start of John not having that power anymore and never being referenced again until Jeffrey Thorne brought it up the other year. I'm waiting for, and I thought maybe even this issue, I was waiting for a deal where all of a sudden it's like, oh, go check on your sister we haven't heard and goes in and like, her head's like half off and like what's happening to me like the idea that she's like going away and she doesn't understand it or things like that it it could be a really cool play i don't fully understand how john's powers work with their limitations and stuff like that but i just i always think back to the idea when kyle was the only lantern at one point he created a construct that he forgot to recall and it gained sentience and became oblivion so i'm like does his sister do that too does it become evil because like you know that's what happens I, I was actually thinking of almost like a Kirsten Dunst in a interview with a vampire of like, well, when I am I going to get older? Like, I'm just a little girl. I, this isn't fair. Like, you're going to have this construct that just is like, why did you do this? Like, what am I? What am I really? I'm there for because that's some hella drama. Yeah, that, w- that would be cool. <laughs> it's crazy. You could have a real either horrific story, real feels with that all oh, would be pretty crazy. In the meantime, not wanting your mom to realize what you had done or what has really had happened to his sister is pretty crazy. But that, 
that we'll see if that ever gets brought up again. I think it would. I think that was set up. But what would you give this? I feel so bad for just dismissing this series, though, and even the backups because of like I didn't fully understand because it still doesn't work for me. The idea that this was the dream that John had in the Dark Crisis stuff crossing over to be something that he's dealing with now but doesn't seem to have the memories of what he did there so it's it's still kind of weird in that aspect but i'm really enjoying everything we got from the backups waiting into this series and what we got so far and it's funny i really feel like when i was writing my uh notes for this to do the credits and stuff i'm like all right this is issue number four right now it's only number two man it feels like we have so much story because there's but, so much that led into it it's exactly true. we've dealt with a lot of these things for a while now but I think the art's great in this, besides for a few things with like Charles Barkley, John Henry Irons and stuff like that. But overall, I enjoy it and I'm really digging the story and look forward to where it's going. So I'm giving it a 7.8 out of 10. I am a 6.5. Again, I don't have the connection that you have with the character or the Green Lantern. It's not my thing. So many cool things you could do with the series that I look forward to. Yeah, yeah. I, I look forward to that as well. But as a two-issue deal, you know, not even including the Bible that you should. But again, not everybody's going to read those. And I... I barely could tell what was going on in some of those when I read them. I might have to reread them myself. But overall, with this, I'm like, I'm enjoying it enough when we talk about it. It wouldn't be on my pull list. I wouldn't actually Normally have it wouldn't. I, I didn't it. think it was until I went back and reread it, but now it would definitely be on my pull list. And and then we'll see how how it works out and how it goes forward. But I think it might, again, like that Jeffrey Thorne, again, it wasn't that great. Right? No. It ended up doing But even then, we were wondering, we were wondering about, like, who knows what led into that to get to that? And we're, we're just keep on going. And it makes sense. We're going from what came before. That's fine. But we're just adding stuff onto stuff that people either didn't really buy. It got canceled or it's stuff from before that it's really hard to access, like the mosaic stuff. But that's cool enough. It's a deep dive and people seem to be enjoying it enough. I wonder what the sales would be, but we'll, we'll see how and long it lasts and all that stuff at points. They're like, oh, it's going to be an ongoing, but we'll have to see if they. They announced that, but or it could like meld in the side. I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see what happens with it. But I'm uh, did I say six point five? And you're yeah. What did 7. you say? 8. Seven point eight. So you, you're way more positive than me. See, sometimes I'm a little more negative, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> you thought I was playing the game of trying to be more positive <laughs> than you just to prove a point. But yeah, I, these books weren't bad. Like all three of these are good enough if you if you buy them, whatever. And I'm not going to say they're horrible. It's just I each one has a little bit something that I want. It's funny too for of. me right now. Like I said, the idea of Green Lantern fans eating well right now with Alan Scott, Hal Jordan, and John Stewart all having their own series. Because one thing is why I'm a Green Lantern fan. I'm not a huge Green Lantern fan outside of Earth. Once they get to do space cop stuff, it's not always for me. But when you have them on Earth, I get so excited and so happy. And you have all three of them doing Earth stuff. It is funny that this is like you, you have to be on Earth because of the mm-hmm. way it's set up with quarantine. So that's pretty cool. So, yeah, well, that's that for this section of books. We're going to go off now to, again, we talk about these bigger books or whatever. Oh, my God, the Titans, they're in the New Justice League. Oh, my God, this thing with the, you know, John Stewart. We're going to go off to a book that I will wax poetic about and laugh. It's it's Superman versus Meshi. It feels weird going to that after putting down some of these things. But we'll go. Me and Luke Hollywood talk a little manga right about now. And here I am with Luke Hollywood. One of our favorite things to talk about. Oh, my goodness. Superman Whoa. versus Meshi is We're back. Fine. Yeah, it's, it is our favorite. I Every time I read it, I'm like, yeah, I like the Bat Baby, but I think the Superman versus Meshi. Bat Baby got thought about this. Yeah, oh my God. And we start, it's a new volume. So we end um, up having a new cover. Very new sus. volume, same bunches. <laughs> Batman is like straddling Superman and feeding him like little dumpling things. I don't know what's going on yummy, there, but yummy. he doesn't seem very happy about it either. 
Superman's having a grand old time. Superman's loving it, but it looks like that thing is about to fall out of his mouth. I, it, it's <laughs> not really in there. It's very odd. Plus, oh. his hands are forward. That stick's going to have a problem. I mean, holy oh, moly. But goodness. we will get into this. What are we they talking about, Luke? fly and drive <laughs> exactly. at the same time. What are we doing? We got the Superman's. You think I know the title? I know. I know you don't, so I have it ready. It's Superman versus the Meshies. I don't have the title, Jim. This is Super Chapter 8, Superman versus Gossberger, Japan's homegrown hamburger. I I beg to differ. I don't think there's actually a hamburger in the lot. Got a lot of crazy stuff going on. Right? These things are sandwiches. I don't know if I yeah, I I don't know if I'd call them hamburgers, but we're gonna continue the deal of, you know, what is between the lines here because you end up starting out. Where Clark Big goes field. back to Smallville to go to his father's gravesite. Now, this seems to be in the movie continuity because we had we even had the chapter where he's you know flying around backwards so that he can kind of turn back time, things like that, like share. But in that, I think that you're playing with Jonathan Kent being dead. So he comes back to Smallville. For like three seconds he comes back he's there he's like okay r.i.p dad and martha's there with Lock's him his mom's there with him it's lunchtime <laughs> and she's like oh you know hey he's like yep gotta go but gotta go now in that point though it'd be one thing if we thought oh you know he's got justice league things to do justice or league oh problems. my goodness you know what there's some deadlines at the daily planet no he just wants to eat Japanese food. He ditches <laughs> his mom completely, and she's upset. On the anniversary of yeah, his dad's of the death. death. He ditches her. She says, can you stay a little? Because she says, Don't you're already it. leaving? You just got the here. The burger's going to get cold. Again, how about, she says, are you that busy at work? She is almost in tears. And he lies. He says, yeah, it's kind of that. But also, there's a place I want to stop by. He is ditching his mom on the anniversary of his father's death. Japanese food is just that good. And the other play here seems to be he's already bought it. It's starting to get <laughs> cold, so he doesn't want to eat. He's ditching her. He can, and she ends up so upset, says, I wish you could stay longer. I thought you were, you know, rather than just get the, he doesn't even go to the house. She says, you just came to the graveside. Why, why don't you stay for lunch? He's like, well, I already packed the lunch there. Tits. And then ends up saying, don't look so sad. I can fly here anytime. Now, he does Not say, I can always. soon. And that's the thing. He says, I can always fly over here. I think that that's what he does. He never stops. He waits. No. Because she just said he hasn't been there since pretty much last year, it seems. So he is a jerk. He is a straight-up jerk. He's treating his mom like crap, but he'll get his. He's going to get his in a minute because he ends up leaving. And again, he says, besides, like, it's funny. Why don't you stay for lunch? No, no, no. I packed something. And by the way, your, your food's great. You got the best cooking in the universe, but it's not Japanese. I'm telling you right now, I, there, this isn't called Superman versus mom's food. The, the best that we got was he actually ate Japanese food and said this reminds him of Mar- it made no sense. So he goes off and you end up where Martha pretty much you should change the word balloon to be, oh, that boy of mine, what an asshole, because he then goes off. 
I literally like he, she says he's as bad as flattery as ever. Clearly, she hasn't been reading because <laughs> he's, he's praising them dishes every chapter. <laughs> what, what happened if you had, well, I was going to say, what happened if you ended up having Martha, like, somehow get to the Fortress of Solitude and get jealous of the food, but the whole play is here. Somebody else is already there to get jealous. Like, <laughs> Superman shows in this chapter that there is nothing more important to him than eating Japanese food for lunch. It, it seems to be always for lunch, right? <laughs> it's, it's the whole place. So he ends up, he goes to the Fortress of Solitude, says, okay, there's, you know, I feel okay. I feel like I'm at home in Kansas. I also feel at home here in the Fortress of Solitude. I love that he doesn't mention Metropolis because, you know, he hates that oh, city. But he goes in and says, all right, here's my secret base. I call it my Fortress of Solitude. So he goes in and he talks about the idea that, hey, you know, and it goes with the crystals. I learned about the Kryptonian stuff. I learned about my home world. But really, who cares? I am hungry and I want to eat my lunch. I want to get this. And he's got Goss Burger, I would call it. We find out what the initials mean, and I'm not so keen with that. Anytime you say that you're eating food and one of the things of the initials is ground, Problems. I'm like, eh, I don't know that I need that. But he says, I felt like, again, he says, all right, I felt like having lunch in the Fortress of Solitude, saying that he didn't want to be around his mom again. <laughs> That's all he was doing. He was there hanging out with his mom on the anniversary. So Later, mom. He's got that delivery pouch deal from the Gosberger and says, oh, my God. I can't wait. I had my heart set on takeout today. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> now, here again, this is where I want everybody to just sit back and enjoy the classics of Superman, who ends up at points being the stupidest person who ever lived. He also <laughs> ends up being a jerk. He, all this stuff, because this Japanese food's affected him so much. He ordered, am I wrong? He ordered this food, right? He, he ordered did. these stuff. And so why does he have to look with this x-ray vision? He an x-ray for a sneak peek. Like, ooh, everything's there. Good to go. It's like, all right. And still, all he's looking, he's not even going far enough to go through the, it's just wrapped up burgers. <laughs> and then he says, it, it feels like what he's doing is what you do at the drive-thru, where you check your order before you leave. Well, pal, you're already in the forces of solitude. Whatever you got in there, you got in there. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So he says that he might have ordered too much. So, aside classic, a minute. Classic Superman. Why couldn't he have stayed in Kansas, eaten this food, and Here, actually mom, gave his mom one of the burgers? He has so much in him. He's a greedy son of a gun. He has seven burgers. He has fries. He has onion rings. All this stuff. And he just had to run off. He has so much food. That, and this is the first time we've seen it. He's still eating while he's flying back. <laughs> he, he ordered too much. He did. And he says that. He says, I think I ordered way too much. I think my eyes were bigger than my stomach. And then he uh -oh. says, I don't know what to start with. So now he's going to play Guess the Burger. Lucky dip. Yeah. And he, he says, I'm going to do the the Goose Goss Burger drawing. Covers his eyes up and reaches in, even though it's a bag. So you don't have to cover your eyes. He <laughs> reaches in. Be funny. Grabs like a crystal, starts eating that. He gets Crunchy. this. And this is where I'm saying, like, they they say hamburger in this. But the first one is the seafood tempura rice burger. Rice burger. In a burger there. That's seafood tempura on a rice roll. 
It's nonsense, right? But it kind of sounds good. You ever have like a lot of temporas? That's something you like with. Yummy, yummy. I'll drink any it is of pretty good. that. It's funny. The other day I actually saw uh, a little video about uh, when they first introduced tempura to Japan because that it's not actually like founded in Japan. I think it might have been like Spanish. I forget where exactly okay. but when it was introduced. This big to do shogun guy. He ate too much and died. He ate too much tempura. Like, he wanted everything tempura. That's Superman's dream. Never mind going down with Doomsday. He's going to eat one too many tempuras. Tell me in this, first off, he ordered all this food. So, number one, why would he be surprised at what he gets? Because he seems surprised. Now, he's picking out of the deal, but everything he picks, am I wrong? Everything he picks, he goes, yes, this is the best thing. Like, each one. Like, he doesn't say at one point, like, oh, man, this was the dud. Everything is like, this is what I've been waiting for. No, this is what I've been waiting for. So you end up little food wars. You get to see what that was. Again, it doesn't really look like a burger, but it looks good. He's like, this is it. This is what I've had a taste for. Down the hatch. Says, oh, my God. And then says, it's still warm. Remember, this is the North Pole. A lot of things going through <laughs> Superman's mind at this point. Super and then delicious. you end up out of nowhere. What is this, son? And Superman's like, oh, my God, well, what's going on? And then there's even they even have an editor's note. Superman is a dummy. He knows what this is. Why is he asking? You have an editor's note. Crazy. And it, it's Jarrell. It's Jarrell of the crystals. Ooh. This is now going to be pissed off jealous Jarrell who is really getting upset he's a hologram and he's hungry yeah and he's yeah he's a hologram who's hungry and wants to grab the food but he can't which he knows that so again like father like son they're both morons because <laughs> then you end up where Jarrell says oh let's go and also does Jarrell play it off here like it's his house because at one point he actually I says to visited. Superman yeah, he says, hey, come back anytime. I'm like, what are you talking about, hologram daddy? You're paying rent. Like, seriously, yeah, really, in his head. But you <laughs> end up where he he's like, oh, what is that? What are you doing? How did you get here? And you do end up where he apologizes. I'm sorry I startled you, son, for some reason. You're a little, you know, off. And then Superman says, oh, don't worry. I was in Kansas. It was the seventh anniversary of my adopted father's passing. Here on Earth, Jonathan. Jarrell, seriously, Jarrell just starts laughing. (laughs) Seven years? I've been dead a thousand. (laughs) He's one-upping Jonathan Kent, who's dead. He's like, oh, at least the Earth is still around. Krypton got destroyed. (laughs) Seven years is nothing. He gets jealous. And then he says, you know, taking into that account, I've had a lot of anniversaries, so screw you. <laughs> and then goes, oh, what's that? That food. So then Superman goes, oh, oh, this, this is a gourmet burger it's from Japan. It's a rice bun with this nuts and stuff on it. Looks pretty good. Drill goes, what? Earth burgers? Those are bullshit. What I think is great are these Kryptonian burgers that I used to eat. Oh, my goodness. I think that Earth stole the recipe. Oh, my goodness. Superman says, what are you talking about? <laughs> stole the recipe? They, they... I know, the, the picture he shows of this Kryptonian burger, it looks nasty. It looks I'm like some sort that. of alien life form, right? Oh it's goodness. got nonsense going on. And then Superman's sweating, and he's like, yeah, don't think that looks too good. And 
yeah, you just don't get it. The Japanese is an island here on Earth. It's great. And he's like, don't tell me about bullshit Japan. <laughs> My but can you smell it? And he's like, no. I can't. It's a hologram. Like it's a memory of a hologram guy. He's like, no, I've never smelled it. I only learned about stuff, but whatever. Like maybe they're kind of the same. I think they stole the recipe. That's what Superman's like. No, I don't think that they're, that's possible. But get this, Dad. This thing has this sweet kind of combination. Uh-huh. The shrimp are deep fried together, and the onions tempura. It's got a sweetness. It's got a smell to it. Yes. Just like on Krypton. He's like, <laughs> no, not like on Krypton. What are you talking about? At one point you play off and it's straight up manga where Superman is waxing poetic about how great. Amazing Japanese burger. Jarrell's face has gotten dark. He is so angry at Superman. Don't care about the Japanese food. It's the, the craziest thing. I don't know that we really ever have in something like him being jealous of Superman liking something on Earth. Like, he's like, no, that's bull crap. And he starts. Jorel is almost set up as the villain because he cannot understand the joys of Japanese food. He can't even be happy that his son's like, okay, I, I think that looks great and whatever. But he just keeps, and he's talking. He's like, because the thing that Jorel says is the Dongom Nen Pepe. Nen Pepe. It, it's because Superman says it's got a salty sauce that brings out the sweet. Well, the dog of Nen Pepe has a salty sauce that brings out Even the sweetness. Better. At one point, I thought the be- the only thing that would have made me laugh more about this is all of a sudden where Laura, his mom, pops up hologram and says, "Are you being an asshole again, Jarrell? Like, well, why are you doing this? Why are you?" You know, throwing shade at your son for liking a damn Britwin. It's not a burger. I still, I, me, I pop up in a hologram. It's not a burger, you assholes. Like, who is this guy? So you end up where, again, that's where actually full out, Jarrell says, I think that they stole this. He's like, "Eh, unless somebody broke into the fortress, I don't (laughs) think that's the case. And then he says, and the best is he says, I'm sorry, father. I don't think. And then in the mind says, there he goes again, asserting Kryptonian superiority. He's always talking about them amazing Kryptonian lunches. At, at a point, I thought to myself, maybe I'm looking into this like kind of fun. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm like trying to have fun with it. And that, that's the deal. No, no, no. That line just proves it. Yep. Jarell, like anytime Superman comes in, it's like, oh, I just watched this TV show Seinfeld. Oh, my God. It's the funniest thing we, we had a show on Krypton called Kreinfeld. <laughs> it was better. They stole it. Like, he's such a jerk. But then in this, am I wrong, Superman legitimately turns his back <laughs> to Jarrell. Sorry, eat. Dad. Yeah, he's like, I don't need your, your nonsense. I'm going to turn. And Jarrell's pissed again. He is pissed. <laughs> it's like that panel when he turns around, you look, zoom in and you look in Jarrell's face. He is so pissed. He is so mad. So at this point, you have this weird play because, again, Superman, he's got a lot of super senses, right? Mm-hmm. I think that me, not having super senses, can reach into a bag. And if I want to find the fries you can find and the, the onion rings. You can feel the fries. I'm not pulling out another wrap burger going, oh, man, I thought those were the fries. Like, what? He says, I'm going to cover my eyes and I hope I get onion rings and french fries. And then pulls out. We've seen the onion rings and french fries. They are 
you know, standard McDonald's like type deal open top. Onion rings. Yeah. So he is an idiot. He pulls out and says, all right. Now he's got a teriyaki burger. Then Ooh. he says, holy crap. It's a double. It has two. <laughs> pa- oh, yeah. I, I, I ordered a double. I'm like, that guy who what, what ordered a double. What is going on? Is this like the idea that at the end, could we possibly get at the end that there is something weird going on that say Alex Luther? He's poisoning the Japanese food to make Superman dumb. Does he get a concussion after every order? Because he forgets exactly like two seconds after what he ordered. (laughs) I'll tell you, he's very happy each time. So I'd like to be that. He reaches into a, a bag to get onion rings and fries, grabs a burger, opens it, is surprised it has two patties. And then says, oh, yeah, I ordered a double. I yeah, you ordered All double. right. But this is what makes this, right? This is the whole thing. So then, again, he still has his back to his father of the hologram. deal, And says, teriyaki sauce is one of Japan's greatest concoctions, right? And mm-hmm. you end up, you're waiting. I'm waiting for Jarrell to say, well, get this. Like, he yeah, doesn't really yet, but he's. Yeah. And he says, it packs a punch. Goss Burgers started with this burger. The first burger they had was this teriyaki. And then he goes into his narrator voice for no reason at all. <laughs> and then says, like, ground, ocean, sun, Goss Burger. I'm like, that, that's the Goss, ground. I, I, I don't know that I need. That's got a different burger. Yeah, it seems odd. But he says, oh, my God, what can I say? It's super Terry terrific. He ends up eating it and then starts to talk about the idea. And again. Superman's lost his mind completely when he says that the crunchy lettuce actually oh. holds its own. The he starts thinking that there's a, like, him and Jarrell are fighting, so why wouldn't the sandwich? He's like, the, the lettuce is stepping up and trying to get its thing going and it says, can handle it. it's stepped up and as if to say it won't play second fiddle to a couple of burger patties. I'm like, oh. no, I've, I've never heard anybody get a legit burger. And say, well, oh, was it good? Oh, my God. You know, this lettuce, amazing. <laughs> oh, my God, this lettuce was so good. Uh, and then what they say is, why is there bullshit lettuce on it? This isn't a salad. Let's get this shit off. Jeez. But you end up where he's crunch, crunch, crunching. He's loving it. This is where you end up where Jarrell might have learned a lesson. He kind of oh. says, I see that my son is adapting to Earth. I like it. I get, But in that, he's hologram he's smelling the the teriyaki burger now he wants to get some of this burger but he's a hologram but i have to give him credit he knows i don't get your fingers too close superman's gonna (laughs) bite them off i mean this guy and also he knows damn well don't ask superman for any of the meat you didn't buy this and again just to show how sus jarell is he's like can you give me a piece of that lettuce with some mayonnaise and teriyaki on it like really that's what you want and he goes to grab it in a weird way and he phases through it because he forgot again like he forgot he's a hologram he says oh crap i'm a hologram so good i forgot i can't touch it yeah and he's What's going on in this book? It's so good. And then he says, all right. And then Superman gets done. Look like double takes at him, too. I do also want to mention that in what we saw and what we had going on, he still has a bunch of stuff. He hasn't even touched the fries. He's got like three burgers left. And he couldn't share with his mother. (laughs) 
he couldn't share with See you mother. later, Bob. I would have loved at one point is that you see all of a sudden that Jarrell's like trying to manufacture some, you know, hologram burgers and stuff. But he ends up like, okay, I have to go. I got to get back to work. That's where Jarrell goes. Oh, you're you're always welcome here. Oh, really? <laughs> I wanted to the say door like, is always open because you have the keys. Yeah, yeah, you have the big giant key. I don't need your permission, Dad, but it's nice of you to think that maybe my dead hologram father needs to give me permission to come back to my fortress of solitude. He just wants to see more than lettuce. Yeah, yeah, really. He's like, bring some hologram food next. So he ends up going and says, I feel kind of guilty. Father probably wanted to have some, too. (laughs) He's a hologram. (laughs) You know that he's a (laughs) You saw him try to grab the burger. And that's a... Nothing about Martha at this point. The one that could actually enjoy the food. And and again, screw the food. Martha is there at the kitchen table on the farm in Smallville crying, looking at a picture of Jonathan. (laughs) Like, why did you have to go? Why couldn't you have let that dog go, Jonathan? So you end up where he's like, oh, well, I was so caught up in eating it myself as if he didn't have anything left to give to his father, though he couldn't anyway. And then it's like, oh, crap, I have another... He ordered this stuff. Why doesn't he realize? And this is the grilled meat rice burger. The headliner. (laughs) Everything's a headliner (laughs) to him. Not only that, then he has another thing. He has the (laughs) burdock root burger. Then he says, oh, man, this makes me really think that things aren't around for too long. And meaning, in my mind, Jarrell's dead. Never really met him. He knew him through the, well, did, but he doesn't remember but also, he's so into this idea of this, you know, burdock root burger. It's not going to be on the menu too long, is what he's saying. But yet, he's not going back to Kansas to be with his mother, oh. who is an old lady. And his dad already died. She's by himself. He's like, oh, that Priorities. makes you think. So he says, Mom, Father, don't think they'll be around forever. I mean, what is the crystal? What, what is he going to die? Oh, my And then goodness. he says, your parents or... Your parents are even burdock root rice burgers. And then just says, I'll come again. I'm like, what the hell just happened? It's so good, though. This is like, <laughs> there are things that we lose our mind, and this is supposed to be that, I think. I mean, some of the stuff is so wacky, but like, there's Superman, no way, like, after this chapter, there's no way you can see Superman as a good guy. He's not been totally corrupted by Japanese He's food. totally ruined by Japanese food. And I love the play. A lot of people do get upset, and some of the writers will play it off. Mark Wade did it recently, the idea where you get the world's finest. Okay, Batman's there because he's smart, Superman's strong, whatever. And then you'll have people like, well, Superman's actually smart as well. He's a reporter, things like that. And this, he needs Batman to get (laughs) on the case again. And I can only hope because of the cover that he will. Also, I think that Bruce Wayne is upset because he was really counting on Clark to come to that restaurant that he bought in that chapter and he never went back. So, yep, out of business. Out of business it is. So, yeah, you get chapter eight. Ed's, what would you give this? Yeah, I thought this was another amazing Superman versus Meshi. This is the reason we like this book so much and beyond me. Like, we, we say this is the stuff that could never happen. But, like, if you had jealous hologram daddy. Who wants to eat the lettuce, but he can't because he's not. That's never going to happen in the comics. Like that, that's, that's never going to happen. Uh, I, I don't even think you're ever going to see where Martha's upset because Jonathan's <laughs> anniversary of his death and Clark has to cut it short to go to the Fortress of Solitude to eat burgers. 
like that's crazy too but you'll never get hologram Jarrell trying to snag you know bogart <laughs> some of that lettuce <laughs> it's not gonna happen pretty like, good, it though. still has the characters we love but they're all just obsessed with this crazy japanese food uh which makes it so much funnier uh but yeah we love this book a lot like you say we got batman on the cover uh, i don't know who else in the justice league we might meet we already seen aquaman you know, we never know who's going to show up next, but that's the good thing about this book. We know every week, every chapter is going to be goofy, there's going to be tasty food, and we're going to laugh at the end of it. Uh, and I I love it so much. I want to give it a 9 out of 10. I'm going 9.5. I, I laugh <laughs> so much of it. And again, maybe I should go 9, because I'm, I still think the Aquaman chapter was the best. This might be my second favorite of just how ridiculous Superman is. He doesn't even realize it. I mean, he never knows what he ordered. He ends up being surprised each time. This, he's then worried about his hologram father might have wanted to eat, but knows he couldn't. Ends up where Jarrell's upset. He leaves. Oh, my God. It it has everything it does. Except colors. That's the only thing that's missing, which I don't mind. And again, the art. It's not the the greatest art, right? But. It fits the story and like the expressions that Superman has at points when he at the one point he pulls out this last grilled meat rice burger and is shocked. There was still a burger in a bag that he's carrying because there's still a burger in the bag. Like it's not like he went to threat. He's taking that back. He's shocked that there's a burger in there and then says, oh, my God. As, as he would, the headliner appears. I love his dialogue. Good. And he's just talking to himself, too, which even is better. So we'll have to see. I think eventually or soon we need to get Jimmy or at least Lois. I have a, I'd have love it if Lois goes. Lois doesn't like it, and he ends up throwing her into the sun. Whoa. Lois is done, but I really do like it. So I hope everybody enjoys, at least if you're not reading it and you think it's goofy, whatever, you, you can still... Be. Maybe laugh at me and Luke losing our minds because we think it's the greatest thing ever. But, yeah, you should be. And, again, if you have the app, you end up having the DC Infinite app. It's there on the app. So why not give it a shot? And I think that – and also, if you haven't read manga before, you have to give it a couple chapters to really settle in, to really get the idea. And then I think you'll have a lot of fun with it. We have a lot of people tell me – that is their favorite <laughs> book right now, which is so funny, but we the do like it. Book so. on the it is. It's so good. But thanks uh, for joining me once again, Luke. And if you want to listen to me and Luke talk about a bunch of manga and as well as me and Stork, me and oh. Jason, Get Fresh Crew, uh, uh, we uh, talk uh, a bunch, and Double A Run on uh, the whole Dragon Ball we do. Check out the show notes of the show where you'll be able to see a bunch of links to our manga stuff. So check that out. Thanks, Amazing. everybody. And thank you, Luke. And we're going to go back to the books. A boy is born in Huntington, Gotham City. His mother left him when he was still just a kid. He got his powers from a scientist who's shady And what they do is still a little hazy And he's just a boy, boy talking to the city
He is the boy talking to the city, Eric, and we have three books here for this final section, and we're going to start right off with what, Eric? City Boy, number five, written by Greg Park, with art by Ming Jiu Young, Mike Choi, Sebastian Cheng, and Wes Abbott. And in this issue, City Boy just needs to get away from it all. He needs to be away from the cities like Bloodhaven and Metropolis. So he goes out into the woods where he's confronted by Swamp Thing, but not before he realizes that his powers have taken an odd turn. Well, not taken an odd turn. He's had them all along, but he hasn't discovered. Cities are more than just buildings that people live in. There are also things in anthills. Ants have cities. Animals have cities. So we call upon the spirit of the city of an anthill, which just becomes... A gigantic ant. And I'm like, look, I like City Boy. I like the idea of I his powers too. and all this. Because even Swamp Thing, when he comes in, they're like, I, I've dealt with the Parliament of Gears, the Parliament of, like, you know, metal. Like, these are things that, like, man has built. Like, you know, the Machine Queen. I like, I love the callbacks to that. But when you've taken his power to the point of yeah, why, why did we have to go this far in, in just a miniseries? Like, hey, there's a lot of other things and a lot of other it's, cities. It's so funny to me because even the idea where Swamp Thing would see City Boy as a threat, I like that because, you know, they, like, you know, Apocalypse being a part of what turned him into his with Makari Sun doing the experiments for the hopes that he would one day lose control and or, you know, take control but be evil and turn Earth into another Apocalypse by spreading the cities all the way around where fire pits will burn for endlessly. That's great. I can see Swamp Thing going after him saying, look, you might be a threat. I need to take you down. Even though you don't want to be doing these things, the city boy, I might have to do it for the greens. But the when our issue just becomes, oh, God, I got to fight me, fight an anthill and a giant ant monster. I'm like, I don't know yeah. about all the city like, boys happened? anymore. Yeah, the city boys. And again, this thing with the Swamp Thing and this anthill and the ant, it, it feels and like something that. It, 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 I guess. I mean, he's mentioning some things. It does. It kind of feels very generic. But when you end up having this, this feels like what we would get if this was a popular book and this mini series then became an ongoing something along the lines of, okay, we can't just keep doing the. Hey, let's show that there's more to it. And so when you get to it, and then at the end, I'm thinking, no, no, all it was was you have to get Swamp Thing somehow involved because he could use the green. To then search around and find out that City Boy's mom's dead. I mean, that seems to be the only Not thing only that we're she getting dead, here. But her gravestone's right here, right there. I mean, he basically was sleeping on it. But hey, there you go. And even at the beginning of this, where I have like City Boy, like you just said, we have enjoyed this. Actually, it was the surprise that this is oh, yeah. our favorite one. So we're like, okay, because it's dealing with the character. The Macari son, I think, might not be everybody's cup of tea, but you're very intrigued. By that, that was that tie-in that you really enjoyed and wanted to see more of as well. But then when we end up starting this off, even I'm like, okay, Metropolis 20 years ago. I think that some people get a little confused of what's going on here anyway. But you end up like, oh my God, City Boy, he killed a cockroach. Damn, you slap and then send you off. And then he even says to Swamp Thing, like, on my even, watch. even when he's thinking, he's like, yep. And then I told my my shrink in jail i'm like what what world are we living in did he get arrested because he killed a cockroach it was so odd a beginning just to connect to this i don't know because then swamp thing shows up and the the big play though that i do still like and again i said you were intrigued more by it uh is that idea that you get in this that he like they have to set him up we like him you have to set up he has darkness yeah he's had a tough time and he has to work through it be a better person than the environment and though that the he darkness is what the cities are being fueled by and that's what they need to make this the pits that's why they make the new apocalypse but the the thing is it's so weird at the beginning that i i get this idea 
that you end up having Greg Pak, and he's like, okay, I want to start where City Boy's mutilating a cat. And they're like, you can't do that. But he's like, but I want to show that he's got a darkness. Have him kill a cockroach. All right. I guess I'm real dark, Eric, because I, I, I hate cockroaches. Like, well, no, that's the thing is everybody's going to kill a cockroach in a city. So even a kid doing that, maybe even pinning it, because you even have people who like, you know, collect bugs and butterflies and pin that shit and stuff. So I can see that maybe even being a hobby, maybe something, an interest he doesn't know he has yet from, but not exactly a dark. Like, he kills a cockroach. He lives in a city. Even it a happens. little kid, even if it's something like he's like, look at me, I'm at war with the cockroach. Beep, boop, boop. He kills a cat, though. He's a serial killer. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. You, you can't go that far because we still want to like the character. But in this issue, suddenly, Greg Pak has to come up with a way to say, oh, he's got some darkness in him. And if he isn't able to quell that enough, the city feeds off that. And that's what Macari's son and all of them are going to try to do with it. And it just is out of nowhere. And it's not enough. And it made me giggle. The idea of the sky. Like the next day, you see he's there. Okay, class, we're going to dissect a frog. Oh, no. He gets slapped I, I just again. have to imagine, though, this whole idea. Like, is, is his mom going to turn out to be the insect queen? I don't understand. Because here you have young Cameron in his apartment in Bloodhaven when he's a kid. And his mother finds him sticking, sticking a needle through a cockroach. I don't think this is his mom. It has to be his mom. It's Metropolis. She left okay. him in Metropolis. This doesn't make sense. This seems like all of a sudden okay. no, no, he's no, no. in. Is maybe, maybe they were in Metropolis. He drops it off at the grandfather in Metropolis and moves to Bloodhaven. For some reason, I thought they went from Bloodhaven to Metropolis to drop off the grandfather, and she moved back to Bloodhaven. And the idea of Metropolis, she went to Bloodhaven. I'm thinking mm-hmm. that at some point, because we didn't know what happened, I think that he might be in an orphanage at this point, like, and that's why they come and slap. That's I don't know. I think he died. He died of a broken heart. Eric. Well, okay, and, look, like, I'm, I don't I'm going to go with the idea that this is Cameron's mother, just because that's what I have in the back of my mind for everything we've been exposed to with City Boy so far. He's it's a little boy. Weird. I don't think he's been abandoned by his mama yet. So when she walks in in their Metropolis, but I don't have to go with Bloodhead. Let's say Metropolis. Metropolis still it a city. is Metropolis. It says Metropolis twenty years ago. It's very odd. She walks in. She sees a pin stuck through a cockroach. She slaps him and yells, you killed it. And the appropriate response is, thank you, but don't do it that way again to stomp on him because there's a little pester bastards. <laughs> that, damn you, I was just about to knit with that needle. Like, well, that, And the thing is why I brought it up with the idea that it's weird because it then makes my song wrong because I'm there because they did grow up in Gotham. She left when she dropped them off to go to Bloodhaven. And now all of was a sudden, 20, okay. 20 years ago, they're in Metropolis, and his mom's beating him. We and moved I, around I just, a lot. And I, the idea of him, like, is it supposed to show the mom was a piece of shit because he really wants to find his mom? It's it's so confusing why we're starting this way. But it does feel like it is his mom, and she's, she's mad about it. She's a hands-on parenting. This is why. She's like, you killed a cockroach. You're going with your grandfather. He no, always kills watch. the cockroaches. Get the hell out of here. It's so weird, a start. But again, later, it's For seven the, ooh, generations. Our family has been in pest control. And I said, no more. But here's my son killing bugs <laughs> right before me. You're living with your grandfather. You're one of those people. You belong to the streets, Cameron. And again, then to then pull it into that. You're going to get this giant out. I, I said before that I think she was. But so you end up where this big ant attacking. Oh, my God, I'm having problems controlling it. Swamp Thing shows up to give a little. You know, Swamp Thing thinking time about what this could all mean and what the green is. And you gotta go touch that, that's some grass. Okay. It's, uh, yeah, this is a funny throw out. And he does. The worst, though, is that Cameron's like, oh, you're telling a joke. Like, ah, uh, you just kind of explained that he was telling a joke, but it was kind of funny. And uh, in that, though, you're able to, okay, this is the green. 
and the green saber. I like the idea as well. The green, there's actually some green things in the city. Didn't you know? Of course there is, like, dummy. Yeah, we're like, yeah, we, we kind of know this. Uh, I thought about the brave and the mold, too, where, yeah, there's a lot of just talking to the grass to solve everything. <laughs> but they're able to track the deal of his mom. And they do play the idea that he's having problems. And I'm wondering. It's so weird to me that in this continuity that Bloodhaven was still nuked. And during the time after he like he, he was abandoned by his mother, she moved back to Bloodhaven or to Bloodhaven for the first time. Who knows how this works? Started a whole other family. And then Bloodhaven was nuked and they everybody evacuated the city and they lived out in the woods for a while where his mother died and apparently her new family buried her right there and somehow found concrete to make a headstone. They might have eaten her. I don't know. <laughs> Things got real wacky in those woods after the explosions there. I think they became cannibals is what I, I think. I really, though. really wish that they didn't have that still in continuity. It feels so weird. And and that is weird. But again, what you're playing is, is that, oh, my God, Cameron says, I could track my mom and blood him, but then it disappeared. For then Swamp Thing to just say, well, I'll pick that up. Oh, they were in the woods and she died. Here's the grave. Bada bing, bada boom. And I just, this whole thing felt like, was this just going to be a five issue? (laughs) Because we're at the penultimate issue and this is kind of bullshit, this issue. There's not a lot going on. Some of the things aren't even well explained. And then it's just the darkness. Kevin's now losing control, though, and he's actually just spreading out, just like Dr. McCarty said wants him to do. So now Cameron has to pull it all back because he pretty much everything he wanted to do in finding his mother, it's all over now. He has to forge a new path that does not lead to the end of the world. So you at least have that for your finale. And I love, but again, that could have just been anything to say because then he's like, I'm going to take it to the city. I'm going to go. I can't run from myself. Man, I'm going to do this. Swamp Thing tries to stop him with this big ant. And then just miles away, McCarson's like, good boy. Yes, <laughs> do it. Like, Unleash your doing? anger. I love the idea. He's just sitting there looking into the woods. He's like, yes. Kevin. I'm like, this is weird. This is a weird. I just like the idea, though, because he, he learns about all of this. He's like, Cameron, where are you going? Shh. And then Cameron's seeing through the woods where the city would be. Like, he sees the city through the trees. He's like, you said you can't run from yourself. Cameron, wait. Well, you know what? I used to pin cockroaches with needles. I'm going to do that in a bigger scale. And he just unleashes the power of the city in the freaking woods. And just like, you know, everything becomes concrete and steel. And just, yes, unleash your <laughs> darkness, Cameron, for apocalypse. Can you imagine that they go and we see next issue, there's going to be a, a bonus scene where it is Macari's son. He's outside with a box of cockroaches. He's like, shoo, get in that room. Go in it. It's just, just to set up this. Stuff. Because again, it feels like what we're saying in this, which I don't really get because the time, you know, he seems younger than what he is like. It's 20 years ago. So that makes yeah. him a weird age. He seems younger than that. But also it's Metropolis when he should have been. Gone. And so when you get all to that, I'm like, what What are you doing? Like, what is the purpose of all of this going on with this? Co- the cockroach thing just threw me off so much. I'm still waiting I- to figure out how the Lazarus rain changed his powers. Well, I guess he started liking cockroaches. I- like, like if you told me, like if it, if we didn't have that Lazarus planet tie, and we just know the camera was somehow affected by the Lazarus rain, and like it was just letting us know that there's a City Boy series coming forward. If you tell me he had the City Boy powers because of what Makari Sun did to him years ago when the experiment happened, and then the Lazarus thing changes, so he's now he's tapping into the red and the green combined because of the city elements of what like. Let's say a fungus is like city system would be like, or an, an ant hill or stuff like that. Like, because I'm telling you, this new aspect of his power out of nowhere in issue number five, it just feels like, 
Oh, yeah, he could do anything. Just say the word city and the motherfucker's controlling your ass. Yeah, that's the weirdest thing. I, I want to find out later, like if it was continuing, that all of a sudden his weakness is he can't really attack towns, villas. Like the, he, he said, <laughs> they have to be cities. This is a village. Like you said, though, it, it is one of those things that I laugh about. It's, it's a Marvel thing, but there's other characters like that with a, a black cat. You, right. you get, say, Black Cat, can you go and get me, you know, some uh, a sandwich? And she's like, no. And, oh, can you do the heist to get me? And she'll do, like, this is just, you just have to name things cities. And you're like, oh, you got to go attack Smallville. Oh, like, set. okay, Smallville City. All right, I'm in. Like, you just have that city to it. It's just goofy. But again, why something? It just seems just extraneous. You're getting away from the deal, but then at the end, you have Makari's son laughing, like, good, good boy, Cameron, you went out to talk to the swamp thing and made an ant monster. All right, I set it up. We'll have to see what goes on. It'd be co- pretty cool if later on somehow you had him team up with Tracy 13, who derives her powers from actual cities and stuff like or that, Danny for city street, magic. Which people well, already anything, brought like, up, too. Yeah, Stuff like that, but like for some reason, let's just say we're out somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Like City Boy can conjure up things that she can take power off of, always to make sure that she has enough power to do whatever she needs. It'd be a cool like team up. Yeah, that would be cool. I, I was just trying to think of what, like, is there like a, a character's name? Like, like Jack City Hawks more as well. Yeah, him as well. There's a bunch of those that they all get. It's the city core. You can have it all, Eric. I just, the city I don't know. Beat. I still, I still like City Boy, but I do have to admit that we have one more issue left, right? And that's something I could admit easily. But also, we really don't Thank know you. what his fucking powers are. We at one point no. we were wondering, like, at one point he's making like jigsaws out of walls, and he's moving this, and he's finding trinkets. Now he's doing this, making trash monster. Yeah, now he's making ant monster, gigantic deal, ants out of earth. Kills cockroaches? I mean, seriously, what is what going on? What happened to his grandpa? Yeah. And what? <laughs> his grandpa just his grandpa I like the concept of the character, and I like him being a street kid and stuff like that. I like all the tie-ins to Darkseid because it really elevates him to be bigger than most things going on in DC Comics right now because he's tied to fucking Darkseid. But when you tell a story where we're just going like, you know, city to city to for some quest i gotta find my mom but each issue is like and i have this power and i have this power but what is your power overall who the hell knows like this is not like i still like the concept of the character but the series is not going in a direction i think really suits it very well for a like longevity and i know that it's not you know fully the character cameron himself but i thought that it'd be neat when we said like what would be you know central city what would be like that oh coast city is that like a surfer dude like is he again Eventually get there, but I don't need that shit each and every issue. Oh, I'm saying that it would have been neat to see a little more. Even when we got Trash Monster and stuff, it just was there. And then this one, I think that Greg Puck just realized he needs to find out about his mom, but the City Boy powers I've set up won't really do that. So Swamp Where's Thing. Where's Swamp Thing? And then you tie in, like, it feels such a convoluted way. Nukes, explosion, live in the woods, cannibals. Dead. Eat her. <laughs> Like, the idea of having that other family and things like that, and even when Cam- – it's a, a nice feels moment of I just wanted to know if she loved me. I, I thought Swamp Thing was going to say, like, well, I guess you're never going to fucking find that out. Like, well, or it was gonna be gonna be going to be on the grave. Forward. Like, the grave like, thing. Um, it's her name, and I love my son Cameron. Ooh, it did it. C- it City Boy going forward is going to lose his cool and, you know, start doing yeah, apocalyptic like and shit out of nowhere. You know, because the Fonz never, he never lost, lost his cool. He never lost his cool hair. But <laughs> – He's going to do this. He's going to have probably the friends he met along the way with Swamp Thing, Superman, Nightwing, and stuff like that, try to like calm him down. He's going to figure out who he is by the end, and also the idea that, yes, he's lost his mother, but maybe he can find out if he has a brother or a sister out there still. 
Well, he does have that other family that's kind of tied in a, you know, a, a, a what's it called? A half sister or a brother yeah. or whatever they say. I don't know. So maybe you could have that. She's just like a, a, a park girl. Like she could just affect parks in the city. But I'm telling you, I do like the concept of Swamp Thing always thinking the camera might be a threat to like the Earth overall with his power set. So always keeping an eye out. And I like the idea, like you said, brings in those other avatars that we got from Ram V. And so he would be on edge. And Charles Soule. And Charles Soule. And he would be on edge. Like the idea of like this modern shit keeps coming up and you better not be fucking around with the Parliament of Trees because that's my thing. And. And then he realizes you know that's that machine not the queen? case. She a bitch. Yeah, man, she a bitch. She is. Oh my god, and the social media king. That guy is a dick, right? Total you got dick. That? That's me. Uh... You seen them gears? <laughs> yeah, they yo, those gears. Did you see that meat factory shit that was? I don't even know what's going on. And then that Trinity. Who knows what the fuck that is? Oh man, I the don't. Parliament of Nukes. What happened if it ended up where the, the Trinity, she was the one who caused the nukes back in the day? Wouldn't make sense. No, that was but Captain it's kind Adam. Of funny. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And people didn't know, I believe. That was like right at Infinite Crisis, right? When all that shit went down. But uh, right. all, yeah, I think that's what it was. But all that, uh, what would you give this? Oh, it's going to have to give this a 5.8 out of 10 because while I think the art is good and I still like the character and like, you know, how we're going to finish out the story, this issue took a strange turn in the power set and just hanging out trying to like, be chill, be cool, relax, Swamp Thing style. Go touch some grass. It's, it's just a very weird installment to this series overall. Did it bug you? Huh? I don't uh, gave me ants in my pants. Um, <laughs> that's sometimes that could be fun. It's uh, 5.5 for me as well. It's just, I hope that it ends well to the point where if we don't ever see City Boy again, at least we can say, well, that was a pretty cool and series. Totally and, and maybe like, we want to see him later. Maybe it'll, it, it'll be a weird thing to try to fold him into something, but it'd be neat do you, do down remember, the line if we did. Do you remember in Frasier how they had that city landscape behind the title card of the like, oh, yeah, TV yeah, yeah. show? That's what you want to see. No, 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 no. I'm saying Cameron right now, his freaking tracksuit or jacket that he's wearing, he has that logo yeah, on it there. Does. Like it's because it it's, it's like a city like thing. Because every time I look at it, I think it's like a blue beetle symbol. Like, oh no, you just got a weird land, like cityscape on there. It's so odd to me. And then I just think of Frasier. I just thought that he wanted to look like, you know, that he was the lead singer of Oasis, but it does look like that. It's kind of funny. He's getting the branding going, so that's pretty cool. But what are we doing next, Eric? Cyborg, number four, written by Morgan Hampton with art by Sean Damian Hill, Anthony Fowler Jr., and Michael Atea. In this issue, we have Cyborg decide, you know what, that lady who's been talking a lot of shit about me online, well, she did help me out by getting Marcus Wilcox's information out about how he's taking everybody's copied minds and using it for his programming over it. Over at that his company of his, maybe I should thank her by going out to have some lunch with her. Maybe a budding romance. That first off, the idea of last issue to this, there's a lot of stuff that happened off panel in between sure issues because he went to her, and and this is the fun play, and this is something that's kind of a neat deal of when you did go and take the hiatus and you came back, you ended up missing that one issue. I mean, you know, we we ended up talking about I for think the I show, talked yeah. with Aiden for the show. So at one point. You only miss one issue, but shit has hit the fan in this awful series from where me and you left off to get to here, where everything that we talked about, because we were going on about the idea what of is soul, a soul, what's this, and AI and things like that, we're completely past that bullshit. No, it, no, it's, it still works because you still have the, quote, soul of Silas Stone inside the computer. It doesn't work of, anymore. 
It still works. He's still there. He's still conscious. They spelled it out that they all were. It they were just collecting memories. Yeah, and collecting things as if it was like the. I said in the last issue, it they was like Amazon collecting imprisoned. your info. Nonsense, nonsense. And then it becomes just an idea of oh, I'm just and then setting they escaped up. into robot and, and bodies. They're, they're now a robot army going around. Yeah. This book is bullshit. This book it's sucks. Not great. Nobody's reading it. It's it's just awful. And then you have a big moment where okay, you set up this whole social media girl. She's going to do that. That happens off panel in between issues where now everybody is against. You know, the guy who's now in jail, Marcus Wilcox, he needs his medicine. Like, what is fucking going on in this book anymore? And while well, the this medicine has to be a bigger thing overall. So it's like, just it's just things up for the next issue. So you end up there, and I ended up sending you a collage of this girl where she's just eating and shit's falling out of her mouth all the time. Her, her, her face morphs all over. It's the They're eating loaded hot dogs, man. That shit gets messy, okay? At one point, it looks it. like she's just spitting shit out in her hand, maybe to examine it while they have side. Then you have to go with the idea that suburb, well, I don't really need to eat, but I'm going to eat and all this. What are you doing here? What is this book? Enjoying this book hot dogs. Is, That's what we're this doing. book is fucking terrible. It, it's so bad. And we'll get to a worse one next. But still, why Why is this a series? What is this doing? Whoa, whoa, what are you I, having I just, here? It just made me remember, was it this issue? Oh, no. You know what? It's in Hawkgirl next with the freaking idea of what, uh, what a Metropolis hot dog is. It pissed me off so goddamn bad. Oh, nonsense. I mean, and, and again, this why... What are we doing here? The idea where we thought it might have been a neat play of usually... You end up, oh, my God, machine or man. Oh, my yes. God, I hate my dad. And it looked like this might twist and turn a little bit. But I said right from the beginning, it was when you ended up, and they even bring it up here, where Cyborg's at his dad's funeral. My dad's a prick. Like, he's just yelling <laughs> to everybody social media-wise. And then you just have to have this play. Off panel, this girl helps. Cyborg has to take her Estelle, out to lunch. Yeah. And then they end up having to go back and forth with, I thought you hated me. Well, I'd never hate you. I just want well, you no, to do see, more. I is, should do more. I'm like, what is I don't mind that, but it is going along the lines of what we did with like Titans, even when we talked about like Superboy, like, John Kent talking to Superman about the idea of how, why don't you do more, Dad? Because Beast Boy and Titans this week, like we just talked about, he wants to plant some trees. Estelle's like, hey, you're from Detroit. Why don't you do more shit here? Well, I do some Titans stuff, but you're right. I should do more here. That stuff's okay for the character overall because you're establishing Cyborg to still be a part of Detroit. And even this idea, like, you know, the people who oppose him on media and stuff like that, they're trying to, like, you know, spin something to their narrative, but they still expect more out of Cyborg than what he's just doing with Titans. I don't mind that, even though it's not great for the series because she was just made out to be a bitch this entire time. But what I do mind is that it all just coming down to the point, like, you know what? You always make guns out of your hands. Why don't you make giant tenderizers? And then he does to fight robots. I'm like, you you spent way too much time with this. You're saying, and I, I know that Morgan Hampton's not going to go into this thinking, well, my book's bullshit. And it's, a, but at this point, four issues in, everything that he's doing just points to me that nobody is reading this and nobody's going to care. So the idea of setting up, like, oh, yeah, I want to set him up more in Detroit, whatever, eh, nobody's going to care. You go forward, you have to do something big to continue the deal, to maybe get him ongoing, and then start. This book doesn't do anything. It, it's like random thoughts and ideas. You got social media thrown in. You got him hating his dad. You got AI. All these things that are like hot topic deal. But the idea that you're not doing anything with them. So by the end, it's just a convoluted mess. It, it's oh, even the idea of all these people and the robots and stuff like that coming out and like we just have this robot uprising now. They're going after everybody. The the, the processing like the um. 
pretty much the app that Marcus made. They're going to get that from uh, Star Labs. We're going to break Marcus out of jail. We're going to break like the soulless you know, app and the head, you know, that whole soulless gonna, deal. We're, we're even going to go and break out the fearsome five, like members Mammoth but and again, Gizmo. It's like what? <laughs> so now we're going to have the fearsome five show up who are working with a robot army against Cyborg. I was hoping the fearsome five would show up and like you know, hey, we got to help Cyborg here. That's even what though I thought. Hate his ass, and it might still be. It just seems odd that they're grabbing Sarah Charles by her lab coat alongside the robot army at the end. So I'm like, I don't know what your motives are right now, but hopefully it's on the up and up. But the the big play here and the thing that gets me is at this point where you have two more issues left after this one, it almost feels like somebody has gone to Morgan Hampton and said, listen, your story sucks. You need to do something. Series five. Like there's no real setup or why it just kind of happens to be, okay, classic deal going in this. Like when you think about it and you, me and you had that argument of the what is AI and things like that. And again, most writers do. Am I more machine or man? The idea of this soulless deal and these robots should really make Cyborg think. Maybe the idea of when he attacks him, because he's just attacking him and just destroying them. He doesn't care. He's got the meat tenderizer for some fucking reason going to town with it. And in that, you would think that maybe, like, he sits there and, what's different between me and them? You know, yeah, I'm half man, half machine, but you don't get that. That's why I, I don't go with that whole play. Along those lines, though, I do appreciate that aspect of Cyborg, which I, it's always overplayed because what everybody plays. But you do get it with Silas being a part of the computer now at Star Labs, where he understands where Victor's coming from because of his current situation. Yes, his body's dead. His consciousness still lives on. But in the form that it's living now, he understands, like, you know, he might have not have done the right thing. That's, that's fine. But again, in the series, that's just the side deal where he's just like, it, it's not hitting and again, it, it's just bad. I mean, the setup, all well, the stuff great. with the side story, you you can't. I mean, legitimately, There's aspects of it that could be really the, the thing good. that you I like about Silas well. and AI that could be. But even in a book that he's writing, this guy is not really centering mainly. He's more concerned about having lunch with the social media girl and then having the solace deal and this whole play, and then the Furious Five. Like you're convoluting Fearsome. a book that is just makes no sense most of the deal and. Just weird. Just weird. There's just not that much to it or to talk about because it's it's just bad. And and again, nobody is reviewing it. Nobody's reading it. It's me and you, like four other people. But like I said, there's aspects to this book that I think could have worked really well. And it's like, you know, talking about, you know, taking a different way of doing Am I More Man the Machine because you always have that with Cyborg, like I said, but now presenting it to Silas Stone with him, him having his consciousness downloading, his body dying, but him still living on digitally. In a way, like it's a way for them to actually have um, a catharsis, you know. When, when me and you were talking, did, did me and you talk about maybe the possibility of having Silas in Cyborg's circuitry and almost well, having like point, a firestorm deal? A few issues ago, though. Yeah, it feels like that's what it might have been better off served. And then at the end, deciding what I have to do with this and go with but it. But no, if, if that was there. the case, Cyborg would actually end up hating his father more than he did when he was well, alive. There you go. By the end of this, I don't. Think That'd that be a prison gonna, for both of them. And even then, again, now we'll get back into the idea of, uh, you know, soul, soul or whatever. You would have, if it's me, and right now, like, you and me both have this deal where, oh, by the way, we have your dad's AI in this computer and the computer. I loved you, Jimmy. I'd be pissed. I'd be like, well, hey there, AI daddy. Why didn't you say that before, you fucking asshole? And then I'd pull the plug, Eric, just like I did in real life. Pull it, and you're huh? dead. I'm telling you, there's no soul. See, it I would just piss I would not me react off. that way. <laughs> but would you think that, would that make everything that you were upset about your father in the past, would that make you feel better because an AI program based on his thing 
It said, Again, I'm you sorry. Say that. It's not an AI program. It's his memories downloaded. His imp- complete consciousness at the time copied and downloaded. So it is him continuing living on. The last issue, they changed it a bit and said that it was just the information of the people that was grabbed. But what, are we, a bit but what are we besides our information? Well, again, though, where you're saying that then, Cyborg is legitimately killing innocent people in this. They are. He's just wrecking house but on this. No, the thing is, those people are still alive as well, though. That, These are copies. That doesn't matter. That's still a copy. It's still its own thing. It's still a, like, that could be Look, Jimmy AI. doesn't matter if I'm alive. He's still taking I, care I of it. I just want to say, I hope if it ever happens, if there's a doppelganger Eric Shea, and I murder him because I know he's going to try to murder me because I know myself, I hopefully will not be convicted of murder for it. And the, the, <laughs> the weird play, too, is that the idea of the soulless controlling, like, now it just ends up becoming, they flip that one switch, and it's like, now they're not even the other people. They're just mindless, controlled robots that are going to attack. Because if it's me and you, we're too lazy to go. They're like, go and attack cyber. We're like, really? We're going to head over here. Like, they're not even Where's my robot anymore. smokes? It just ended up becoming this weird robot army. Everything's convoluted with it. It's, it's concepts maybe are interesting, but the, the actual. Right, the concepts could be really good. It just didn't play out as well as I wanted to. And the art's not great. No, it, it's wonky. At points, there's some things that you're like, okay, that looks pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Do you like that that girl ends up calling him Booyah Boy? And has, she's got all the well, funny she's names. she's done that from the get-go. I love the idea. She's like, I have all the funny names. Beast Bay. I'm like, no, the Beast you, Bay. You, you have names. Oh, internet girl. They're Shut not up. really funny. <laughs> I love the idea. You're like, yeah, that's Cyborg. He really wants to get in her pants because he's laughing like it's uh, you know uncontrollable laughter. He hasn't heard anything as funny as that. I'm like, keep it in your I pants, Cyborg. The cyborg. Eating that stuff, but then he's like looking at her. She's got shit all over. I'm a I'm a messy eater. At one point, I swear she's eating. She uses a napkin. It looks like she has put a gallon of mustard on that fucking hot dog. At one point, she's got it on her hands, dripping out of her mouth. The other point, she's just spitting up chunks. Look, this is like what possibly could be considered a first date, even though it's a get together. Thank you with my lunch, but. Some people would find that endearing, like, oh, she's not all hung up on how she looks and she's able to eat in front of me and be herself and not have to worry about having shit all over her face. At one people point, I'm like, is, is Lady Clayface here? Because I'm telling you, her face morphs around in this bad art. It she's really chewing. is. Yeah, I guess. She's chewing all right. Chewing up the scenery. Does that make sense? <laughs> uh, what would you give this? <laughs> Again, I'm giving this a four out of ten, and it's mostly for the idea, the concept, stuff like that, because it's not playing out well in the story. And I just... There's just things about the cyborg book that can make it really good. It's just we're not focusing on any of those. No. And and that's sometimes you get caught up in that, even like a city boy that we talked about uh, just a minute ago. The idea of what we hoped we'd get, or maybe even like when you're reviewing things like this and you do it that much, the idea of what we hope we are still going to get, that you kind of get a little, you know, hopeful about it It might affect the score. But reading this, reading the last issue and then into this, it just... It really just slapped me in the face that there's nothing going on here that will ever be read by anybody and it'll just disappear. But Silas is dead, Jim. And the only thing that remains might be an AI version of his consciousness. Silas is dead. Long live Silas, right? Here's Maybe. the thing. Me and you doing this for quite some time now. Are we ever going to get a good cyborg book? Are, are we? No. Because we keep getting these books and they always suck. 
they always suck like they've never sucked before the suck. Well, that's because suck. nobody can do anything new with Cyborg, and it's always just reverting back to the same stories. And isn't it weird, like, at the beginning, they try to, like, really give us that idea that they're going to give us something different. They're going to do something. Like you said, at one point, intriguing. The okay, we're doing that. Stone. And then it just gets back. And then what usually does happen, which is funny because of, you know, the Fearsome Five chat. It, it always reverts to bullshit like that. Like, it's like, eh, that didn't work. Let's go. And we have weird. Oh, here's Killmonger. <laughs> not, not, not Killmonger. Killgore. Killgore. Remember the, also the deal where we ended up, and I don't remember the full particulars, but we ended up, I think it was the rebirth deal, you know, with Blue doing the jazz oh, play. And that was the big thing. And then at the end, it just was, hey, let's get Marv Wolfman in and we'll have a plane that's going to get out of nowhere. <laughs> shit just went, eh, we'll do a plane story where it's going to crash and shit. Remember who loved that? Well, Manship, he loved that story that Marv Wolfman came in <laughs> to. It was so bad, but yeah, I'm going to go four out of ten as well. I'll go with that. Let's get to the the last book, Eric. Uh, great one, right? Fuck Girl, number four, written by Jadzia Axelrod with Arfai Amanke Nahulapan, Alex Gamerez, and Hassan Atzmain Elhal. And in this, we continue Volpecula's plan to get back to the Nth World. But to do that, we pretty much have Hulk Girl team of a galaxy and doing weird shit throughout town. And me just trying to really understand the idea of how Volpecula's powers work, what she is, and what she gives really them is up going in this. on in this book. At, at this point in this book, she says, fuck all this. Like, it, it does what it does herself. that mean, though? Because the idea of what she's doing is like, okay, for what I need to do right now, I need to make myself into a pure fox lady to open up a portal to bring out a dragon. seem to be that a can... fox. That, that's, here's the a fox. It's a volpecule part of it, yeah. She is a fox, Eric. I'll tell you. Here's the way I'll explain at one point that'll probably only make you laugh. But at one point, she might as well looked at me and you. And said, fuck you, Joe Boo. I do this myself. And ends up there. Because the idea you're going to twist. Well, she ran this, out of nth metal. Well, she twi- because what was she doing? What does she even do in Gotham? You had that whole thing in Gotham. You end up have Court of the Owls do this, that, and the other thing. At the end, she goes, well, that didn't work. And go- like, it was like a little vacation. Well, she made a bunch of monstrosities. And where'd they yeah. even go? And di- like, I think that she's wasting whatever nth metal power, like, on nonsense. And even this idea of going back in time, or did she, or did Nothing is spelled out. The, the Jadzea Axelrod is terrible. The only thing that I could say that's good about this is I could squint a little, and I think that there's actual Godzilla in this damn book. And then I'm like, all right, we got two Godzilla books this week, even on the cover. It's a dragon. But the play here, I said I had to squint. I didn't pretend. So <laughs> when you start off, the real play here, and I said it uh, way back, and you ended up you know, giving really? you know, this is just going to be a galaxy book. And yeah, and you right. get some Hawkeye, but it's, it has been a galaxy book. Even to the point where the lessons learned, you know, maybe bad, good or whatever, to Vopecula is the idea of being yourself. But since she is a villain, she decides she's going to be herself that then leads her to be able to do what she wanted to do from the very beginning, but couldn't because she was bold. It's nonsense. I'm just still trying to figure out what Nth World is. Yeah, well, there's a lot of talk about that. And like, is it just Hawk World? Is it the idea of going there? Is it something new or whatnot? And at one point, it seems like that's where she's from, and she's trying to get back there. And it's weird. And at one point, you did have a story where to get back to Hawkworld, Kendra actually was like a key for Mm -hmm. you know Hawkman to get back there. And that might have been a cool play. But in this, it's so past that, and it's barely anything about Hawk Girl at all. And even then, you're going to continue what happened last issue, where she flipped out and almost made it a racial thing. 
oh, Hawkman, you wanted to go with the white girl. But that really does not give the actual concept of what these characters are and what no, they I agree. just throw out there. It's very odd. It is very odd, but I will say this about Jack Zia Axelrod, where Jed Zia Axelrod, but the idea that this is the first writer who has actually said since Scott Snyder it's fucked true. it up and said that I'm not Thanagarian, I'm Cuban. Because everybody ever since Scott Snyder started using Kendra in his Justice League while metal was going on has decided that, yes, she's has, she's Thanagarian. I'm like, no, no, she's not. But everybody kept going with right, this. Right, Michael Bendis yeah. kept going with it. They kept Jadzia, saying, what about you? And first so, writer oh. since Metal to say no, thankfully. Here's the weird thing in this issue, because I think that when she says that, it feels like, again, and it's true, it's it, it's right. But I think that maybe somebody got to her and said, oh, what, what are you talking about? Thing Because in this, you did end up in that weird way that, that you had Galaxy fuse her wings to her to kind of make her like that. But to get that part, you have to really tell people that she is Cuban. She isn't from Thanagar. So that's fine. But even at the beginning, there's that weird play of her talking about because I think, and I saw a lot of people complain, you're yelling about Carter not being in love with her, even though it points in the timeline that he was, was. and that got stopped by, you know, crisis and things like that. And you still also have it's very convoluted because of the reincarnations and things like that as well. But she's almost trying to convince us. She's trying to convince us here. Oh, I didn't really have a thing with Martian Manhunter because it didn't really mean this, that or the other thing. Because she at the time when you had Shiera and Carter getting together and whatnot, she was with Martian Manhunter at that point, actually, in the the books. What do you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like trying to go. But she also dated at points Roy Harper. She sure ended did. up where Carter himself, John John, she's had other people. And why is it that you have a book? And we said this about Power Girl with Leah Williams when it first started out. Why aren't you getting and I why aren't you showing a Hawk Girl and why she would be cool to like? if somebody didn't know about the character, man, that Hawk Girl's awesome. Oh, that Hawk Girl's cool. I just thought you'd like her because she goes go birds in this. She does. But also she uh, points in this fetal position. She's always yelling about other people. She ends up saying, even when she defeats the dragon, oh man, the dragon was right. Really I'm so cool depressed. Pal. Like it's all just being depressed. It's all again. A lot of these books that are coming out, again, like Power Girl, really, and it's always the, I don't fit in, nobody likes me, I don't have a reason to be, and I don't, that doesn't really make it a heroic. Overcoming that makes it a heroic deal, but when you have your issue during the fight become, okay, we have a dragon of Metropolis, we have Hulk Girl, we have Galaxy, but we also have Natasha Iron Steel show up, we have Kara Supergirl show up. And you turn that fight into Galaxy getting all woozy because of how hot Supergirl is, even to the point where Supergirl has to mention, well, you look at me too, Nat. I'm like, what? We're fighting a dragon. Why are we all just coming on to Supergirl? In Power Girl number one, the actual first issue of Leah Williams deal, I mentioned that this has now become kind of one of my, you know, kind of pet peeve deal of if you're going to have a big battle that seems like it means something and it's going to be, oh, my God, are they going to survive this? You can't have them joking during it. This isn't a Marvel movie. A lot of people, you know, that's their big complaint. It's always not even like even joking, but even coming on to each other and not being able to fight because of how horned up they are. And in the I think it was in the Power Girl one where they're fighting and it's supposed to be this big fight. It's like, man, you know, Batgirl. Oh, man, I know the night. It's in this. It's like, man, you're always looking at it and stuff like concentrate on this fight because you, you end up getting your ass kicked. And so it's that weird play. But again, you also have. Stupid hot dogs. Like, usually I like this stuff. But when you're not getting Hawk Girl, and, and again, I'll go back to the idea where you say overcoming 
you know, this idea that's a heroic part. But this still, it reminds me of what we also get mad at, say, a Tom King. The idea of setting up something that feels so unnatural and forced to then overcome it to get to the status quo to be applauded that you actually did some character progression. Because in this, it just feels way over the top. And in that, she is at this point in this issue where it issue what, four? Or issue four, yes. She's made friends. She has people who love her here already. She seems to have this group. Like, she should already be to the point where, okay, but again, last issue. She you went with the white so. woman. You went this. And here again, it becomes the idea of, like, Jinsei Axelrod is not going to give us, because it's so convoluted with the whole deal. Like, this ends up being, they got their great thing of reincarnation, and I didn't, as if somebody decided for her not to be involved. Somebody decided, like, Hawkgirl isn't involved, she's bullshit, whatever. You know, you ended up where at a this point, kind of Carter, bullshit, though. Carter and Shira died. They ended up yeah. dying then they to came defeat back. that Lord of the Void. Well, Kendra wasn't there. It's not oh, no, their I'm, fault. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. When you said that, I'm sorry. I, I, I was thinking about when Kendra and Carter died and then they came back because this is when Shira wasn't around. But then I'm saying that once once the New 52 happened and the times changed, stuff like that, we had Shira back and things got a little wonky. They finally yeah, brought they, Kendra they are in, but wonky. It, but with Venditti's Hawkman definitive origin thing where you're trying to give Carter and Shire that happy ending that they never got because of the curse, that leaves Kendra out in the cold because she's the furthest in the reincarnation. No, not the furthest, but the, the most like in the reincarnation timeline. But she shouldn't exist because Shire never died now. So it, it doesn't work. She, her, she's a paradox. And she was a paradox. She got seven. But in that, like, I don't know never why, do that. why Jedzea Axelrod, though, is going with that idea i don't think kendra would be she knows the play here she knows what, why is she so mad at carter and shiera and to well, the because point where at she, one point she remembered everything and was in love with carter but again but she's is she mad at roy harper is she mad at john johns like that's all pushed aside to be this racial thing that it's the only thing that just well, she realized the carter well, stuff. i'm saying though and you end up where there was even a point, I'm telling you, I was looking at some reviews and going through some things, but there was points when, you know, Carter actually had asked Kendra, can you help? And she wouldn't. She said, I'm not involved with that. And that's why Shire got involved. There's so many clunky things to just get this pretty surface level. Carter and Shire are bullshit. I'm sad and I'm going to go when we've I'm seen telling you, her it could be, go. It could be, though, the most interesting part of the story because it doesn't make sense with the current continuity, how it works. You know what I mean? But we're not going to. She's not going to give us any sort of new con. It doesn't seem like she's even concerned with Hawkgirl. She just has that, I'm mad, I'm upset, and I'm depressed. Because even in this, the big play is for Pecula going back in time to see Galaxy set up. And that was the stuff that Which was Which is even the little- weirdest part about it. Because we, we've had Pecula go back with all these different people to try to get the nth metal. To like, you know, I'm going to give you this piece of nth metal when you're a child. You need to wear it around you all the time. Don't tell anybody about it. And, I'm, and then she's going to go back to the future, grab a hold of that person who's now soaked in all that nth metal energy, and she can use it for her experiment to try to get back to nth world. That's where Pecula's plan. Now she goes to Galaxy, goes back in Galaxy's timeline to when she's a little girl on another planet, and like, oh, I see that you're about to come out to your parents and you're really upset, but something bad is about to happen in your future, which is pulling me to that. So like, you didn't need to show this part because then you didn't go to that part. You went to a part where she, like, you know, had her, uh, people invade her home world. I'm like, you're just doing more backstory of Galaxy here that didn't end. Like, it's so out of what we've seen with Verpecula and how the time travel works. And the only thing that it does is for Verpecula to then realize, oh, I should just be myself, just like Galaxy. Well, you get more out of it because, weird. What, you know, but what Galaxy does, it seems like she has a hypnotic suggestion suggestion given to her where at the point in time when, you know, 
when Kendra is fighting the dragon, the Volpecula summoned with her powers. She is then like Galaxy gets all hypnotized. Like, look, I need to use my energy to make a, a shield around you that was impenetrable for her to be able to be a dragon slayer and take this down. That seemed to be what Vapecular wanted, like Kendra to do and Galaxy to do to her. So it just seems to be all part of you know Vapecular's no, no, plan to feel what she wants. Because Supergirl's there, she gets you know she gets knocked out of the deal. Steel gets knocked out of the deal. You have that, and then you end up having what could have been a big moment like a really cool moment something that we saw actually and i think it might be playing off that in the venditti deal remember when we saw all the avatars all oh, yeah. come to fight you kind of get that here a bit saying that but that just kind of makes her get hit. it's very odd but she ends up defeating the dragon but then at the end it just shows you that Verpecula's just gonna go back in time at one point that she talked to Ken. it's very odd like the and whole honestly thing- this is what her plan should have been the entire time because all the nth metal on this world is pretty much gone and kendra her wings are all nth metal because of what happened to her in uh metal or death metal i can't remember which one now but she is the last source of nth metal and a lot of it so you should have been doing getting kendra from you the should get-go. have been doing that though and it should have been focusing on maybe setting that up for kendra to do maybe you see that Verpecula twisted and turned things to not allow her at points like you'd have to deep dive again i i don't know a lot about kendra's past or the hawk the hawkman stuff it is convoluted then did he tried to make it right but if you're going through but this, he left kendra could, in the cold when he did it well and you, but you could have shown that more instead of just saying you went with the white woman that's what we no, had last issue it was crazy and then this one it gets back to that again and in that I don't know. It just seems like it doesn't fit, and you're really centering on making a character a sad sack that just does it instead of actually showing how cool she is in this. And then by the end, I don't that know what that's where she says she's a dragon slayer's badass, though. Yeah, that's cool. But again, and so immediately good. when she ends up taking down the dragon because the dragon talks shit for some reason, and then you end up where she's sad. Oh, no, no. Not only does the dragon talk shit, but this dragon that's been summoned by Verpecula's dragon powers. Dragon knows everything, right? It can shoot you with whatever your weakness is. So here's a kryptonite fire. Here's an EMP fire. Take it out, steal, and Supergirl immediately. And I'm like, all right, this is a weird-ass play to make this alien nth world for box lady who can time travel to open up a portal for a dragon that knows all you. I'm like, shit, I don't even know how to try to explain this to somebody. Look at Kendra's, Kendra's weakness is she's sad about her pet, so he'll talk shit, and then, but she still defeats him, but then goes down and is like, he was right. That stupid dragon was right. It made me laugh so much. And then she just starts screaming about this. I'm like, the, the people are probably going to be scared of you, kid. Like, she just starts screaming. I don't know. I, I just, it's not this good, whole thing could just be. is pretty bad. I like the art. It's like you said, though, it's mostly a galaxy book. And it's what, like, uh, Jad Zia wants to focus on way more than Kendra Saunders. Yeah. And that background that you have where it, that was in that mini, like most of that stuff. That's not new. That's stuff that was in the graphic novel about mm-hmm. how she had to, you know, hey, I'm a boy, I'm a girl, well, that sort of deal, and ended up using that to even hide from people on Earth later. So that was already set up, but she seems to want to get that out here because that's her concern. She wants to do this. And I saw a bunch of times that each time an issue comes out and people end up either, you know, not liking it or saying something. She'll just go straight up with the idea where they're haters in like a bad way. Not that we read the issue and said, this is really a shitty issue. It's that it must be some other ulterior motive. And I'll tell everybody that it's not. And I talk about this a lot. The idea of just because you did it, just this is an aside and happened with the Tim Sheridan stuff this week as well. The idea of we don't like this book doesn't mean anything except that we didn't like the book, that we think it's poorly written. The story's not great. 
just drives me nuts that it's that other thing that gets brought up. And it did with this book. Again, every time an issue comes up, it's brought up. And it's just not good. It's just not great. It's not focusing on our main character. And to me, I, I wish she wasn't a sad sack. I wish that at this point we kind of got I can understand her being go. a sad sack, but I need a reason for her to move on. That's a part of her continuity that makes sense to the character. In the deal, like if I'm a, like usually you're set, like what does she, what does she expect to, like in all of this and with the idea of reincarnation, separating and all that stuff with Shire and that's through the now. past to get to this, she's still just doing her deal. I mean, you know, it, the worst would be is that she would just disappear because she's a, here she is. Just well, get no, on with it. The, the worst thing that happened to her at this point in time, like not Scott Snyder's Just League of Metal, like put that aside because it's like, it's weird how all that works. But just think of where we left them and like death, I mean, death not death, but blackest night and the brightest day. Yeah. Like that were well, she talks Kendra, about that. Yeah. where Kendra remembered that she, like her past for the first time with Carter. She realizes she's in love. They're murdered right away by the Black Lanterns, so like you know Ralph and Sue Dibney, but they're eventually brought back by the end of that whole thing. They could now be Hawkman and Hawkwoman, you know, the, like, you know, the reincarnations because Kendra finally remembers because like all the past lives are now there for her to realize. You jump ahead a bunch of years to like the new 52 into rebirth with metal. And she's just there a part of the just like Scott Snyder just wanted that, you know, that animated TV series, just like team. So it's there. Oh, let's put her in a relationship with, uh, with a Martian Manhunter. It, there was no backstory to it. It's just well, here's there wasn't, but for, it's still there, and 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 she's but playing it's, like it's there. It's there now, and we should still have to deal with that. But what Venditti did, like I'm just going to focus on Shiera and Carter Hall, and their story was wrapped up. No more reincarnations. They finally got to possibly live forever, for all I fucking know. But Kendra is left in the cold with everything she loves. So she now has all these memories of a love uh, of somebody adventurous of a, like your lifetime that work she cannot be a part of anymore. Because she, it, again, I, I ended up, uh, I was engaged at one point, right? Oh, well, she actually had a kid. You know, it was a weird deal with Shane or whatever, but with Marsha Manor, whether that was set up or whatever, but Scott Snyder, in this, she ended up dating and having a kid with so, and yet we're just reverting a future back version because, of them did because in this ends up in that i still don't where do you get that they were actually on the justice league and went off and then even when they came back they were still dating they were oh, still no, together saying, they, that they whole were dating deal. but the, the child they had was a future version of them and a six-dimensional world that was created to be this thing shane was just a product of this six-dimensional like magic it's still he was like, there they but were still, still dating the, though they were still dating though that's they were Again, just dating. they they were dating while you ended up having Carter and Shire, like you have to get, it's just weird that she wants to, and she tries to play it out in this saying, not that she didn't love John, but it was like, well, he kind of used his body to make himself from the kid. And I couldn't feel with that sexually. So I went, it just doesn't work. She's, she's running. She wants to put this whole deal of anger and upsetness, but the characters have done more since then, but she'll only center on that. It's just very odd. It, to me, it's very odd in the idea of suddenly she's just a sad sack and only will hinge on one thing and one thing only when a lot of other things happened since then. It just seems odd. But again, in a book that I don't think she's ever going to really deal with that stuff and just think she set up and wrote this story knowing that DC said specifically when this started, you cannot have Carter or Shaira in this book. She said that right. in an interview. So why do like you can't even really resolve it in your own book except for her to get over it, which I said, I think that she already had. But yet that's where you get back to status quo. But you'll be applauded. It's just weird. It's a weird the thing is you go. need to deal with that because everything we've had of her just didn't deal with any of that stuff. Or she was just there. She's part of the Blackhawk. She's destroying Nth Metal. Now she's Hawk Girl with Nth Metal wings. And, you know, 
part of the Just League. That's all we've really had with her. Dating Marsha Manor, which in my mind says that she's gotten past that, that she's moving on. She's doing her thing. And in this issue, you have thousands of years with somebody together and all the memories of that. I don't know. She she had those men. She moved on. She was dating Marsha Manhunter. And you're talking about stuff that there's a lot of people who don't even know what the fuck we're talking about. You have an opportunity in six issues to get people on board to really love this character. And I don't I see anything in this that makes me want to love Kendra because she's a sad sack. I mean, what do you like? I love when she's in the fetal position. I love when she ends up being sad and yelling at Carter. Some people are probably like, who's this Carter? What is she yelling at Aaron Carter? Do they do it? Like, it's just why That's not? Give, Aaron Carter. Why not give a? <laughs> I couldn't think of any other Carters. So what? Jimmy, Jimmy Carter. Carter. Jimmy Carter. <laughs> like, I love that peanut farmer. But yeah. you know, you have this space, just like the cyborg deal. You only have a limited space. Make it so like your first, you know, mission statement is let me make people fall in love with this character because that's why they'll want to continue. And maybe I'll be able to do more after that. Maybe with the space that you then have, say, I want to deal with this whole idea of the resurrections and what she thinks and how she's left out. It's a weird play to do it in six issues to then just end and move on. I, I just don't get it. I agree. What would you give? But it would have been a good direction when we're focusing more on Galaxy. It seems yeah, like. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Ultimately, it's weird. the story is not great, and I, it's hard to even talk about the idea of what Verpecula's plan is and how Hawkeye is going to deal with this with Galaxy and the rest of the crew that we have here. It's very convoluted, and I, like I said, I have trouble saying. The, the art's fine at points. I actually really enjoy a lot of it, but some of it's like a little iffy here and there. I'm going to give it a 4 out of 10, and that's mostly for the story, though, and how things are being presented with the way that how convoluted everything is. I, I'm I'm giving it a 3. And I, I, because we didn't talk the last issue, and you obviously have read it to, to catch up and get to this. When you were reading it, like that idea of that lady who was dead, that was no. the lady that Kendra brought up in the first issue to Batman that sounded like trash talk, to then say, you don't believe me that the timeline changed, to then have the guy say, I don't want to be bullied. I would... This plan of Repeculus is all like there's no real way to explain or understand it right and then at this and she point she keeps doing the same plan and failing like well better try again the same thing at some points i don't even know if she's failing or not you end up having side things going on all the you know vroom vroom engine guy like that guy <laughs> and then at this point just to say screw it fuck you joe boy like i'm just gonna do it myself i'm like what like you took that long to just do that this is bullshit it's, it's so poorly written so poorly written Three out of ten. But what is your book of the week? My book of the week is Jay Garrick, The Flash, number one. That is mine as well. I really, if people were like, oh, well, that's the Golden Age stuff, or hey, I don't really know anything about Jay Garrick, worth yeah, it. check it out. It's well worth it. It's really, really good. And I saw some people retroactively not checking out that Sandman, which we didn't like as much, but it still has its deal. That they were going to check that out as well. So that's cool. That's how nice. much people liked it. Like, man, I'll, I'll check that other deal out. But boy, we had fun with the boom. The cars that go sure boom, did. right? Here's what we end up Judy having Garrett. next week. We have a ton of books next week. And with that, two of these will be picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. <laughs> to be on our Patreon-only badass spotlight that comes out every Thursday night. Just like this past one, Eric, that I don't know if you know this. But this past week, we had Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong, number one, and Jay Garrick, The Flash, number one. Our I was book there. Of the week. So you should end up, everybody should go and check that out. And we'll, we'll wax poetic about how much we love that Jay Garrick. Here's what we have next week. Action Comics, number 1058. 
You looking forward to that, Eric? You, you gung ho? I, I want to see more of that Superboy story. That next uh, bit, though, do you, were you aware of this that we end up having the Kong Keenan Superman of China story in that as well? So that'll be pretty cool. That'll be that third story in there. Do I still get my Superboy story? Was that this, that wasn't a one shot, right? What the, the no? We the end Superboy up having story. the Superboy. Yeah, I think that was. Yeah. Oh, you mean Damn the it. Connor? The Connor stuff? Yeah, the Connor yeah, Kent. Yeah, that yeah. Was, that was a one shot. That's done and done. I wanted more of that. We have the Nora Stone deal. We end up having the you know all this stuff going on, but we'll we'll see how that is. But I'm looking forward to getting back to the Superman of China. We like yeah, Kevin is cool. Alan Scott, Green Lantern, number one. A lot of controversy on that. We'll see how it is. I'm enjoying these Golden Age books. And we'll see what goes on there. Amazon Attacks, number one, Eric. Oh, no. Why? Not Mars Attacks. Amazon Attacks is a tie-in to the Wonder Woman book with all that shit going down with them. Amazon. we already had Amazon's Attacks, like, you know, maybe like 15 years ago. We did. That was the awful story that everybody says the Tom King story seems to be going from that nobody liked. And why would you do that? But Amazon attacks, I think. Now it's Amazon's attack, Eric. <laughs> uh, Batman, Catwoman, the Gotham War, Red Hood, number two. Oh, what's that Jason Todd up to? He's still scared. That first one was not great. It, it was very I didn't odd. like it. Yeah, I, I didn't like it. Uh, we have uh, blah, 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 Detective Comics, number 1075. What the up to? Orgums and things I'm looking now because I thought We're still doing the demon versus Inner demons fight we're going to get a little Interlude coming up where the book Is bi-weekly Bi-monthly Twice twice a month well it's going to Be the Bruce Wayne one and it ties in But they're claiming that it's like this weird Interlude deal I had Because you know the Ram V book has been hitting So hard with that plot progression That you have to go a little aside Eric, we got Flash number two. Flash number the Flash two. Number two. Spurrier. See if oh, that for is... some reason you said that. I'm like, how does Jay Garrick the Flash number two already out? We just read that. But no, I completely forgot about the size Spurrier of the Flash because I did not care for that first issue. No, I didn't but also, either. I forgot that they uh, renumbered it. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get to that. Hopefully that opens up a bit in the understanding section in my brain because I didn't know what the hell was going on in that thing, but we'll see. Green Arrow number five. Look forward cool, to that. Right? I yeah, like that. Some parallax shit right there, I, boy. I want more of an explanation and then to see where it's going, but I maybe we'll get it there. We also have Power Girl number two. Actually, like, I like Power Girl number issue. one yeah. more than I I thought I was. Me I like I love when that villain, I wish I could remember his name, where he jumped off the, the deal and then landed in that ship on that beanbag chair and looked real sexy. <laughs> it's like and when he did it, if you remember, if you can remember, I don't know. Honestly, you're saying all this. I'm like, I got to read the Power guy's Girl there and he's, fight, he's fighting Power Girl. And then he goes, oh, you think this is just a ship. And then he like jumps backwards and a guy's like riding by on this like spaceship cycle type deal. And he lands on the beanbag chair. And I'm like, oh, he's saying that it's like a love day. Oh, he meant that it was a bomb. Eh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to the next one. But we have Steelworks number five. Steelworks nice. there. I forget about that. Silver Mist. Uh, yep. We have Tales of the Titans, number four. That is the Beast Boy issue. That was the one that was referenced in the Titans deal to go forward with. Remember when we said, oh, it must mean something because of the eye oh, yeah, and yeah. shit like that. We'll see it's how that goes. It's just so weird goes. to me to think about the idea that this Tales from the Titans, I thought they were going to be modernized origin stories for the new Teen Titans and what it brings them. It's roundabout ways of them telling their story while doing nonsensical action stuff in today's titans world and i'm like beast boy 
He's okay. He's probably my least favorite of the new Teen Titans. He's gotten on my nerves for probably 25 years. But uh, I, I just don't see this one hitting for me because the other ones that I was looking forward to didn't hit. But maybe this will surprise me. I don't know. I, I, you, you said it. What I say is they're doing bullshit is what I say. But that's just me. This is Andrew Constant. And I'll give you what it is to see because it does deal with Dark It's like a little too far down the road, but it says Beast Boy barely survived the events of Dark Crisis, suffering a brutal attack from Deathstroke and losing an eye in the process. With his confidence weakened, he's been unable to he's been unable to hold the shape of the large and mighty animals that define him as a hero. When a scientist with nothing to lose needs Beast Boy's powers for terrifying ends, Gar will have to face what truly makes him. This seems like this is more of a setup for Beast World than anything else we've gotten before, doesn't it? And save his own life in the process. The events of this issue set up the next big DCU epic. Do not mess Beast it. Beast so World. Does. Yeah, it seems to set up the Beast World stuff, but we'll see. Rose Stein on art. I don't recognize Rose Stein as something. We have Unstoppable Doom Patrol finale. That book All has right. been a nothing bunch of bullshit, but we'll see. We'll see how it ends. Uh, I'm kind of looking forward to see how this all wraps up. What is going on with that worm, Eric? I mean, seriously, seriously that's all I'm like, thinking really? about. Like, we didn't have much of that that's going on. Wonder Woman number two is the last one continuing the Tom King Which story. Which I didn't talk that, about that when it, it came okay. out because I wasn't on the show at that point, but I liked that way more than I thought I ever would because I'm not a huge Tom King fan. I would have given that a 7.5 out of 10, so I look forward to this issue. I give it a 7. I believe it was on the spotlight, and uh, I ended up at the end. I think Rocky ended up beating me down, and I ended up giving it a 7. I actually was a bit bored with the narration. I thought it was overly narrated, and the only thing that really stuck with me is the idea of, like, would you get a 9-11 reaction of a woman killing a bunch of people in a bar? It seemed like they really elevated things quickly. But in the end, I said you end up having the sovereign pulling strings and stuff that you can get away with shit like that. You can end up making people react in different ways and stuff. So we'll see how it plays out. But that is that a ton of books. But two of those will be on the Patreon spotlight. I would guess that Alan Scott Green Lantern number one. And uh, maybe the uh, Wonder Woman. Uh, any not, guesses? Not the Flash number two? No, I, well, that's true, too. I don't know. I think the Wonder Woman because it's not Tom the King. Not the Teen Titans? Maybe. Did I say the Penguin number three? I think no, I might have skipped that. The Penguin number three comes out as well. So maybe it'll be a Tom King, the King's Corner from back in Ooh, the Ooh, King's day. Corner. I don't know. We'll have to see what it is. But again, if you want to listen to all the books that we review, two of those will be on the Spotlight show. And you can get that by joining up the Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science. But that's it. We're done. In and out. Thank you for joining me, Eric. Thanks, uh, my man. You're Luke welcome. Hollywood, who joined. I just wanted to set up that I want to thank Luke Hollywood for talking a little Superman versus Meshi that we loved as always. But with all that, Eric, what do we say at the end of the show? Everybody have a great week. We keep it weird. Weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. You are all weirdos. <laughs> Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.